volleyball action. You're tuning in on Canada West TV or CITR 101.9. My name is Jacob Aaron, alongside me tonight is a newer voice for you, Brandon. The UBC Thunderbirds taking on the Trinity Western Spartans. Looking at the Spartans lineup here tonight, they're going to be putting out on the court setter Dora Kamladi, Hillary Howe, who's one of the most potent offensive weapons for them, Ansa Odum, along with Libero Emma Gamash, Avery Heppel and McKaylin Sick on the court. They will also be Savannah Purdy in the lineup. And for the Thunderbirds, I'm expecting pretty much their standard lineup out here tonight. The big storyline being in the second half of this year, Liv Furlan has returned for UBC and will really be leading this offensive attack. When we're looking at uh, Trinity Western out there, the Spartans, as you mentioned, the reputation precedes them a lot of the times in these matchups. They're 16 and two coming in on the year. They're a fantastic squad. You mentioned a couple, uh, a few of those players that are part of that three-headed monster. I think you look at Sitch, you look at Howe, you look at Heppel. They have amazing stats leading in Canada West and also in U Sports. But when we're looking for UBC to try and find ways to beat this team, I think you've got to look at Dora Kamladi. They, she is the new setter this year. She came in to replace Brie O'Reilly. Her numbers are not terrible, but they're a lot lower than what O'Reilly was putting up when this team was also very good last year. So if we're gonna find ways to attack this team, I think that's the number one weakness that the Thunderbirds have to be going after. And on the court for the Thunderbirds is indeed number two, Liv Furland. She will be the setter. Things really started to click for her last weekend after a bit of a rusty first match back for her. Adjoining her is number one, Jade Robertson. Four, Gabby Atea, the captain. Number eight, Anna Price. Tessa Davis, who is in her graduate studies here at UBC and rounding things out. Bryn Passan and Laura Worsley, the libero. Thunderbirds stopped a long losing skid last week. They're now sitting at eight and eight, which is seventh in Canada West. They're, they're coming off a sweep of Manitoba. Uh, that stopped a five-game losing streak. And overall, their stats are a bit all over the board. They're hitting just 142 as a team, which is 11th. And I think a lot of that had to do with not being set up properly, or at least in a way that they were used to. Kayla Oxman was filling in for Liv Ferlin for the majority of the year. Whereas on the other side of things, Trinity Western has a record that matches their powerhouse uh, presence on court. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right with that, Jacob. Not only the absence of Liv Ferlin in the first half, but Jade Robertson's injury because of concussion. Tessa Davis was away in Europe for a while. There were a lot of new faces out there playing for the Thunderbirds, and it took a lot of time for that chemistry to sort of develop. Now you have a lot of those older players, those leaders, those players that won the national championship last year out there on the court, and even mentally that provides a lot of support to the Thunderbirds. If you're just tuning in now on CITR 101.9 FM or Canada West TV, we're bringing you UBC and Trinity Western volleyball action. It's a big rivalry between these two schools as both programs tend to be some of the best in all of Canada. UBC currently at just eight and eight on the season, coming off a bit of a rough first half for them considering they were U Sports champions last year. Meanwhile, Trinity Western has a very good record of 16 and two in conference. We're getting underway here as the service sent across from Savannah Purdy. Spartans fending off a first attack from the Thunderbirds and punishing them on their own end, Hillary Howe for the line shot. Yeah, Gabby Atea took that one pretty hard. Pretty good start though, like, like to see Liv Furlan getting herself involved in the action right off the bat. 
So back to serve for the Spartans is Savannah Purdy. Sends across a float serve handled by Anna Price. Quick back set from Furland to Davis. Trinity Western able to keep the ball alive. Bit of an over bump, clipped off the top of the net and then out of play. Thunderbirds awarded the point. Yeah, you really like to see, or if you're a Trinity Western fan at least, some nice play defensively right there. They're getting down, they're getting blocks. Liv Furlan at the service line. That's a service error for her. Something that not necessarily precedes her reputation as she actually tends to be one of the best service threats in all of Canada West. Her and Kira Van Rijk last year were neck and neck for taking the league lead. Now at the other end, sending across a knuckleball serve was Avery Heppel. Across the middle, Gabby Atea. Huge kill through the defense of the Spartans. Two all here early on in this first set of action. Now I want to go back to what you were talking about with Liv Furlan there. Most people talk about her as a setter, but she has great hitting power. She's also a really good server, really a jack of all trades for this team. Back to serve down for the Thunderbirds is Bryn Passan. She's had her highs and lows throughout her two years here at UBC, but she's starting to figure things out as Hilary Howe adds another kill to her early line, line uh, score here. And that's something you're gonna be hearing a lot tonight, folks. Kills from Hillary Howe. She is a fantastic attacker, monstrous. Hillary Howe in her fourth year, the 6-2 outside hitter is from Calgary. She's averaging just under four kills per set and her 238 kills on the season easily lead the team. And they're second in all of Canada West. So things are knotted up at three here. UBC with the serve, it's Tessa Davis back. Tessa Davis, the knuckleball serve, which clips the top of the net and then drops in past the outstretched hands of the Spartans defense. That's an ace for Tessa Davis and the Thunderbirds. If it works, it works. Four to three UBC here. Tessa Davis sends across a much harder serve this time, handled by the libero Gamash. But Trinity Western unable to get it across. So something Tessa Davis is doing from the service line is throwing off the Spartans service reception team early on. Yeah, well there's nothing better than just mixing it up right off the bat. If you have the ability to throw multiple different kinds of serves out there, might as well use it. See what she does this time. Has a bit of a curveball effect off of that serve. How trying to poke it across for the dink, can't get it across her net. So three straight points here for UBC. And there hasn't been a single return, although they don't count as aces in the stat book. Tessa Davis giving her team some easy points here early on. 6-3 UBC. You would have to assume that coming into this game, UBC are not the favorites. They now go up 7-3 after a true second ace now for Tessa Davis. As they're now 8-8, eight eight, they were 6-8 coming into last week against Manitoba. They got a pair of wins. But this Trinity Western team, historically, they have a big reputation on both the women's and men's side. These two teams, there's some discrepancy in what their true <laughs> record is against each other. As the UBC site says, I believe they're 25. And 21 and 15. 21 and 15. Yeah. But the Trinity Western side says it's just 13 to 11 advantage UBC. So a lesser gap. Which one is true? We don't know. Perhaps the larger amount of games. But maybe that's just... UBC throwing in some extra stat sheets. Whatever makes it look better, right? Yeah. 
No, I'd have to agree with you, Jacob, on terms of UBC not being the favorite in this one, even though they're playing at home, even though they're defending national championships. You just have to look at the records of these two teams. And I think for Trinity Western as well, they're still not happy about losing to UBC, becoming the first ever number one seed in U Sports history to uh, drop a series against the number eight seed. That's got to sting, even to this day. So they want this one really bad. And to put in perspective, I guess, how good this Trinity Western team is this season after a timeout. It's Howe sending it across. And now Furlan, back set. Atea tries to poke it across. Good block there from Howe. Gets the Spartans back on the board. It's 7-4. But to put it into perspective, 13 of their 16 conference wins have been 3-0 straight set victories. On top of that, they've only lost 10 sets all season. They lead the conference in hitting percentage, kills per set, service aces per set, and blocks per set, and are second in assists. So dominating all offensive categories and a good amount of defense as well. Yeah, well, I'm happy you brought up blocks there, Jacob, because that's something that they do really, really well. Uh, Sitch out there, somebody I mentioned as part of that sort of three-headed monster, leads all of U Sports, not just Canada West, in blocks per set. Hillary Howe back to serve, sends across a bullet. Good dig there by Laura Worsley. However, the Thunderbirds and Anna Price are unable to return it back across to the other side of the court that will put Howe back at the service line and Trinity Western finds themselves down just one point now, 7-6 advantage UBC. Timeout seems to be paying off for the Spartans, getting a bit of that momentum back. Howe sends it across, cleanly handled this time by Worsley, rejected at the net is Anna Price, takes it back off of the upper chest. She's been greeted with that a couple times early on in matches this season, just not being able to power her shots through. That used to be the position where Kira Van Rijk would often overpower opponents. This season hasn't quite had the same effect for UBC. How dropping in an ace. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned having Price's shots deflected back at her. We talked about the blocking with Trinity Western already. I think UBC really has to focus in this game on trying to find their spots, uh, being able to hit cross court a little bit, being able to hit a few mix-ups, things like that, to, just to try and throw off that wall that the Spartans are able to put up every time that they uh, get up towards the net. So it's been a bit of a run here for Trinity Western. Now seven to eight advantage for TWU. Forces head coach Doug Reimer of the Thunderbirds to take a timeout. Doug Reimer is by far the most decorated coach in U Sports women's volleyball history. He has countless accolades, which I could mention to you, but I think it's best described in last year's magical playoff run where they're able to come back and upset uh, higher seeds such as Trinity Western and end up winning all of U Sports against all odds. And coincidentally, it happened to be Kira Van Rijks last year here, although she was just a second year student. She went to go play overseas in Italy. Yeah. But Doug Reimer really able to do a lot with when he's not necessarily given all the most, uh, the, the most amount of pieces on the court. Out of the timeout, Atea sending a powerful shot across. It was dug out nicely by Trinity Western point awarded here to UBC they were able to avoid a touch near the net now I really love you talking about the coaches there Jacob because Doug Reimer of course has this illustrious record but Ryan Hofer who works for Trinity Western is a fantastic bench master in his own right it's a little bit of a chess match between those two for sure up at the net the party ball was won there by Liv Ferlin you mentioned how she has multiple roles on this team Offensive prowess on display there. You look at the replay if you're watching on Canada West TV, hits it right off the hands of Odoom, who was not prepared for that. Atea sending across a hard serve, handled cleanly by Savannah Purdy. 
Thunderbirds sending across a free ball. Worsley just able to get it across. Purdy again. Kind of found a double block as UBC. It was Furlan and Robertson in the vicinity. Now Odoom trying to poke it across. Nice Another block. double block by them. Purdy. The block wasn't quite able to stop it fully. And after four touches, that'll be a violation against the Thunderbirds. And point awarded here to Trinity Western. So some good net play by both sides. Yeah. I think if UBC can keep up with Trinity Western in the blocking statistics or just getting people up there to tip it, keep the rallies more manageable, that'll really help them. Sending that one across is Sitch, the fifth-year student from Airdrie, Alberta. Yeah, Sitch is an interesting one. Mentioned her blocking numbers, but her hitting percentage this year, way down after last year. She was a, this year she's a 233. Last year she was a 379. This serve was more cleanly handled by UBC after Sitch dropped in an ace her last time out. But the Thunderbirds and the connection between Furlan and Anna Price couldn't find its way across the net. And that will actually make Anna Price take a quick seat, bringing in Heather Pippis, who was a transfer from Oregon, the College of William & Mary this year. Yeah, Heather Pippis, the only non-Canadian playing in this match tonight. So still serving for, for the Spartans as they're up 11 to nine is Sitch. Back set from Furlan and Robertson's rejected by a duo of Spartans. From the other side of the court, Pippis is able to get it across. Back set for Odoom, who sends an absolute blast through the hands of the UBC blockers. It's almost unfair looking at somebody like Odoom because you almost mentioned her as like a second fiddle player. She isn't up there with Heddle and Sitch and uh, Howe, but she's still a fantastic athlete and she'd be an all-star on pretty much any other team in the conference. Sitch sends across, bit of a float serve. Another quick back set, this time a bit quicker, and Robertson was able to beat the blocker, sending that one on a hard cut shot. Yeah, and that's what we mentioned, very important, being able to cut across. Off the hands there of the setter, Kamladi, and unable to handle that serve. Now Pippis for the Thunderbirds sends it across. 10 to 12, UBC chasing two here in set one. If you're just tuning in on Canada West TV or CITR 101.9, tonight's volleyball is brought to you by Co-op. And the Thunderbirds add another one back. Crowd's starting to get a little louder here at War Memorial Gym as it's been a really good back and forth affair between these two sides early on. Yeah, Robertson giving us the last two points for the Thunderbirds. One on a kill, one on that block. It was a good service reception there by the... Spartans, it could have easily been an ace after a great serve from Pippis. Play is still alive. Good rally starting between these two. Point awarded here to UBC as Odoom's cross-court attack was sent just a couple inches too far. That will put Heather Pippis back at the service line. Things are knotted up at 12 here, just four away from the technical. Howe handling the serve cleanly. Bump set there for Purdy. Got plenty on it. It's a free ball now for the Spartans. Kamladi, quick set over the middle. That's Heppel using all of her height to her advantage. Passin, unable to get that one across. That is something that really has dragged her down this season. She has quite a few attack errors. Yeah, it was nice to see there. UBC was able to somewhat recover after putting that floater over the net, but not able to finally com convert at the end. Bryn Passin, as you mentioned, hitting just 086. That's not the kind of numbers you want for one of your starting players. So coming in now for Kamladi is the other setter, Olivia Heinen, as she's at the service line. 
and it was a great switch as she drops in an ace right away for the newly substituted libero for the Thunderbirds, Jess Goodridge. Yeah, Heinen gets a fair bit of playing time, and I think that speaks to what we mentioned earlier. Kamladi is not an all-star setter, um, so they like to use two of those players that are giving up the assists for the Spartans. And for the Thunderbirds, two more new players on court. It'll be Erica Vermette and Kayla Oxland, and the latter especially noteworthy as she filled the role for Liv Ferlin as a setter, somewhat outside hitter, the role that really more or less uh, Ferlin occupies now. And because Ferlin's back, Oxlin has seen her playtime drastically cut down. Yeah, Oxlund did a really fine job, I think, for a young player like her in the first semester. And it's interesting to see uh, if UBC will decide to put both of those players on court at the same time. Uh, they can do a bit of switching around in their roles, not always playing in that setter spot, but also taking on that outside hitter position. So 12 to 15, UBC chasing three, a perfect knuckleball sent across there by the setter Heinen. Heinen, quick set over the middle, and a rocket off of both. That was Oxland and Anna Price will take us to the technical. Big kill there towards the end, or towards the technical by Avery Heppel across the middle, just using her height to her advantage. Avery Heppel, we haven't mentioned her name too much yet, but she is a fantastic player, as are all of the Spartan starters. Jacob mentioned her height, she's six foot four, tallest player on that team, and that kind of advantage is palpable in a matchup like this. And two inches taller than any other Thunderbird. Robertson, the tallest for UBC, along with a couple of players who we have yet to see on the team, being Casarini and Hillier. But Robertson standing at just 6'2". No one else out on the court is actually quite that tall. Atea's 6'1", but it seems like the slight height advantage would have to go to the Spartans here on top of what might also be considered a a team that's had more time to gel, considering Furlins just came back three matches ago. Yeah, no, I think that's a very astute point that you make. Uh, not, Don't get us wrong, I mean, Trinity Western, they've had uh, their fair share of departures as well. It's not just UBC. Um, Bria Riley that we mentioned in the pre-show was such a huge part of that squad from last season. So they have had to overcome a little bit of, bit of adversity when it comes to the players that they're putting out there on court, the younger players. But I think I would agree that chemistry factor is a little bit higher. So out of the technical, it will still be uh, Heinen back at the service line for the Spartans. UBC able to get a point back on the board. Bryn Passen redeeming herself for a, with a line shot on the far side of the court. Yeah, that was a fantastic shot there, right into the corner. On the replay, you can see just how hard she hit it. She actually froze Heinen, the setter for the Spartans on that far side of the court. Jade Robertson, it's another service error for UBC. They're starting to pile up to some degree. Unfortunately, that side out will give the ball right back to the Spartans. And you talk about it in any game, any sport, when you have a team that's a clear underdog going up against a favorite, they can't make silly mistakes. Purdy at the service line now for Trinity Western. Oxlin with the set to pass in, it was a bit high, so pass in improvised and tipped it across. Trinity Western trying to make the most of a play and off of her back foot leaning backward Hillary House still able to get the kill really impressive athlete you can see here in the replay if you're watching TV drops it right in the middle of three Thunderbirds freezing the libero Goodridge another good serve sent across there by Purdy far side for pass in two big kills in a row for number 19 that yep. time going cross court 
Maybe she can hear us up here. <laughs> we talked about her hitting percentage a little bit, but a couple of really nice kills that have come in in the past few points. Keeping it close for UBC. That was off the hands of the libero, Gamash, unable to handle it. She actually has a brother on the men's side of the team. There's quite a few siblings within this Trinity Western lineup. Yeah, Hillary Howe's brother also on the men's team. And the men's team has two brothers that are actually different ages as well. That would be the Elser uh, brothers, Jesse and Matthias. And that violation here charged against the Thunderbirds that will award the point to Trinity Western. And keep in mind, although it's 19 to 14, UBC was actually leading early on in this first set of action, but Trinity Western has clawed their way back and assertively taken the lead by five points. Quick set from Furlan who came back into the game so crafty. Pippis, or rather Atea, was able to quickly send it across. Far side passing. Great feed to her as she got it through the double block, purely overpowering her opponents as it actually didn't go all the way through, but strategically placed under their outstretched arms, just clearing the net. Yeah, right before that, I really like the dig that you saw from Jess Goodridge getting down there. That is her job as a libero, um, but really nice work from the defensive specialist to keep that alive for UBC. Bryn Passen still back serving. Handled there by Purdy. Back set from Heinen. Cross-court attack is dug out by UBC. That was sent across by Maley. Point in the end ends up going to Trinity Western. Yeah, and that is Sitch doing what she does best, able to block that attack from Atea. So 20 to 15, just five points to play with here for UBC in this first set. They are trailing by five as well. Gonna have to turn things around here in set one pretty quick if they wanna end up making this a bit of a closer uh, first set between these two teams. Atea across the middle, dug out by Gamash. Near side for Howe, she goes cross court but actually can't get it across her own net. Clicks on and then off of the, her own tape. That'll give the ball back to UBC here. Yeah, rare mistake that you'd see from Hillary Howe. We can laud her praises the entire game through if we like to, but things like that could help UBC, brings it back to a four point deficit. Tessa Davis for UBC, who's back in the match, sends it across. The other setter for the Spartans, being Kamladi, also into the game. Free ball across here by the Thunderbirds. You don't want to give Trinity Western too many of these. You don't want to give Hillary Howe too many of those. And that's why. Sends it right through the heart of the UBC defense. No attempt to even grab the dig. Simply came in too hard. Passim was kind of in the region, but it seemed like the attack froze her. And now she's back at the service line. 21-16, Trinity Western with the lead. UBC getting a bit of a break as Howe sends a curveball across on her serve, just misses the edge of the court, and that will give UBC back the ball. Gabby Atea now to serve. Thunderbirds uh, chasing four. Important service here from Atea. They got a gift, see if they can take some momentum out of that. Purdy drops in a beauty at the back court. The line shot finds its mark, so not two offensive mistakes in a row for Trinity Western. That will give the ball back to the Spartan side. Serving is Michaela Sitch. Yeah, Savannah Purdy, another one like Odoom, not one of that top three group, but still a fantastic player in her own right. One of the first times she said her name. Sitch sends across a heavily uh, moving knuckleball, had a lot of downward action. UBC was able to recover, get the ball over to Jade Robertson, was able to get the dink across. And now Trinity Western, three points away from the set, 
Again, a really important service for UBC to see if they can take some momentum off of what was a good play on their end from Robertson. Anna Price gets a good serve as it crossed up Howe. Now on the near side, what Jake and I have titled the roundhouse play in past broadcasts, we see Jade Robertson and Ferlin often do that. She comes around to the outside, the back set, and Robertson goes right back to the other side of the court. And now just a three-point deficit for the Thunderbirds. Anna Price, another great service, and another more or less free ball here for UBC. Passing this time, going with the off-speed shot, just tipping it over and across for UBC. U Thunderbirds trailing just two here now, and that forces head coach of the Spartans, Ryan Hofer, to take a timeout. And this is exactly what they needed from Price at the service line right now. A couple of tricky ones for the Spartans to return. As Jacob mentioned, that one going back over as a free ball, it allows the Thunderbirds' best players to set that up and make sure that they get the point and bring it back to that two-point deficit. So far early on, Hillary Howe leading the way offensively for her team. She has an ace and five kills. UBC a bit more of a distributed attack, but it's actually none other than Bryn Passan who's leading the way. Said she's struggled at times with her attack, uh, attacks in terms of hitting percentage, but she does have four kills on the night. Robertson with three, Atea with two, and then Ferlin with one of her own. But I would like to bring our attention to the fact of the distribution on offense, thanks to Liv Ferlin. A lot of those plays we weren't seeing uh, converted early in the season when Kayla Oxen was out in court. And now Jade Robertson, I think, has really found her stride, thanks to number two being back on the hardwood for UBC. Out of the timeout, another mishandle by Trinity Western, but there was a miscommunication back on the Thunderbird side. It was actually a great serve again by Anna Price. Passing got crossed up. Yeah, I think they got surprised that Trinity Western wasn't able to do more with that ball again. Going back to your previous point, though, the advantage of having Furlan and having somebody that can distribute so well. As we mentioned, Trinity Western such a good defensive team, and the ability to throw in those mix-up plays, be able to have attacks coming from all different angles, that's the kind of thing that you need to do to discombobulate the Spartans and try and work your way back into this set. Looking around the league briefly, a lot of matches are just getting underway. One has finished, that's the McEwen-Winnipeg matchup with the Griffins taking a 3-1 over the Westman. The other, one, the other matches going on tonight include a Calgary-Mount Royal uh, battle as well as Saskatchewan-Regina games being played in Regina. Thompson Rivers against UBC-Okanagan and UBC-Okanagan last week had a tough time playing against Trinity Western. Yeah, well, their last game against them on the Saturday was actually closer than you might think. Uh, the Spartans women's team did win 3-0, but the Heat managed to get 19 points in all those sets, and a couple of them are quite close. And as we're coming out of the timeout, the final match of tonight is Manitoba and Alberta taking place in Edmonton with the serve sent across. That was Odoom. Thunderbirds smashing one off the hands of Odoom. Now over the middle, Avery Heppel maybe confusing the Thunderbirds blockers there as she opted not for a big swing, but rather a soft touch to get the point. I think you're exactly right there, Jacob. And her ability to have some touch makes her an even stronger attacker. So this is set point here, 24-20, Trini Western with the advantage. Good service reception by Gabby Atea. Kamlotti wins the joust against a much, much bigger Jade Robertson. Atea smacking it cross court from the behind the attack line. And ending things for the Thunderbirds is Savannah Purdy. She gets the final kill that makes set one 25-20 in favor of Trinity Western. What did you see that Trinity Western did well to stay ahead of UBC in that first set? 
Yeah, I think it was a lot of the defense that we talked about. Trinity Western is so difficult to analyze because they do so many different things well, and everything sort of comes together in a set like that. Um, I was really impressed by the play of Hillary Howe, of course, a name that I assume will continue to be saying throughout the weekend, her ability to find those spots. I think that one shot earlier on in the set where she was coming off her back foot and she was still able to pick her spot and be able to drop the ball right in between a few Thunderbirds. That's a skill that so few players at any level have. Uh, and that is the kind of thing that gives Trinity Western the advantage in this set and most likely looking forward. And I think this is also so far, at least through one set, a match of what hasn't been happening for the Thunderbirds. And that's a lot of attacks across the center of the court. The middle has really been dominated mentally by Avery Heppel. And I think it's kept Jade Robertson and maybe Gabby Atea from staying out from that center area. You've seen Jade Robertson on the near side for a lot of the night and Anna Price and Passon on the wing on the far side. But really the middle of the court, I think at least through one set has been won by Trinity Western. Yeah, and I think it's understandable for the Thunderbirds with how much of a Titan Avery Heppel is, but that's something they do need to overcome. Um, Heppel is a very strong hitter in a lot of different senses, um, but defensively is that's one of her weaker areas. Um, so if they're able to put her in sort of compromising positions, that may be a way that they can get around that mental and physical block that she is. I mean, 69 blocks isn't bad on defense. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering they're both second place numbers, 69 blocks and 1.15 percent, one color a weak defender. But it maybe no. <laughs> I guess what you mean is not the most. Uh, uh, agile on the court yeah. perhaps. I think her height gives her a lot of advantage in things like blocking, uh, but she's obviously not something you expect from a middle so much, but being able to get low and get down there. Um, so if ever she's taken out of position a little bit, if they're able to move her around somewhat, that is where she might falter slightly. And for UBC, what do you think hasn't been working or what is going well that they need to continue? Yeah, I really like Jade Robertson's play in this set. I think she had a couple of really nice plays and a couple of different aspects of the score sheet. She got her kills, she had um, some really good serves, she had a block as well. Um, so she's really fired up for this game. I would actually like to see more from Liv Furlan, I think. Um, I haven't been particularly impressed with the way that she's distributing the ball right now. Uh, that's no knock on her. We know that she is one of the Thunderbirds' best players. Um, but I think I would also like to see her coming up, making some big plays, and exuding that leadership that also makes her important, not just physically as a player, but as a leader for this team. I think another advantage right now that I'm seeing for Trinity Western is their deployment of a dual setter system between Kamladi and Heinen, where Heinen comes in for more offensive roles, such as serving whereas Kamladi will generally take uh, more playtime on defense. I think that's been advantageous to them because they're playing to the strengths of their players on the court. Yeah, and that speaks to the distribution point that we were talking about earlier um, with the ability to have two different very successful setters, very skilled setters. Um, there's no lapse whenever one of them is on the court and the other isn't. So through one set of play, Trinity Western not hitting necessarily super well, just 194. UBC, though, sliding a little below that number at 129. We're seeing Anna Price particularly struggle for UBC. She has two attack errors and no kills to mention, whereas Hillary Howe is having herself quite a good night. Six kills and just two errors. We're underway here in the second set with UBC getting an early first point thanks to Liv Furlan dropping in a service ace. Yeah, I think looking at the hitting percentages, Howe is at 400, pretty 429. Really good numbers for them so far. Liv Furlan nearly grabbing a second ace. This will actually be a free ball instead here for UBC. 
Now Furland backs that off-time jump there by Tessa Davis. UBC does get it across. Howe tries to push it through the Thunderbirds defense. Now it's Tessa Davis again. She goes cross-court. Odum receives it. That time sent too far from Heppel, so UBC with a 2-0 lead here in the second set. And it's advantageous when Liv Furlan is back at the baseline serving for you. Oh, that is definitely true. It'll be interesting to see if UBC is able to stake themselves to a lead at the start of the second set. They were not able to hold on to the lead they had starting the first set. In that first set of play, Trinity Western had four aces compared to just one for UBC. A bump set there. And Hillary Howe with a smash. What a great dig by Laura Worsley. Howe this time getting the best of the double block. But wow, what a dig just to keep that play alive. Yeah, that was the second dig that Worsley had in that series of play. I almost feel bad for her that she wasn't able to do more with that point. Um, but yes, I would agree, a fantastic play. But you see the Spartans, they don't panic in situations like that. They're so composed, um, they're so confident in themselves that even when something unexpected happens, they're able to regain their composure. Avery Heppel sends across the serve for the Spartans. UBC trailing one set to none here. If you're just tuning in on CITR 101.9 or Canada West TV, I'm Jacob Aaron, alongside me is Corey Branson. We are delivering Canada West volleyball action to you. It's the UBC Thunderbirds against the Trinity Western Spartans. We have a good rally going between these two sides. And again, all this is brought to you here tonight by Co-op. Hillary Howe for the Spartans keeps pummeling the Thunderbirds defensively. They're just trying to react more than anything. Finally ending the rally, Trinity Western gets a break as UBC's attack just misses the near sideline. Yeah, Worsley had another nice dig on that one. It's interesting to see comparing longer points to shorter points for the Thunderbirds and for the Spartans. That's a couple longer points now that the Spartans have been able to grab onto after mistakes from the Thunderbirds. Captain Anna Price taking a break to make sure the court is clean. That's also a strategy I've seen employed by her in the past. It's kind of slow play down. 2-2 two to two, as maybe UBC was getting a bit worked up after that long rally. Furlan, the feet across. That had Passen a bit on her back, a bit leaning back as the feed was just a bit behind her. And she was met with a strong double block by Trinity Western. Yeah, Kamblati, one of the players in on the double block, she's only five foot eight. Uh, so it's really an advantage for them that she's able to get that kind of height. Heppel sending across the serve, handled by Passen. And now it'll be a free ball here for Trinity Western. Kamladi back set. It was a little bit far out in front, but able to correct that easily was Sitch, who uncontested smashed the attack down. We mentioned earlier that her hitting percentage this year, not up to her usual standard, um, but there are still tons of plays like that where she's really able to crank it, and there's not really much you can do as a defender. Heppel still at the service line. Passing again, handles it. This time a bit more clean. Tessa Davis. Met with another block, it was Howe and Sitch over there. Atea again blocked, UBC unable to get past this wall. Free ball now for Trinity Western. Howe, far side, barely had to jump and got it through that UBC double block. Doug Reimer starting to chat with his players. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a timeout pretty soon from him. And I think it's really about the mental aspect of this. When you get blocked twice uh, in quick succession in a, in a rally like that, could be really disheartening, so trying to keep up morale. Heppel, another strong serve. Atea keeps it in play here for UBC. Another free ball for Trinity Western. Back set from Kamladi. Sitch dug out nicely there by Furlan. Bump set on over to Davis, who does somewhat get through the double block. Howe missing her mark. Thunderbirds get a break as it was a 5-0 run there for Trinity Western. 
puts Thunderbirds back onto the board. Now three to five UBC serve for Bryn Passett. Sometimes that's what you need to stem the bleeding a little bit. And again, seeing if they can take some momentum out of these Trinity Western mistakes because there are so few of them. Pass in with the serve across. That was more across the middle. Purdy handled it cleanly. Howe with the big strike. Dug out nicely by Worsley who has handled the Howe attacks rather well here tonight. UBC just able to get it across. Worsley really showing out here today defensively. Worsley handles an attack that clipped the top of the net originally. And UBC will come away with a point after a pretty long rally. Yeah, UBC again got another nice break there. As you mentioned, Sitch's attack attempt managed to bounce off the net. It essentially turned into a free ball for UBC, and they were, were able to capitalize on the opportunity presented. Not taking away from the defensive efforts of Worsley, who's been really showing out here tonight for UBC. Yeah, especially in this second set. Set from Kamladi, and how off her mark again. Maybe she's starting to get into a bit of a a mental slump as she was rolling there early for those first five points. Now things are knotted back up at five here for UBC. Bryn Passen still at the service line. She has four kills on the night so far. Passen sends it across. Purdy wasn't fully ready to receive it. How not able to get a full standard attack on it, but Atea was blocked. The ball just was kept within the UBC side. Now punching across is Davis. Lots of time to set here for Trinity Western. Howe gets more time and drops in an absolute dime. Back of the court, you couldn't position that attack any better. I think it's interesting that the Furlan back sets are being read like a book by the Spartans. They're not getting fooled by that. They're consistently able to send up two blockers uh, and sort of neutralize that tricky attack play. Kamladi with the serve here. She wasn't subbed out, and rightfully so. Great serve from her, but across the middle, what we were talking about earlier, Atea now with a big kill here for UBC. Yeah, and one of the reasons that that's able to happen is that Heppel is not on the court right now for the Spartans. So six all, Atea now with the serve. She's kind of the emotional leader, if that makes sense for UBC. When things are going well, she helps rally the troops and keep the momentum. Oh, Doom with a big kill right through the backcourt. Wasn't a lot of height to it, but it just had so much power, no one was able to get a handout. On the replay there, you see it passed about a double block and then two more Thunderbirds. No one able to do much with it. Hillary Howe now back to serve. Howe with the knuckleball serve across, handled by Worsley. Poked across by Anna Price. Kamladi, feed back row attack. Hillary Howe can do it from the far side. In front of the attack line, she can do it from the middle, behind the attack line. What can't Hillary Howe do? Yeah, perhaps if we gave her a blindfold, we'd be able to neutralize her a little bit, but even I'm not sure about that. Again, we saw it earlier with Heppel, the ability for these really strong hitters uh, on the Spartans to be able to use touch as well to mix up the Thunderbirds. Backside here from Furlan. You mentioned that they were reading it. That time, Davis able to get the best of the Spartans. Yeah. I ate my own words a little bit on that one, but I'm not gonna complain about it too much. I will give Furlan credit. She is fantastic at doing that back serve, being able to put it right in the wheelhouse for her hitters. Tessa Davis sends across another serve here for UBC. They're trailing by one. Good attack over the middle there for Sitch. That'll be a point awarded to Trinity Western, seven to nine advantage Spartans. They are up 
one set to none. They're able to get that advantage and Heppo comes back onto the court, which is a little bit ominous for the Thunderbirds. Serving is Sitch. Passing, handles it relatively cleanly. The long serve across. Price getting the wipe off of the hands of the Spartans. Lucky break there, can't imagine she was intending to do that. But you take what you can get in these sort of situations. As we mentioned, the Spartans often quite mistake free. So if you're able to get a point like that. And especially if you're not able to get through the block, might as well try and use it to your advantage and make sure the, the volleyball ricochets out of play. Yeah, well, they're definitely anticipating the Spartans going up a lot. You're seeing a lot of those floated attacks instead of the real power shots. That time Purdy sending it across. There was a lot of time to set that play, but she was able to find a perfect seam in the Thunderbird defense, dropping it in with lots of topspin in it front almost, of Tessa Davis. It almost looks like the Spartans are trying to avoid Worsley. That one got a little bit close to her, but they notice how well she's able to dig those balls up and uh, give UBC more chances on the point. Eight to 10, UBC trailing by two here in the second set of play. Serving now for the Spartans is Olivia Heinen, subbed in at setter. Setters dumped there from Furlan, able to get the best of the Spartans. It's one of her specialties as well on offense. It's not always going up for these big attacks, but it's being intelligent in a setter's role where usually you'd be handing the ball off to another player. She's sometimes able to take advantage and get the attack herself. Jade Robertson sending across a hard serve. Back set from Heinen, greeted by a double block. That was Kovacs and Atea. Yeah, giving the Spartans a taste of their own medicine in that regard. Thought Howe did a really good job corralling that serve, but it was not to be for the Spartans. UBC is able to tie this one up. And I think the six foot two Purdy was kind of caught off guard that she was blocked so heavily there by Kovacs. Sending across a very hard serve was Jade Robertson. It hit the top of the net, but made its way across. Thunderbirds seem to have some new life to them here. Midway through the second set, Gabby Atea getting a big kill off of a back set to her. Another really good block for the Thunderbirds. Not one that's gonna go down on the score sheet, but able to turn the tide, turn the momentum, and then Gabby Atea, that's exactly what she wants. Those kind of sets from Furlan. UBC reclaims the lead 11 to 10 here in set two. Fur or rather Robertson dropping in an absolute perfect knuckleball serve across the no-spin serve, done to perfection there. Yeah, as we mentioned, Robertson had a nice first set and she's keeping up the, that momentum in the second set. So 12-10 UBC forces head coach Ryan Hofer of the Spartans to take a timeout. Something we didn't see in that first set was UBC kind of turning on the momentum until a little bit too late. They had a good early run in set one and then they kind of had a, a mini push towards the end, but this is a midway push somewhere where in the first set of play, we actually saw TWU kind of spread the lead uh, to even greater numbers. Whereas here, it seems like the Thunderbirds have really found momentum push, maybe intelligent timeout here from Hofer. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with you there. Things looked like they could be getting dicey when the Spartans went on their five nothing run right at the start of the set. Doug Reimer chose not to call a timeout there. Uh, and I think some of the leaders for the Thunderbirds helped to keep the team in good shape. Uh, especially mentally looking at it. And they were able to get the serve back to their court on a Spartans error, but they haven't folded after giving up that early run. So out of the timeout, Robertson still looking strong from the service line. Heppel back out there, went for the dink. Thunderbirds were able to read it. However, not able to get the ball across. The point will be awarded after the four touch violation to the Spartans. 
We saw Heppel again trying that sort of touch kill attempt. Worsley's able to get down and get it there, but not enough for the Thunderbirds to take that point as Spartans crawl within one. Savannah Purdy with the serve here for Trinity Western. I feel like her name has came up a lot tonight, maybe more than in the past, perhaps. Yeah, Savannah Purdy, another one of those players, gets a fair number of kills, I think, but doesn't quite get as much publicity as you were mentioning, but able to really find her spots quite well. She actually hasn't missed a single set this season. She's second place in kills and kills per set, 125 kills, and then over two kills per set. Um, sometimes her hitting percentage can be her downfall. Uh, but she's third in aces and aces per set, fourth in dig numbers with 96, so real an, an overall contributor as she even has 33 blocks on the season, kind of a jack of all trades. Yeah, another player that on any other team would probably be the lead name that you'd hear about, but with so many stars on Trinity Western, it's almost like her great numbers are ignored. UBC able to rally back after a couple Spartans points, now 14-12, and Liv Furlan will go to the service line as. Thunderbirds are trailing two away from the technical. She's going to try and get her team there. Ferlin sends across a beautiful float serve. Unsure what to do with it was Gamash as she thought it may be going long. Then she hesitated, tried to keep it in play, but the damage was done. An ace for Ferlin. And you love to see that from UBC's top player out there on the court. Ferlin, similar look back to Gamash. Wisely chose to definitely go for it this time. Hillary Howe, off of one foot, able to provide just about as much power as a normal player would off of a two-footed jump. Yeah, we've mentioned that a couple times now that she's been able to do that. Clearly a lot of power, a lot of touch in those arms and in those hands. A skill that she definitely puts to good use. 15-13, Trinity Western with the serve, and that's an ace for Heppel. She drops it right on top of the baseline. You don't want to see that kind of hesitation, the same sort of thing that got Gamash a couple of minutes ago, uh, but that was very well placed from Heppel. 15-14, Trinity Western closing this gap, now down to just one. Sent across to Price, quick set. Liv Ferlin, the feed to Kovacs, and getting it through the double block. If you were watching on TV, it may have looked like she actually got blocked, but it went right below the hands of the Trinity Western defenders, and that'll give the Thunderbirds a two-point advantage going into the technical. Yeah, and that's very, very important for them to get that last point as we go in. We were talking about Heppel there. She is second on the team in aces, so that's not something that we should be surprised about her doing. But I think UBC really has to focus now. If they're able to bring this back to one set apiece, obviously that turns this into a whole nother game. Surprisingly, you were talking about how Liv Ferlin maybe wasn't quite living up to her normal standards in that first set of play. She only had six assists. It seems like she's turned things around here in uh, distributing for offensive production and from the service line. She now has two aces on the night, and she even got that center, setter's dump earlier in the set. Yeah, Liv Ferlin, I would agree. She has really turned it on in this set. You were mentioning before the game, Jacob, that for this one for Ferlin, even though the team hasn't been doing super-duper well, she really wants this one. She had her game face on in warm-ups. Uh, this is a team that she has experienced this rivalry with for a long time now. So it's not surprising that she's been able to raise the level of her game a notch in the second set and help stake UBC to this two-point lead coming out of the technical. I think it's especially important as the Thunderbirds are on the brink of a Canada West playoff spot. They're currently 8-8, eight and eight, but if they were to drop both games, both matches this weekend, it would be devastating towards their playoff push out of the timeout, or rather out of the technical. Kovacs comes in, drops in another ace for UBC. 
So rather than Trinity Western dominating from the service line as they had four in the first set, it's been UBC who's been winning that battle here in the second set of play. I think moving into the playoffs, even if you're able to split a series against Trinity Western, show that you can get a win, that can be important for momentum. The violation called against the Spartans there. We'll have a substitution as UBC has came to their, what is actually tied for their largest lead of the night. 18-14, four point advantage. I believe there was a early, maybe it was only three. This may very well actually be their largest lead of the night with four points over Trinity Western. Thunderbirds trying to even things up at one set apiece. Kovac sends across the serve, handled by Howe, who then gets the ball back after the set. Ferlin trying to recollect it. Free ball here for Trinity Western. Back set from Kamladi, met at the net by an Anna Price partial block. Howe trying to end the rally. Great dig by Anna Price. Now Tessa Davis cross court. Huge rally between these two sides. No one's trying to give in. Worsley, the feed to Davis. UBC comes out victors after Davis goes for the wipe. She noticed she wasn't beating the block, so she used it in her own favor. Yeah, nice to see Worsley actually coming up with the assist on that one. Both her and Price had some nice defensive play plays, able to pick up the ball quite quickly. And finally, UBC is able to take one of those long rallies and not lose that momentum as the timeout is called. Like you're saying, most of the long rallies seem to be won earlier by Trinity Western, and that really defeats, you know, a lot of your momentum or a lot of, I guess, the pride that you might be putting out there on the court, a lot of the drive as you're expending a lot of energy. And then if you're not having anything to come away from, you know, that large expense of energy, it's demoralizing. But here, five-point advantage, winning a long set. Things are going well mid to late in this second set of action for UBC. Oh, definitely. And I think... It comes down to that idea of sort of cleverness out there. You mentioned with Tessa Davis being able to go for the wipe there and get the point because of that. Trinity Western, we've talked about a lot. They're happy to sit back in these long rallies. They'll continue to block you. They'll continue to dig you. They'll wear you down. So if you're able to come up with a really nice play like that uh, that kind of throws them for a loop, that's what's going to really help you win those long rallies and switch that momentum back, take the Spartans out of their comfort zone. So out of the timeout taken by Ryan Hofer of Trinity Western, UBC starts things off with a service error, something that hasn't been that common for them in the second set. That will give the ball immediately over to, on the side out to Trinity Western and Dora Kumladi. I'm sure that's exactly what Ryan Hofer and his squad wanted. An easy mistake, now they're able to take control of the serve. See what Kumladi does with it. Sends it across to Gabby Atea. Back set for Atea over the middle, nearly clipping the ceiling and unable to do anything with it as it never fully crossed the antenna and it would have been out of play were the Spartans. So UBC winning that point. It should actually read, I believe, 20 to 15. The in-house uh, scoreboard briefly had it at 19. 16 point is indeed awarded to UBC. As it should be. So if it... For those of you who are unaware on CITR or Canada West, if it hits the ceiling here at War Memorial, it's a dead ball. The point is awarded to the team or awarded against the team who forced it into the ceiling. Another service error here for UBC. And this is exactly the sort of mental fragility that you don't want to happen right now. Doug Reimer, as you can see, motioning to his players, giving them a lot of advice as things are getting tight here in the second set. 
maybe some jitters late in the second set of play. They maybe they had an icing the kicker situation earlier. Now it's Hillary Howe serving for the Spartans. Ferlin did not get a great bump set across for her team. That gives Trinity Western lots of time to set. And over the center of the court, it's Michaela Sitch with Trinity Western still unrelentless over the heart. And a kill is a kill, but when it comes in like that on that dainty sort of shot from somebody like Sitch, it's frustrating for the Thunderbirds because they're expecting it to come in with power. They're expecting to be able to deflect it back up. That kind of thing nags at you a little bit, especially as the Spartans start to crawl their way back into this game, now down only three points. Well, like you said, they can just beat you in so many ways, whether it's their strong, powerful kills from someone like... Uh, Heppel or Like Howe. Heppel, exactly, or Howe, right? Like point point blank shots from how even off of one foot are coming in harder than the majority of the Thunderbirds can get it across but then you look at sometimes it's just their dink or tip shots across that are actually beating the Thunderbirds so maybe that's where uh, UBC needs to come up with a new defensive game plan where they somehow have options for both those heavy attacks and then those softer looks on the court yeah no I think you're definitely right uh, it's nice to see what Gabi Atea has done so far in this set. She's had quite a number of kills. She's up to four total now. Hopefully she's able to continue that momentum as we get into the last few points. Howe sends it across after the timeout. Tessa Davis just missing the baseline. Point awarded here to Trinity Western. Doug Reimer trying to calm his team down out there. They've lost three straight points now. And that puts the Spartan side back within two. UBC at one point had a lead as large as five. Howe sends across a much harder serve this time. Ferlin doing her best to set it. Price couldn't get a lot of power behind it. Now Purdy on the outside, it's that tip shot we had mentioned. Thunderbirds do keep it alive, but another free ball here for Trinity Western. Odoom. Cut shot across, point awarded here to Trinity Western. They seem to be on a roll, and if you give them that opportunity to set a play, they are more than likely going to beat you due to their offensive firepower. Right out of the Liv Furlan playbook there, Kamladi using that back set to get it into Odoom, able to hit it cross court for the winner. 20 to 19, UBC still in the lead, but clipping the antenna were the Thunderbirds point automatically awarded to the Spartan side. And now this becomes so difficult for the Thunderbirds and Reimer understandably calling a timeout here. That's his last one notably, and that is important if you think back to that I believe early deficit, or not, they were up 2-0, then it was 5-2. He opted not to take a timeout. That may pay off here as if his team can swing things around here from his second timeout. Uh, him, Doug Reimer smartly, knowing not to use it too early on in the set. And this is exactly the sort of situation that the Spartans are comfortable in. They know that the Thunderbirds are jittery right now. They know that they've given up this lead, and now they can, you know, smell the blood, so to speak. So it's really important, as we've spoken about so many times, for the leaders on the Thunderbirds and Doug Reimer right now in the timeout to make sure that everybody's staying cool, calm, and collected. I've been quite impressed with Worsley so far in this set. Been out there for quite a bit of it, and she's looked really, really good. Um, though she has been throwing over a couple of free balls, not her own fault for that, and had those nice digs that we talked about <laughs> earlier on. And it's worth noting that Hillary Howe, already with nine kills on the night, tallied has tallied just as much as her match high uh, in her last game out against the Heat. So she's well on her way to another fantastic night. Out of the timeout, Doug Reimer so ingeniously took. Has the bench all fired up. Heather Pippis screaming and falling back into her teammates. Big kill there for Tessa Davis. 
on the back set from Liv Furlan, reclaiming the lead for UBC. Tessa Davis back to serve. 21-20, now it will be deadlocked again at 21. There's been three late service errors in the second set for UBC, which has cost them as things are deadlocked now very late in the second set of action, and the ball is in the hands of Sitch, who has a rather good serve. And how do you rebound from all of these errors? How do you keep yourself motivated and positive? Worsley again with a nice play. Anna Price trying to find her way onto the bottom side of the court. Free ball here for UBC, something we haven't seen too much of. Jade Robertson trying to capitalize, but a huge heads up play there by Purdy as the party ball slowly floated across. It looked like it was gonna be a free ball more or less for UBC. If you're watching on Canada West TV, taking advantage, the outstretched arm of the six foot two Savannah Purdy, giving Trinity Western a huge point late here. Yeah, definitely so important. You'd like to see Kamladi there. Did a good job at least keeping that ball alive. And as you mentioned, looked like a party ball out there, but really heads up play from Purdy and able to take the Spartans to three points away from winning the second set going up to nothing. Sitch sends across a bullet of a serve nicely handled by UBC. Robertson off of her back foot, gets a bit of a break, miscommunication in the center of the court defensively for the Spartans. Now we're locked at 22. This is great volleyball we're watching. It really is. Also interesting to note, Liv Furlan not on the court right now. I saw her come off, take a breather. Casey Jost is out there as well as Kayla Oxland and Erica Vermette. Huge double block. UBC, Kara Kovacs and Jade Robertson blocking the heavy-handed Odum with a powerful attack. Couldn't get through that wall on the near side. Anna Price has a lot of weight on her shoulders right now. We've seen so many service errors. She's able to put this one in. The veteran able to stay calm. We see another great look just over the center for Heppel. Opting once again for the dink shot, and it works to perfection. Now we're deadlocked at 23. Keep in mind, folks, you do have to win by two, so we might be getting some free volleyball if each team is able to get one more point before the end of the second set. Odum back to serve. Spartans with the ball, handled cleanly by Worsley. Set from Oxland to Passin, couldn't get through the block of Trinity Western. And Vermette, unfortunately, trying to springboard off that far side of the court. Looked like she partially lost her footing and came up short. Now with the set point on the line, Furlan and Tessa Davis will both be coming out to try and give UBC a late push. They need this point if they want to even things up at one set apiece or else Trinity Western goes up 2-0. Yeah, no disrespect met to Erica Vermette, but she's not exactly the number one hitter that you'd like to be out there trying to take these points back for UBC as they're so deadlocked right now. Odum sends it across. Good dig there by Price to keep it alive. Unfortunate free ball here for Thunderbirds. Heppel is met with a big double block. Far side now for Purdy. The dig by Anna Price doesn't find its way into another teammate's hand. And that's how that second set will end. Trinity Western, even though there was a lot of firepower from both sides, ends up taking it 2-0 advantage now for the Spartans. And that one really, really hurts. Obviously, Doug Reimer's gonna have to dig deep right now to be able to get his players re-motivated, try and come back from two sets down against the Spartans, no easy task. I'd like to mention on that last point there, we mentioned it was a very exciting double block that came in for a couple of Thunderbirds, but Odoom again, able to go out there completely composed, not lose control and able to set up 
the Spartans to win that final point. It was 25-23 for the Spartans. They are now up two sets to nothing as we move toward the third set. So today there is a very important announcement as I hope all of you are paying attention. There is an award called the Amanjit Payer Memorial Scholarship. The scholarship was initiated by family, friends, and teammates in memory of Amanjit after she lost her battle with cancer in February of 2013. Many of those closest to Amanjit are here tonight. And as you can see, some of her family are coming out onto the court right now. Amanjit was the manager of an incredible team that won back-to-back -back national women's volleyball championships in 1977 and 78. She was known for her tremendous qualities during those years and was really instrumental in maintaining and growing the bonds that remain to this day among the team members. Many of those volleyball sisters are seated, seated with the family today behind the court. And this is a big scholarship, Laura Worsley being awarded. and toughness coming back from a serious knee injury and has been a tremendously hard worker on and Worsley, off we the were court. talking about how an hard she's working out there by the on the court tonight. She she's struggled with injuries for a lot of her volleyball career, hence UBC. getting the award tonight, showing resilience Laura, Laura. as Amanjit Payer would have herself. And now we're going to take a quick break for an advertisement before we come back to you. Full service at your local co-op means extra service at no extra cost. We'll fill your tank, clean your windshield, and get you on your way. And full service is part of why co-ops are able to provide good jobs to more than 25,000 Western Canadians. Whether it's rainy in Chilliwack, sunny in Regina, cold in Edmonton, or even colder in Winnipeg. Full service. It's a co-op thing. Hello and welcome back in on Canada West TV and CITR 101.9 FM. My name is Jacob Ayer and alongside me tonight is Corey Branson. Tonight's coverage of Canada West Volleyball is brought to you by co-op. It's the UBC Thunderbirds taking on the Trinity Western Spartans. The Spartans have a 2-0 advantage here at War Memorial Gymnasium, home of the Thunderbirds. What do you think has led to their success early on here tonight, Corey? Yeah, I think the Spartans, it comes down to their best players showing out once again. Hillary Howe up to 11 kills already. Jacob did mention that in her last game out, she only had nine. That was her only time all season that she's been below 10 kills. She's a fantastic hitter, hitting 250 right now. Savannah Purdy has not had nearly as many total attacks, but out there with a 417. Those offensive players are really showing up. And I think when it comes to blocking as well, that's something that's super duper important. Sitch, we mentioned, leader in U Sports for blocks, has also done really, really well tonight. Has three solo blocks, which is quite impressive. Um, and that has really helped on the defensive side to complement what Purdy and Howe have been doing offensively. And that was a tough second set loss for UBC as the 20 to 25 first set loss wasn't quite as close as that 23-25 finish. Keep in mind, UBC was up by five just after the technical. They ended up losing momentum, so it's gonna take a lot of willpower here to claw their way back to three straight, at least think in the mindset of more two straight set victories to get to that fifth and final deciding 15 point set. 
but Doug Reimer is going to really have to rally his troops. Liv Furland laid it all out on the court in that second set of action. She got nine assists for her side and also contributed with a pair of kills and service aces. She's going to have to keep working well, and it's the offensive players around her who are going to have to make sure that their attacks are either getting through or get crafty and use a better job or do a better job getting the wipe off the double block of this very strong net presence of TWU. Well, we did see the Thunderbirds do that a couple of times, able to work their way around that double block or use it as a wipe. Um, when you look at the kill numbers for the Thunderbirds, the leaders are Atea and Davis, but they each only have five. There's nobody really standing out for the Thunderbirds, putting up those great numbers, like what you see from Howe, like what you see from Purdy on the opposite side of the court. So you'd really want one of those offensive stalwarts for the Thunderbirds to really step up bring their game up a notch as we move into the third set and that might be the one thing that'll help them earn this next victory and hopefully try and stage the comeback trini western seems poised to keep up their winning ways they sit at 16 and 2 in the conference first place with a playoff spot already guaranteed a win tonight would push them up to 17 and 2 on this season meanwhile thunderbirds currently sitting at 8 and 8 trying to avoid dropping below 500 Things are started here in this third set of play and a swing and miss more or less there from Michaela Sitch. Good rally between these two sides without a point yet for either team. Gabby Atea of the Thunderbirds ending that rally, finally punctuating it with a big attack on the far side. And maybe it's gonna be her that really steps up here. You mentioned how much of an emotional leader she is for this team. If she's able to start getting going, that's gonna bring everybody's energy levels up. Back to serve for UBC is Liv Ferlin, one of the veteran players on this team, and along with Atea, two of the most arguably talented on the Thunderbirds squad. Good job by Ferlin there on the dig to keep it alive. Far side of the court, Kara Kovacs, and I've always noticed this and mentioned it before in previous podcasts, she has sneaky power from time to time when she's really able to set herself, she can hit the ball just as hard as some of the best like Hillary Howe. Wasn't so sneaky there. Set to Howe, that was fed in there from Kamladi. UBC slowly winding down that play, not in their favor as Trinity Western comes away with the point. 2-1 advantage for the Spartans. The joust at the net ended up in the taller team's favor, which would be Trinity Western. It's one of the things we mentioned, the net presence of Trinity Western, especially over the middle, we see a dink shot there, but the net presence has really what's kept them in the lead here tonight. Crafty look there from the Thunderbirds on that far side. Kovacs opting for a off-speed shot that confused the defense and puts her team up by two. She's now back to the service line. Looking like Avery Heppel out there. Kovacs with the beauty of a serve. Back set here, that was Odoom. Both teams seem to be copying each other in certain facets of the game. Odum was fed by Kamladi in a similar way that we've seen between Furlan and uh, Jade Robertson earlier here tonight. Meanwhile, we saw a off-speed shot from Kovacs that mirrored Heppel to some degree. Sitch sends it across for the Spartans. Quick set there to Davis, kept alive by S Trinity Western. That attack sent too far. Kovacs smartly keeping out of the way. I'll give the ball back to UBC here on the side out. Four to two Thunderbirds. Spartans are feeding it a lot early to Odoom. In one case, she was able to get a nice kill. In that case, she went too hard with the attack attempt. Gabby Atea trying to drop it in off the serve. Thunderbirds 
in a similar way that they started the second set are up five to two, although they've gotten there in a different measure, as this time they have some momentum up five two. Gabby Tia is still back to serve. Atea sends it across. That's an ace off the hands of Hillary Howe, unable to handle that. And last week, the service reception team for the Spartans kind of stumbled in that last match against uh, UBC Okanagan. Yeah. It's potential that it could happen again. It might be more of a mental thing as they're clearly very gifted athletes out there. Yeah, Spartans outplayed the Heat in every facet except for aces. Heat had 15th, the Spartans 7th. A beautiful back row pipe attack there from Gabby Atea. Barely, and I mean barely, finds that baseline. It was more of the, si the near sideline, but she pumped up after that, celebrated. Thunderbirds, again, tied with their largest lead of the night, 7-2 UBC. This time the serve was cleanly handled. Now ending the Thunderbirds mini rally is Savannah Purdy. Yeah, it was fun watching Casey Jost down there on the sideline. I was very excited for Atea as she's having a really nice start to this set. But as you mentioned, Purdy able to get one back for the Spartans. Bring this to a four-point deficit. So Doom's back to serve. UBC on the night hitting just 132. Spartans not having quite their usual night out on the court either at 197. That may be a testament to the strong defense that has been shown on both sides here tonight. Yeah, we just had a service error there from Odum. I can't remember the last time the Spartans had one of those. Sometime early in the second set. Thunderbirds get the ball back after that service error. Tessa Davis sent it across. We're seeing maybe some mental fatigue perhaps, or it might be a case where you're up 2-0 and your intensity naturally kind of dies as you know you're on the precipice of winning. Whatever it is, Thunderbirds have their largest lead of the night, 9-3, forces head coach Hofer, Ryan Hofer of the Spartans to take a timeout and try and regroup his squad. Yeah, I think that's a very smart timeout coming from Hofer. He knows his players aren't going to get too flustered here early on, but he might want to make some tactical changes for them. Right before the set started, we talked about the need for UBC to have a more offensive presence from one of their players. As much as Furlan can distribute, they need somebody to be able to finish those kind of points. Atea has looked really good so far to start off this set. A couple kills. On the night, although Trinity Western is led by Howe with 11 kills and a pair of aces along with three digs, there's some of the players that have been quietly putting up big nights. Kamladi, she actually has 19 assists and eight digs on the night for her team. So really doing a great job as a setter. Michaela Sitch, as we mentioned, putting up a pretty strong night of her own. She has three kills and some blo solo blocks for her side, along with uh, Purdy, who has six kills on the night and is hitting 417, a team high for her on the opposition side. Liv Ferlin, although a bit low in assists for her, 15. She has a pair of aces and two kills on the night, along with six digs. Nine to three out of the timeout. UBC sent across the serve. It was Davis. Now Worsley back set for Price, getting the wipe off the double block of Heppel and Kamladi. Yeah, Kamladi we sort of talked about in the pre-show, not the strongest Spartan out there, but she's really showed up really well, averaging eight and a half assists per set. That's about two above her season average, 6.2. UBC with a seven point advantage here in this third set of play, not something we have seen. It shrinks slightly back down to a six point advantage now as Trinity Western 
gets the best of the Thunderbirds as Kamladi getting a setter's dump kill. We'll give the ball back to her side. Savannah Purdy to serve. Apparently she's doing it all tonight as Kamladi. Purdy sends it across. Worsley slightly mishandles it. Robertson just had to get it across. Lots of time to set the play here for Trinity Western. And out on the court for the Spartans. That was Hillary Howe with a rare mistake out there. Trying to tip it across. Couldn't even put a little bit, not quite enough behind it to get it over. That's an attack error for her. Puts Thunderbirds back into a seven point advantage with the serve. Spartans trying to get a bit too cute there from Howe. Don't expect her to make too many more of those errors moving forward. Blocked at the net there were the Spartans. It's Heppel again. She goes for the tip. Thunderbirds reading it a bit better. Joust at the net. The advantage going to the much taller or Avery Heppel against Liv Furlan, who could only smile as she knew her fate before leaping, perhaps. Yeah, that's not the kind of matchup that the Thunderbirds want. I think there's about half a foot of difference in height between those two. 6-4 compared to 5-9. Not really fair for the setter of the Thunderbirds. Back row attack there from Matea, dug out nicely by Trinity Western. It's how now her attack is received by Worsley rather cleanly. Thunderbirds doing a good job setting plays now as they've given themselves a bit cleaner receptions off these attacks from the Spartans. Although it looked like a block, I believe there was a net violation there charged against Liv Furlan. Another long rally, another point for the Spartans. Heppel will go back to the service line here. Again, you gotta make sure you aren't getting demoralized when you lose ones like that, especially when you have this five point lead and things are not in dire straits. Doug Reimer talking to his team courtside. An over bump there, Thunderbirds getting a break as it seemed the Spartans had an easy point on the party ball, but they sent it actually beyond the sideline on the far side. Nothing really going wrong for Worsley tonight, able to get away with that free ball. Six point lead again for the Thunderbirds. 12-6, Robertson back at the service line. Off the hands of Howe, Kamladi serves it to Howe near side. Huge line shot for number six. And you think after she went for that cute little trick play, trying to just bump it over the net, she went for a lot more power that time and it worked out for her. Able to pick her spot so well. When you can hit the corner that reliably, makes things very, very easy. Kamladi sends across the serve. Furlan. And then to Robertson from the back row. Look, we haven't seen too often here tonight. Odoom gives the ball over to the Thunderbirds. It was sent out in front of Kovacs. Over the middle, one-timer. Kara Kovacs having herself quite a third set. Yeah, a bit of a mix up there. Hitting. Good job by Furlan just to get that ball back in the vicinity of Kovacs, who then took advantage against what was truly a taller field of players on the opposition's middle. If you're able to work your way around those blocks, there are openings there. Odoom getting the kill here against the Thunderbirds on the near side. Simply overpowered Tessa Davis. So 13-8, Thunderbirds were in somewhat of a similar position in the second set where they were up by five around midway point. Things unraveled late for them. We'll see if the same storyline plays out here. Thunderbirds wanted that play to be over, but the pancaked hand of the Spartans keeps it alive. Purdy, good rally between these two sides now. Kovacs is blocked. It was Purdy and Sitch in the vicinity. Atea was off time. Free ball now for the Spartans. Purdy, nice dig there by Worsley, who was very calm under pressure. Atea now off of the double block, getting the wipe. Thunderbirds win that long rally after I think they thought they had it early. Sometimes that can throw off a team, but the Thunderbirds 
composed themselves and remained calm, ended up winning that very long rally and getting themselves up by six. I think composure is such a big thing. You talked about Worsley not panicking when she had to take that shot. Price had a nice one as well, able to corral it so well, keep the Thunderbirds alive. Kamladi gave the ball over to her teammate. Now the double block, this time for Trinity Western works. It's Sitch and Odoom. You see Worsley getting down there once again, doing the libero duties as are required of her. But that double block, not something that we saw quite as much in the second set from the Spartans. Uh, able to return all of those shots, but again, returning to their bread and butter. Avery Heppel back into the game for this Spartan side. 14-9, Thunderbirds needing two more to get to the technical. Anna Price getting the best of Avery Heppel, who just came back in. Anna Price kind of waited till she was past her apex to get that ball across. Worked advantageously for her as she was able to come away with the kill. Yeah, Heppel second on the team in blocks, and for Spartans, that is a lot of blocks, but fooled that time and a service ace from Gabby Atea. She's pumped up. Strangely enough, Atea not having herself quite the service season she did two seasons ago. She was out all of last year with injury, but two years ago, she was one of the best in Canada West. Maybe she's starting to get back into it here. That's the technical timeout, and the Thunderbirds are up by seven, tied for their largest lead of the night. Now, it's, it's easy to find a sense of complacency right now if you're the Thunderbirds, and that's something they absolutely cannot do. You know Coach Hofer for the Spartans has a lot of tricks up his sleeve, finding ways to get his players back into the game. And as we saw after he took a late timeout in set number two, the Spartans were able to come out on fire, take advantage of a few service errors from the Thunderbirds. So they have to make sure that they're staying well composed. They're not getting ahead of themselves here. This is only one set out of the three that they would need to win. Um, so staying in the moment is going to be very, very important for them. The Thunderbirds admittedly are actually dominating the third set compared to Trinity Western, who statistically won most categories in the first and second. But the, Thunderbird, the Thunderbirds have drastically increased their hitting percentage here, all the way up from about 200 in that second set. Rather, as a team, they were around 129, 135. You average those two. They were hitting about... 132 on the night they've now moved that average up to 188 meaning they're hitting close to 300 here in this third set of action compared to trinity western who's staying right around 196 so thunderbirds moving the ball well and i think they've just kind of felt a, a sense of calm out there on the court we'll see if they're able to bring that into the second half of play here in this third set of action out of the technical fed across the middle they read that heppel attack a lot better than they had in the past Although Anna Price is met with a monstrous block from Heppel and Odoom, who were quite literally towering over her attempt to, to tip it across. I gotta say, I was happy right off the bat there that the serve coming in from Mateo was not an error. That was something that plagued UBC so much in the second set. She was able to put that one in. Didn't end up working out too well for the Thunderbirds, but not letting those stupid mistakes drag them down. Heinen now with the ball she's brought in for the other setter, which is Kamladi. We saw this in the first set of action. She dropped an ace that time. This time, can't find the same success right off the bat. Heinen feeds it on over to Purdy, who makes a mistake. We saw that mistake earlier, I believe, by Howe in this third set as well. Something we didn't notice in the first two sets, perhaps a bit of fatigue out there for this Trinity Western side. Yeah, Spartans were 100% first and second set. Now they look 95% on those sort of skill shots. Something that you brought up earlier was the fact that they use their setters differently depending on game situation. Heinen more of the offensive setter. That makes sense in a situation like this when they really need to get points quickly, work their way back into the set. That'll help 
So as we were talking about Thunderbirds making sure they keep their advantage here, make sure they don't repeat the same mistakes of the second set. It will be nothing other than a service error, that which plagued them one set ago by Casey Jost, turning the ball over, and then immediately dropping in an ace is Purdy. So two quick points back on the board here for Trinity Western, who are down now just 17 to 12. This time, the serve was somewhat better handled. Thunderbirds really just frantically panicking to get the ball across. Finan is in the game. Siobhan Finan, that is, for the Thunderbirds, along with Casey Jost. Liv Ferlin taking a momentary seat. Oxland also on the court. It was actually Oxland who's out there, not Jost. My apologies. But we see Trinity Western taking advantage without a true, uh, you know, big presence up at the net with Siobhan Finan out there. And this is the moment where the Thunderbirds cannot panic. And that's a really good shot. Great cross-court attack there from Jade Robertson. Good feed from Oxland. Oxland getting under this. The quick back set there. That roundhouse play that Furlan and Robertson and last year was really trademarked between Van Rijk and Furlan uh, do so well. That kind of play lowers the heart rate a little bit. Nice for the Thunderbirds, especially with some of the younger players out there. 18-13, Thunderbirds keeping it alive. This rally going a bit longer than we'd seen. They do send across a free send across a free ball there from Kovacs. Heppel missing her shot right across the middle. She was aiming for that near back corner. Doug Reimer quickly pulling out Atea for a breather, and that will put Worsley into the game. 19-13 UBC, as it seems Reimer's opting for a more defensive appro approach with a six-point advantage here. We will actually take a timeout now. Trinity Western trying to regain some momentum in their favor. Hofer's trailing six. We saw a very, very similar look in the second set. Timeout was taken, and boom, all of a sudden, Trinity Western right back in it. It was 20 to 15 last timeout, so they were down five. 19-13 here. What do you think UBC can do if they want to maintain this lead? Yeah, well, I was a bit nervous there for a second when he took Worsley out because I thought she's been having such a great game. She did miss one of the service returns there that UBC was able to get away with, but otherwise, really happy with her performance. I think it's playing very simple volleyball. I think they got in their heads a little bit in that second set when they let that lead go. A lot of those service errors that we talked about, a lot of general panic on the court there. You could see that the Spartans were a lot more comfortable in that position even though they, they were trailing. So I think for the Thunderbirds, it's going back to the fundamentals a lot here, making sure that they aren't giving any points to the Spartans because they will lap those up and be able to turn that into quick momentum. And although the official scorecard has this in a 2-0 advantage for Trinity Western, the majority of major offensive and defensive statistics as UBC adds another point after the timeout, 20-13, to 13, are pretty much dead even after that last kill. I believe UBC, they were deadlocked at 180 each will actually take the advantage over Trinity Western, but assists are similar, points, kills, service errors, everything down the line. It's really just who has that little extra push to get them through and across the finish line. Good attack there by Trinity Western to throw off that Thunderbird defense and give themselves back the ball. Looking to serve and redeem herself after a bit of a, a mid third set blunder is Avery Heppel. Yeah, she's been ruling the middle of the court in this game. That was uncharacteristic. See what she does with this. Oxland feeds it across to Kovacs, who's blocked. That time she can't get the wipe. Near side for Finan, who's a lefty. Point awarded here after a four-touch violation. Finan never even got it above her own net. Yeah. That's not something that you really like to see coming out from Finan. 
Not one of the more experienced hitters out there for the Thunderbirds. Now it's Heppel again getting a chance with the serve. Heppel sends across a hard serve, cleanly handled there by Price Robertson. Seems like the Thunderbirds are a bit off, off of their game out here. We might see a Thunderbird substitution pretty quick as Reimer's near side. He's gonna actually take a timeout to try and calm down his team on the court. And it's not his starters out there right now by any means as Finan and Oxland are replacing Furlan and I believe Tessa Davis out there who were both originally in the starting lineup. Yeah, I would expect those two to come back pretty quickly, especially if this one tightens up a little bit as we get into the 20-point range. The last two points, they're pretty much identical for the Thunderbirds on the right side. Attempted kills taken right into the net. That's a, that's a sign of nerves, definitely. They need to work on their hops a little bit, do the Thunderbirds. But again, this is not a moment for complete panic. They have let the lead dwindle slightly, went from, I think, seven points at the maximum down to four points now. But they're in a position now where if they're able to play nice, simple volleyball, get themselves easy opportunities to control the middle of the court, especially uh, a lot of different openings to try and drop in shots, that can really help them. And if they're able to pull out this one set, then it's a whole new ball game. Hillary Howe now up to 16 kills, by far the game high. The next closest would be UBC's Gabby Atea, who's leading the, the Thunderbirds with just eight. So Howe actually doubling anyone else out there on the hardwood. Meanwhile, the Thunderbirds doing a good job defensively here right out of the timeout. Smartly taken by head coach Doug Reimer. Atea and now Casey Jost will come into the game. See a substitution for Jade Robertson as Jost serves as, although she's a libero, also a serve specialist. A role not often seen in cross volleyball. But at 21-16, she'll look to provide her team a bit of an extra boost here late in this third set of play with her team down, none, no sets to two. Jost with a rocket across. It was cleanly handled by Heppel, but it's gonna have to be a back row attack as they couldn't get anything set for the front row. Now dropping it in is Gabby Atea. Thunderbirds 22-16. All credit there to Jost who threw off the Trinity Western defense with a great serve. Oh, that was a really nice serve and Atea really pumped up after that. So was Jost skipping her way back to the service line. She'd love to serve this out. Thunderbirds with a six point advantage, 22 to 16. Getting that one across for the Spartans was Hillary Howe adding to her fantastic night. That's 17 kills for her now. Yeah, full credit to Emma Gamash on that one. Able to do a really nice dig to keep that one in the Spartan zone. Hillary Howe finishing as she so often does, 22 17. So back to serve now for the Spartans is Kamladi who's back into the game. We saw a mid-set substitution for Olivia Heinen at setter, but Kamadi replaces her here. In an offensive situation, something we hadn't seen before. Set from Kayla Oxland, who's in the game. Nice cross-court attempt there from Kovacs. Good dig from the Spartans more than anything. Quick feed to Atea over top the emblem. The Thunderbird crowd, which has started to fill out here quite nicely is getting loud, 23-17. This is definitely the closest the Thunderbirds have been to closing out on a set. There was a bit of a celebratory dance there from Jost at the end. <laughs> I don't think we caught that on the broadcast, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, finally you saw the Spartans put up a free ball. The UBC has been doing that more than you'd obviously want to in this game. So now into the game for Oxland is Furlan, who's really good from the service line. Just in her third game back, commits a service error. A nice announcer's curse there, Jacob. Happens from time to time. 
I just say what the stats are. Sometimes they don't align. So 23-18 on the side out after the Liv Furland service error. Ball back in the hands now of Hillary Howe. Handled by Joust. Quick set there from Furlan was a bit in front of Davis who had to punch it across. Kamladi now near side for Purdy. Bump set from Atea. Now it's sent back to the near side. Kovacs was rejected. Great block. Now Atea off one foot. She's met with a partial double block. Over the middle trying to just get it over and it would have been effective was Sitch. A good rally between these two sides. Great double dig by the Thunderbirds. Free ball now for Trinity Western. Kamladi quick set and ending the rally is Sitch. Wow. Yeah, we saw that double dig that you mentioned, Price and Furlan both getting down there, and that looked like that could have turned the tide. But we've mentioned it so many times again, the Spartans, they don't let those really high momentum plays for the other team bother them. They're happy to just sit in their own zone and make the plays that they need to happen, happen. Sending that one across is Howe. Liv Verlin now gives it over to Atea, who goes cross court at a very sharp angle off the hands of Purdy. 24-19, Thunderbirds have five set points to play with. Erica Vermette is gonna come in now, try and serve this one out as the specialist. She does, I believe she had a service error in the second set. We'll see if she's able to turn around her fortunes here. I think it was actually an attack error now that I think about it. Spartans just trying to get it across. They were blocked originally by the Thunderbirds. Liv Furlan, quick set, Atea over the middle. Kamladi, great dig for the Spartans. Keeps things alive here. And it's a attack error that ends things for the Trinity Western side. That was Odoom slamming into her own net. Things are well and alive for UBC. They were down in sets, two nothing. But there's life here against this high intensity Trinity Western side. That's kind of been the story for the Thunderbirds this season. They started off things hot. They lost a couple players to injury, but they're trying to rally back here late. So this game is almost uh, a large metaphor for what's really been going on the entirety of 2019-2020 for this women's volleyball UBC team. Yeah, I think that was a really impressive set that came out from the Thunderbirds. They looked dead in the water after that second set that was so soul-crushing for them. But again, as we mentioned, a lot of different players for the Thunderbirds. A bit less of Worsley in this set, but Gabby Atea, of course, very, very important in that set. Liv Furlan continued to play well, and I think it was also neutralizing some of the Spartans players, uh, looking at the impact that Heppel had, it was quite smaller than what we saw from her being dominant in the first two sets. And notably, we really saw Trinity Western fall off in terms of attack efficiency in that third set of play. They're down now as a team to 158 total attack percentage when they were hovering right around 200 coming into that third set of play. Meanwhile, UBC has turned up their um, attack efficiency uh, to a certain degree. They're actually hitting better than Trinity Western now collectively at 175 as a unit. I mentioned how, although it was 2-0, it was a close, a close match overall. And that was shown there in that the Thunderbirds were finally just able to close out a set, something they couldn't do in the second. Yeah, I think looking at the stats that we have now coming out of the third set, Savannah Purdy's hitting percentage went down a ton, went down by about 200 points. And that speaks to what you're talking about with offensive efficiency. When we look down at the Thunderbirds, of course, we talked about Atea. She's now hitting a 296. She has 11 kills. That's the closest to Howe, who still has her 18. But Howe is not perfect in that set. 
Uh, we saw a couple of little mistakes from her. As I said, hitting kind of 95% versus the 100%. And what I'm really interested to see is the Spartans have not really had to worry too much in this game so far. They've been facing a couple of deficits that they've been able to work their way out of, but now losing that last set and losing it quite handily, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound um, because as we've mentioned, 13 of their 16 victories this year have been three nothing victories. They're not really used to that much adversity. So they're a very, very skilled team, but this is not a position that they're in too often. And I think what allowed the Thunderbirds to actually claim that third set came down to digs. We saw some really good efforts, even when they were coming up short. In the second set, they were almost deadlocked even about at 26 and 27 digs, respectively, uh, with Trinity Western just trailing UBC by one. But then UBC had five more than the Spartans in that third set, which I think allowed them to just set up plays. We saw them a lot calmer and more composed mid to late in that third set, which is something they're gonna have to continue. And I think that rattled Trinity Western to a degree. I think they were expecting to be able to more or less uh, roll over on this team in the third set. And UBC came out to play. I would assume they're gonna continue or at least attempt to continue that momentum here in the fourth. Trinity Western is going to have to come out with a different approach, especially late in this fourth set. I think the dig point is very salient. Uh, you look at the liberos on the team, like Worsley, 14 digs so far. That's a great number versus Gamash, only four. Gamash has not seen as much court time as Worsley, but clearly that aspect of the game. And it is worth mentioning that Trinity Western um, has very low dig numbers in general because of um, how good they are at blocking. Um, but that's quite important for the Thunderbirds, and it's nice to see Worsley will be starting on court again to start. I think she's been so important. But the blocking for how good they are, it hasn't been crazy tonight. We did see a really good effort right off the top from Michaela Sinch, or rather Sick. Yeah, Sitch. Um, but since then, they've just added two since that first set of play. Meanwhile, Thunderbirds, yeah, they're low. They only have two total blocks, but two to five for a team that's you know, renowned for their blocking, it, it isn't that bad. Yeah, I think the Thunderbirds have been picking their spots really, really well. Speaking of. Things starting off here on the right for, for Trinity Western. We begin the fourth set of action. If you're tuning in on CITR 101.9 FM or Canada West TV, I'm Jacob Ayer, and alongside me tonight is Corey Branson. Tonight's action of Canada West Volleyball is brought to you by Co-op. It's the UBC Thunderbirds taking on the Trinity Western Spartans. Currently, the home team the UBC Thunderbirds at War Memorial Gym are trailing in set count two to one and early on in this fourth set of action after a third set win for the Thunderbirds. It is the Spartans of Trinity Western who have an early two nothing advantage. Heppel out there didn't have a super impactful third set and now with a service error, gives UBC their first point of the fourth. Back to serve now for UBC is Kovacs. And Kovacs, statistically, not a bad night, but not anything that truly jumps out at you. She is hitting 308. She has five kills. But I think her kills had really big momentum shifts behind them in that third set. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Starts things out. We see a big attack there from Howe. Thunderbirds keep it alive. But there was a miscommunication on that set and leap between Davis. Davis seems a bit frustrated either with herself or maybe the communication between her and the team's uh, best setter out there in Liv Furlan. Yeah, definitely you could tell her the ball did not come where she wanted it. She tried to do a little twisty move to get it over the net, but unsuccessful. Kamladi sends across a knuckleball bullet, one of the hardest serves to deal with. It has no spin behind it, and it comes across hard. Great serve by her. I was surprised now, after seeing that serve, that they were substituting her earlier for Heinen. Yeah, 
She has, you were talking about Kovacs earlier and sneaky power. Something that Kamladi can do as well, even from that setter position when she's at the line. 4-1 advantage Trinity Western. UBC is blocked here at the net. Maybe falling into some old habits, unfortunately, trying to attack through the middle. It hasn't been working all match, and it doesn't seem to be working here. 5-1 after another block here by the Spartans. Yeah, a couple barricades getting put up right there. Reimer taking an early time out right now. We were talking in between sets that the blocking has not been amazing from the Spartans, but something that's really important to consider is that a block is only when a point is won right off the defense. What the Spartans do well and what doesn't show up in the score sheet as much is they're able to get hands on almost every single ball that's coming over the net from the Thunderbirds. So even if it doesn't show up quite as much, they only have five, I guess, six total blocks now. Um, they're still able to throw so many balls back, force the Thunderbirds to regroup, try and find a new way to attack and pick their spots. So the Thunderbirds coming off of back-to-back -back victories are fighting hard here this week. They were able to get past Manitoba, snap a five-game losing streak tonight. They're trying to continue that win streak, which would push it up to three if they are able to make the comeback. They started the night out not on the right foot for Thunderbirds. They were down two sets to none, although close sets they weren't able to finish. They won the third set by a pretty good margin, six points separating the two sides and in the fourth they're trailing early able to finally get past that double block after the timeout are the Thunderbirds Tessa Davis having a maybe a sigh of relief there she's finally finding a bit of offensive success yeah nice way to rebound for her there we're talking about streaks UBC has won quite a number in a row against the Spartans when you're not looking at exhibition games seven right now the Spartans will take their preseason game victory over the Thunderbirds and take that to the bank however Oh, Doom dropping in a softer hit, a different approach from her. She has such a strong arm. That time using maybe placement over power to her advantage, dropping it right in the heart of that Thunderbirds defense. It's Hillary Howe now back to serve for the Spartans. Sends it across, handled nicely by Worsley, who's been handling serves well all night in the Thunderbirds get a kill on a line shot great feed the whole play for the Thunderbirds Worsley to Furlan Furlan back set here and Davis has a couple points in this fourth set yeah you really like that for the Thunderbirds able to get it to their arguably three best players tonight or a few of the three Thunderbirds after the serve it's Purdy now for Trinity Western getting it across Furlan the feed near side to Price getting through the double block on the last three rallies are the Thunderbirds Bringing things a little closer now, trailing just two. It's four to six, advantage Trinity Western. And the Thunderbirds have really found a way here to sort of stay within themselves, not get flustered. We're not seeing nearly as many free balls as we did sort of in the second set when they were letting that lead drift away. Tessa Davis sends across another serve here for UBC. Oh, Doom this time stares in dismay at her. Attack as it sails much too far beyond the baseline. Not sure what Doug Reimer said in that timeout, but it's working out quite well for the Thunderbirds so far. Getting points in a lot of different ways. Able to use a wipe, able to get that attack error right there. They'll take him any way they can get him as they crawl back into this set. And as Corey says it, there is a service error. The broadcaster curse. Not just limited to me tonight. I don't know why they make us talk, Jacob. All we do is hurt the team. The home broadcaster always gets a little bit of jinx whether you say something or not you always feel like you jinx the team the ball sent back over to trinity western here who commits 
another service error that time from Michaela Sitch. Yeah, tit for tat out there. Again, UBC taking points however they can get it. Now it'll be Price heading back to the service line. UBC trailing by just one as things were originally getting off to a pretty rough start. It was one to five, now it's six to seven. Vantage still in favor of Trinity Western, but a much more even start to this fourth quarter than it may have seemed right from the get-go. And now things are deadlocked after a couple of block at blocked attempts turn into a positive opportunity. A bump set there from Gabby Atea and then Kara Kovacs getting it through off of the block and then past the outstretched arms of Avery Heppel. On the Spartan side, a bit of a trend there. Adum again going for the more uh, light shot over the top instead of going for the power. Gabby Atea barely able to stay on her feet, taking a strong attack. Spike look from the Spartan side. UBC able to get the best of them too. Gabby Atea, all credit to her on that last rally. Yeah, Gabby Atea continuing that momentum that she had from the third set. And again, we've talked about it so many times. If she she's able to get going, she just is a spark plug for the rest of the team. People can really believe that they can do the same thing she's doing. Oh, Doom getting some revenge here. This time making sure her spike stays well within the court. Actually clips the top of her net and makes it across. Good back set there from Kumladi. She's been a very consistent, if not outstanding force here tonight for the Spartan side. Oh, definitely. I think Kamaladi's done really well. And Odum going back to what she feels most comfortable with, uh, really hitting the hard shot there, even though a Thunderbird was able to get a hand on it. Now in for Kamaladi is Heinen. As the Thunderbirds and Gabby Atea try and get a little extra power behind some of their attacks. Laura Worsley handling the attack from Trinity Western side, but point will end up in the Spartans' favor as UBC unable to get it past that net presence of Trinity Western yet again. And it's great how Trinity Western is able to use that blocking power to get themselves out of sticky situations. That was a backcourt hit that they used, uh, and UBC not able to capitalize on what was a pretty easy ball sent their way. Back set from Furlan to Robertson, and it seems that they know UBC is going for the wipe now. They may be angling their hands in, so they make sure that block stays within play. Good job again at the net. It was Heppel and Purdy in the vicinity. Yeah, definitely not surprised that they or the coach Hofer would be able to figure that kind of thing out. That's why they're so good at blocking in general. Furlan now trying the other side, finds a bit more success and unable to find a teammate was Hillary Howe, who gave the ball relatively well back up to the front court, but there wasn't good communication on the Spartan side. UBC trailing one here, but a very back and forth affair in this fourth set of play, UBC trailing one to two in set count. Jade Robertson's serve was a bit too flat, not enough top spin on that one to find the baseline. We mentioned Hillary Howe there, uh, unable to find her teammate on that pass attempt. She's been somewhat quiet in this fourth set, which is nice to see for the Thunderbirds. Is she somebody that can be neutralized? Um, it's very important. Spartans are a little bit like a Hydra though. Once you neutralize one player, two more are able to come up and make you pay. Atea not happy there. She was just trying to bump that one across for a free ball and may have been a bit too confident. It's like those plays where you, you've done it so many times, you assume you know what you're doing, you take your eye off the ball before you actually make contact and it will go down actually as an attack error for an Atea. Trying to redeem herself. She does, she gets the tip call up at the net. Spartan's not happy about it. We see head coach Ryan Hofer up at the net. If UBC got it or not, they sure as heck sold it. Well, that was a really nice serve coming in from the Spartans, actually, but really nice work by the Thunderbirds. Able to get the dig, able to get the pass, um, and then make the most of it with that tip call. Furlan back at the service line. 
She goes for a bit of a more uh, reserved approach to make sure she gets it across cleanly. Kovac sending a bomb off of the hands of Livia Heinen. Now it's Howe, right hand off of her back foot. Howe in some ways really does resemble the gameplay of maybe a slightly more agile uh, Kira Van Rijk to some degree. Meanwhile, the Thunderbirds now doing work at their net. They're able to get a block of their own. And this is really interesting because it feels like as we've been moving into the mid-set period of the game, in all three sets so far, it usually feels like one team is getting ahead. Right now we're staying in this deadlock. And so we haven't seen a whole lot of this sort of play from either team having to uh, try and stake themselves to a lead instead of either trying to play catch-up or defending the lead that they've already worked up to at this point in the match. Megan Maley back into the game here for Trinity Western as they watch Liv Furlan serve sail too far. Service error will give the side out back to the Spartans here. The two-point advantage, 11-13, to 13, Trinity Western. That one was miles out from Furlan. Not something you see from her too often. As her third service error of the night. She does have two aces as well. Furlan set now to Atea. Back-to-back errors, one from the service line, one attacking for the Thunderbirds. 11 to 14, Trinity Western just two away from the technical here. Again, Thunderbirds have to win this fourth set if they want to force a fifth and decisive fifth set of play. And that's what we all want to see out there, folks. We all know it. Meanwhile, at the other end of play, Trinity Western sending their serve too far. Thunderbirds getting a break. It'll be Kara Kovacs back to serve. Kovacs, I think you made a, such a good point about her ability not to just show up on the score sheet, but especially in big moments. Uh, I want a decibel counter when you say her name because it feels like you're never saying her name when things are quiet or unexciting. It's always when she's making a big play. Excited to see what she does from the service line here. She has one solo block, one assisted block, seven kills, and an ace on the night so far. And that will actually be her second service error as well. 12 to 15 now after a, an exchange of service errors for both sides. Ball back in the hands of Trinity Western. We're gonna see a couple substitutions on the Spartan side, more of their starting lineup look here. Their original six, that is, with Kamladi back out. Again, she's having herself quite a good night. 28 assists, along with an ace and nine digs. She's at the service line. Also back out on the court is Odum. Kamladi's serve is dug out there by Atea. Back set to number four. Atea couldn't find open court. Quick set across. And although it wasn't a perfect feed from Kamladi, there was some miscommunication between her and her fellow Spartan. I was actually quite impressed by Odum on this play. Just with the pass, able to get it really high up in the air, able to allow the Spartans the time to compose themselves, really get set as we head into the technical here. And a good job by Sitch to get that one across, quite frankly. It wasn't a great set there by, uh, by Kamladi, but able to make the most of it are the Spartans and in this four set, they kind of came out to a big lead, UBC rally, but now it seems that right around the technical, they're starting to, again, grow that lead, starting to pull away from UBC. Doug Reimer and his squad going to have to do something here. What do you think it is? Yeah, I think you have to find some way to fight against the nerves. I think we talk about how, yeah, these teams may be very far apart in the standings, but in general, this is a rivalry that comes down to the fact that they've won national championships recently. The players really care about this sort of thing. And so I think Doug Reimer needs to be focusing on telling his players that, you know, we need to think of this just as a normal game. It's not Trinity Western, it's not the Spartans, it's just your opponent. Don't get caught up in the moment and all of the grandeur of it. Um, I think serving could be cleaned up in a lot of senses. Serving errors is what have 
doomed the Thunderbirds a lot recently. 11 of them on the match compared to just seven for Trinity Western. Yeah, do you have the ace count there, Jacob? Ace count would be just slightly in the favor of the Thunderbirds, eight to seven. However, if you look at overall percentages of aces to service uh, errors. errors, it would be, well, dead even at exactly 0% in favor of the Spartans compared to a negative percentage for the Thunderbirds at eight and 11. So they're more high risk, high reward, whereas Spartans have taken a more cautious approach. Yeah, Kamaladi at the line now, who's had this great game. Thunderbirds and Bryn Passen trying to send the attack back the other way. And it's Odoom, ball kept alive. What a job there by Kara Kovacs. Odoom this time, another great dig, Liv Furling getting down. Thunderbirds rallying here. Atea sending a blast off Gamash. There, that time it was Haley Howe. Good rally between these two sides. Another great dig, three great digs. Hillary Howe unable to do anything. Thunderbirds really fighting for their lives here. They do seem heavily on the, de on the defensive. Somewhat uncontrolled, it's a free ball now. They're really gonna have to s strengthen up on the block. And finally ending it, there are the Trinity Western Spartans, but what a great effort by the Thunderbirds just to keep that rally alive. Yeah, you mentioned that one play coming in, a deflection off Worsley, a deflection off Kovacs, able to keep that alive, but again, the Spartans, they never seem to fall apart when it's those long points, and again, eventually, it was UBC who gave up the free ball. Furland did miss a set in that rally as well. That's not gonna make her happy. Kamladi with the serve across, UBC gets a point right back, maybe, although they lost that last point before now getting a kill themselves. That could be a momentum switch. We'll see if they're able to capitalize on it. Just showing how much raw energy and power they're willing to put in defensively might translate into the service line offense for them. Yeah, Worsley, Kovacs, Atea all had good points there. If they're able to take individual momentum, that can be very important. Howe trying to send it across. She's met with a double block from Passan and Robertson over the center. That's sick. That's Sitch, and she comes down with a huge kill. That is kill. sick, Jacob. That is sick. <laughs> sick from Sitch. <laughs> it was a Freudian slip, perhaps. I was so excited about how, <laughs> how amazing that kill was over the center. Uh, but not from Heppel. Surprisingly, Sitch has kind of taken over that role in the middle for this team. And we see an ace from Howe, and all of a sudden, Trinity Western is distancing themselves for and positioning themselves for the win here tonight. 19-13, six-point gap between these two teams in what could be the final set here tonight. Yeah, they haven't let themselves get overwhelmed by losing that third set. They seem to be bouncing back quite nicely. I think Howe there, that's one of the first times she's got a point for the Spartans in this set, but it hasn't really mattered because you've seen contributions from all across the lineup. Odoom has had a really nice set, I would say. Uh, she was struggling a little bit at the start, uh, but some really nice, powerful kills. Uh, Heppel also hasn't done too much, but Sitch, as we mentioned, um, one of the stalwarts with this team, uh, has done a lot this season and last season as well. Uh, she's been playing really, really well. Hillary Howe now up to 19 kills on the night. The game, the match leader, meanwhile, for the Thunderbirds, it's Gabby Atea with 12 kills leading the way. Of note, Gabby Atea does have six attack errors to go along with her 12 kills on 35 attempts, so she's hitting just 171 compared to Howe, who has had the lion's share of total attack attempts with 49 here tonight. But she's converted pretty frequently. She's hitting 245 and has been a, a consistent offensive force for her team. She's now back at the service line. She does have three aces already on the night. Also, 
the tide for the game high. Out of the timeout, Thunderbirds trying to recover and make something of this fourth set. Play will be called dead as I believe there was a net violation that hurts. against the Thunderbirds. I kind of saw it and it seemed like they almost had crossed the center line with their foot. I couldn't tell who it was. Might have been Robertson right, right around the net and barely clipped it. I just want to talk about Atea quickly. You mentioned 12 kills on the night. That is only one in this set after having six in the third. Has not been able to quite keep up the momentum that we were hoping she'd have. Great dig off the serve, which could have been an ace easily for Hillary Howe. Atea putting her body on the line. We'll see if the Thunderbirds are able to capitalize and make something of it. That's Bryn Passen. She's met with a double block. Trinity Western keeps pressuring. Nice read there by Worsley. Back row pipe, and Atea sends it too far. Unfortunate as she had such a great defensive effort earlier in that rally. Yeah, still had a smile on her face there. She was tapping her chest. She knew it was her who messed that one up, but that's really tough. It's an eight-point deficit for UBC now. Atea will come off. So 21-13. Again, it's Trinity Western against UBC. You're listening on Canada West TV or CITR 101.9. Tonight's action is brought to you by Co-op. Thunderbirds are trailing in set count two to one. Miscommunication there as Ferlin raced all the way across court. Now over the center, it's Sitch with another sick kill for her. She's dominating that middle. Yeah. Really has no opponent on the other side, it seems. UBC's fallen back into that bad habit. It comes from that miscommunication that you mentioned of having a few more free balls go over the net. You never want to see Worsley. A Worsley set being what you're giving to the Spartans. So 22-13, this four set looks all but over. Thunderbirds trying to rally. They do get a point back, but it's still an eight-point deficit for UBC very late. They only have three points to play with for their opposition to close this one out. We're going to see a couple Thunderbirds take the bench here late. Wonder if that's a strategic move for Doug Reimer. Can't imagine that those are the players. Maybe they're just tired and they need a break, so some yeah, Kayla fresh players out on the court for them. Kayla Oxlund sending in this serve. Not something you'd expect this late in the match. Oxlund <laughs> with a great knuckleball. She is very good at from the service line, similar to Furlan in a way. She often comes in as a serving specialist and proves just why there. It's not over till it's over. Thunderbirds still trailing by seven, though. 22-15 in the fourth set of action. Yeah, if Oxlund's able to continue proving me wrong, I'll be very happy about it. Oxlund sending across another pretty good serve. Be a net violation here charged against Kamladi of the Spartans. So Thunderbirds trying to get their way back into it. It actually does make head coach Ryan Hofer nervous enough to take a timeout. So Thunderbirds still trailing by six late. We have seen this exact pretty much comeback happen from the opposite side. We saw Trinity Western rally pretty late from 20 to 15. They came back to win that second set. Maybe UBC here can do the same. Yeah, it makes sense from Hofer, I'd say, on the timeout. He still did have two left now, just down to one. But I think with UBC, it becomes so tight out there. Obviously, you, you're aware of the scoreboard. You know you're three points away from losing. So you have to find a way to still let yourself go for the big shots that are going to get you uh, get you the win. You still got to be looking for hits into the corner or right down the line, turning those ones in. It's very nerve-wracking because you don't want to be the member of your team that's messing up and allowing the Spartans to get ever closer to snagging the victory. So I think Reimer has to be telling his team right now, don't be afraid. So back to serve after the timeout is still Kayla Oxland. She's been strong through her first two serves. That time Hillary Howe handles the serve cleanly. Oh, Doom! Would have had a huge kill. It clipped the top of the net, so play stays alive. Free ball sent across, though. It's worked all night for Trinity Western when they've got a free ball. Jost nearly got a hand on it by trying to actually avoid it. She was able to 
make sure the ball didn't touch her. Thunderbirds awarded another point. That's three straight. Late rally seems to be coming here from the Thunderbirds side. Yeah, a couple of mistakes there from Oduma, or at least unlucky moments. Hitting one into the net and then hitting one out of bounds. Nearly an ace as a good recollection there from the Spartans defense. Make sure the ball and rally is kept alive. But Kayla Oxen has been dynamite from the service line. That time it's Purdy sending it across. Thunderbirds are blocked big at the net. Theme of the game for the Spartans for sure. Their net presence is what really has won them, or at least put them into a winning position here tonight. They're hitting roughly the same as UBC, but it's just been pressure at the net that has kept them ever so slightly in, in the lead. Yep, and those long rally successes also helping as Heppel comes back in. Across the middle, Vermette contributing positively to her team. Big kill for her. We'll take things like that moving forward. It's now a five-point deficit. So Thunderbirds tracing, or rather trailing 23 to 18. They're going to need at least four more points to make this one uh, potentially go to some extra volleyball. Actually, check that, make that five. They do get a block here, though, from Jade Robertson over the middle. The middle has been a weak spot for them all game. An all match, but Jade Robertson trying to change their fortunes here. We will see Captain Anna Price come in. No one better, perhaps, to serve than the, the leader of this team, Anna Price. Yeah, worth mentioning that that uh, good play in the middle was done with Heppel on the court. Hasn't happened too much, but they're able to get around her that time with the block. Purdy with a smash. Unfortunate break there for the Thunderbirds as Oxlund let that one go, and it dropped right into the corner. Yeah, that was uh, full credit to Purdy on that one. That was a really nice shot, but I would tend to agree. As you see on the replay there, Thunderbird should have jumped in, not let that one go. So here we have five set points for Trinity Western, and so Doom back to serve. Sends it across, handled cleanly by Price. A bit of an over bump off the serve. Thunderbirds recollect nicely. Kara Kovacs adding to her nice night. And so we'll see here, it's gonna be Jade Robertson who's gonna have to serve really, really well. Can't allow an error to come through as that would mean Trinity Western would take the match. We'll see how safe she decides to play it or if she decides to be risky to try and get some points by herself. Jade Robertson back here to serve. Sends across a bullet, takes no hesitation in that serve. Free ball here for the Thunderbirds. That is the advantage of that high intensity approach from Robertson. They're blocked per usual tonight at the net. And ending things will be an attack error for the Thunderbirds. Kovacs, who had herself a rather good night, closes it, closes it off, unfortunately, for the Thunderbirds with a attack error. A three to one set count victory, but hard fought throughout. Oh, definitely. And I think both teams deserve some credit here tonight. A lot of good play, especially from this Thunderbird side, who's eight and eight coming in today. Definite underdogs against now a 17 and two Trinity Western side. Thunderbirds do slip below 500, but it seems like there is a lot of promise for tomorrow night and the games beyond for the Thunderbirds. Again, they are gonna have to fight late in the season for that playoff spot. So they'll come out with a new strategy from Doug Reimer tomorrow night and try and win. What are your takeaways from tonight's match? Yeah, I would definitely agree with you that looking forward for the Thunderbirds, this was a good outing. Obviously, you didn't come away with the win, but that's not always what you're looking for uh, against Trinity Western, especially when you are an 8-8, eight eight, a 500 team. I really like the play of a few players tonight. I thought Gabby Atea, of course, especially in the third set, 
when she's playing at that level, uh, the Thunderbirds can beat anybody. I think Jade Robertson was doing really, really well at the start of the game, wasn't able to keep up that momentum. And then I think Worsley as well was probably uh, my third star when it comes to the Thunderbirds. Uh, really reliable out there. Obviously, she's a libero. She's not adding many of the kills that the, the Thunderbirds were sometimes craving. But I think that sort of presence, she was never, I would say out of all of the Thunderbirds, she was getting the least flustered, uh, the least upset by what was happening on the other side of the court. She didn't seem to be afraid uh, of all of those super powerful hitters that the Spartans were putting out there. And I think on the Trinity Western side, the reason they ended up with the win here tonight None other than Hillary Howe put up 19 kills and hit 240 on the night. She had 50 total attacks, just an absolute lion's share of the offensive output. That's why I was making some mentions to Kira Van Rijk. She would often have similar stat lines at the end of games or matches for her team. But some quiet contributors that really did make a difference tonight, Cum Laude, 33 assists for oh, her, yeah. uh, an ace and 10 digs. Uh, really distributed the ball well for her team, whether it was Odum, Heppel, Purdy, uh, Sitch, or of course, Howe. I think Kamladi was the real difference maker here tonight. Yeah, definitely. We, um, we saw a lot from the Thunderbirds as well in the digging category. Really nice to see. They finished with 64 total. Beat the Spartans by, four, uh, by 15 as they had 49. Uh, we talked about before the Spartans often don't have too many digs because of the positions they put themselves in. But again, um, you see Worsley there, 23 digs. That's quite ridiculous, even for a libero in a four-set match. Uh, so she's got to be happy about that sort of thing. Um, and I think the real reason they weren't able to get that fourth set win, they committed 10 attack errors. They have been doing slowly improving the entirety of the match. And if they want to be able to beat this team, they're going to have to make sure that they limit those attack errors late in the game. They hit exactly zero in that fourth set of play. Yeah, Gabby Atea in that fourth set, she had nine total attacks. Four of those ended up as errors and only one ended up as a kill. That kind of thing, you're not able to get that momentum out of her anymore. Uh, that's really going to hurt your team. Even as, I would say, UBC was able to uh, get less out of Hillary Howe in that fourth set. Uh, at least less relatively for how well she usually plays. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Canada West Volleyball Action on both CITR 101.9 and Canada West TV. That action was brought to you by Co-op. The Trinity Western Spartans come out victorious here at War Memorial Gym, the home of the Thunderbirds, as they beat UBC 3-1 in set count. Come back in about 15, 20 minutes, and we will have more Canada West Volleyball action with both myself, Jacob Ayer, and Corey Branson alongside me, as it will be the two men's teams squaring off both of those teams. High-powered offense. That's all I need to say. You need to tune in. It's going to be worth it. We'll be back in 20. Hope to see you there. to CITR FM 101.9.
Vancouver.
for this madness you stand in such utter disgrace for the blunts that we raise praise the mother earth and what she creates motivate and still creation in our own way it's what it means to be human pursuing loose ends that can't be tied by no single computer the poetry lays in the maze of understanding we obtain new views from blazing ganja plants and other earths too will open our minds to new perspectives that we can use as tools to catch this paradox of good and evil fake it will relative and absolute revealed still dea's rage when they hear our forte the infinite rhyme styles where intellect correlates with truth the layback blunted sounds of underground heads that lounge invest the time in the knowledge of mind so brother i think it's blunt the plot yep and we can all get lost to heart we move up and down the block behind bars we give such round i walk leaving scars we are just doing it for us with the benefit of the universal trust Symbiotically, simple Simon, swinging so savagely, sumo sambi, ripping up respect to the man on the decks, and I'm just coming to cause wreck and effect who's next. Cryptic random nonsense, that's what they call it, and they'd be right. Words give birth to reality, and I may be on to something. If you don't speak, you won't be wrapped in magic, torn down, bound by what you say is what you get. I think, therefore, I am. That's enough to be. Senses confuse and take you under. They spell what's real is in your head. A reality created instead. Then one lived on the sea into its roots. Complex thought, questioning and reaction. Manifest destiny and take satisfaction. And knowing that the answer's clear, our bodily form is dear to us. Unattachment, impermanent fear. What's near is the now. So invest in the Tao. We live up and down the block behind bars. We give such ground I walk, leaving scars. We are just doing it for us with the benefit of the universal trust. Never get at the hand balancing, but I stay about the news like Adam Adam sing. Damn, it's the weekend, look at how that man sing. At the Super Bowl halftime show, get that mango ring on the hotline, make Drake do the dance for the bling. Ribs are showing, but I'm not starving. In fact, I'm starving in a sitcom about these men who's just going all in. Got me a full house, now I'm all in. Poke her face, then she slaps mine, now we're warring. What up, G? Long time, y'all been trying to shut up me. But y'all need to know, I cripple you walk like Dove C. Roll over your legs with some Dove Speed. Rapper of the year, sweet like candy. You can say I'm covered in it. That's why y'all be covered in it. We live up and down the block behind bars. We give such ground I walk, leaving scars. We are just doing it for us with the benefit of the universal trust. This is a very serious shindig announcement. The shindig finalists will be announced live on CITR at 8 a.m. on Wednesday, January 29th, just in time for the finals on Friday, January 31st at Redgate Art Society. So tune in to 101.9 FM 
or on CITR.ca at 8 a.m. on Wednesday, January 29th to find out who will be playing in the Shindig 2020 Finals. University can be challenging. Fortunately, there are resources on campus that can help you overcome any obstacle you might be facing, be it mental health, academics, finances, spirituality, sexual health, or something else. You can learn about all of these resources on campuslightbox.ca, created by UBC students for UBC students. Browse, filter, or search to find the unique path to your well-being. Campus Lightbox, your guide to well-being.
Alongside tonight by Corey Branson. If you were listening earlier, we just covered the women's volleyball matchup between Trinity Western and uh, UBC Thunderbirds, and it was the Spartans who came out victorious three to one. Here today for the men's side, it is two offensive juggernauts with two very long win streaks on the line. The Spartans currently spart uh, sporting a 14 game winning streak. The UBC Thunderbirds at 12. What do you have to anticipate with this big matchup on the line, the one and two ranked teams in Canada West. Well, I think the women's game that we saw earlier was a fantastic appetizer, but this is really the main course. You just need to look at those records. You talked about the win streaks already. Combined, these two teams are 28 and four. It would not be an overstatement to say that this could be a Canada West final preview. It almost feels like an all-star game out here with so many great players on both sides. We will be seeing Brody Hofer for the Spartans starting things off as the server. He has some ridiculous stats, as do many of the Spartans. The game starts off with a service error, and to give you some context on either CITR 101.9 or Canada West TV, we'd firstly like to remind you that tonight's action is presented to you by Co-op, but the starters for the Thunderbirds are Colton Liu, Ben Hooker the setter, Jordan Deshane the middle, Matt Neves, Michael Dalhaniuk, and libero Tyson Smith. Deshane was the one who just served across. And none other than Eric Lepke of the Spartans gets the first kill of the game. He is the main part of that Spartans offense and the best offensive powerhouse as a single unit in all of Canada West. He's hitting over 430. Yeah. At, and much of the team is, to his own credit. The other starters on the Spartan side include big middle Pierce Ashenko, who leads the league in blocks, Jesse Elser, Brody Hofer, Jackson Howe, Lepke, as previously mentioned, Captain Jacob Kern and setter De Derek Epp. And on cue, Derek Epp feeds the ball off to Pierce Ashenko, who is pretty good on offense in his own right, but Ashenko really stands out on the defensive department in blocking. He is leagues above everyone else in terms of blocks per game. I believe he has around 69 on the season, and he's nearing 1.5 blocks per set, almost a half block better than anyone else in the league. His needs misses that one. Tyson Smith had actually a really nice dig on the last point, but UBC was not able to convert that into a point. Early off here, the Spartans are up three to one. I think what you're talking about is, kind of goes back to my point of this being almost like an all-star game out there. Um, looking at the numbers for some of these players, Jackson Howe hitting 646. Doesn't get nearly as many opportunities as some of the other guys out there, but he's still second on the team in kills per set. That's an incredible statistic. There was actually a tip and a reversal of call there. So the scoreboard originally showed a 3-1 lead for Trinity Western. The officials convened and gave the point to UBC after a tip was called out of the net. It's now 2-all. But as you were saying, there's many good players on both sides. For the UBC Thunderbird side, they lead Canada Western kills per set at 12.76 and assists per set a la Ben Hooker, who has become one of the best setters in all of Canada. They're at 11.91. They're also second in hitting percentage at 3.32, aces per set at 2.4. The only area where they somewhat struggle comparatively to the Spartans is in the blocking department. They're in sixth with just over two per set. Yeah, Spartans, as we saw with the women's game, really good at blocking as they throw in a service error there. So it's not surprising that that is the one category that they managed to leap over UBC. But UBC is not a slouch in that category in their own right. Now, and for the Spartans, they are first in the conference in hitting percent. Get this, as a team, 
388, outstanding team numbers. They're first in blocks per set at 2.47 and first in service aces per set. So we're gonna see high intensity offenses here and pretty high intensity defenses as well. As you mentioned, this is a very likely uh, matchup for what could be a Canada West final. Preview here, here at War Memorial Gym today. It's a pleasure to be broadcasting alongside you, Corey. I'm Jacob Ayer. Three to four early on in favor of the Spartans as we see a service ace from Eric Lepke. Something that isn't too foreign to the veteran player of the Spartans. And it's really interesting for the Thunderbirds here to try and see if they can establish themselves here as a real competitor against Trinity Western. Statistically, you see they're quite close in a lot of different categories, but I think the general consensus around the conference is that Trinity Western is the eminent team. As we see a huge kill on a line shot there from Michael Dalhaniak. And again, if you're just tuning in, this game is more than just a regular season game. The Thunderbirds currently stand at 13 and three on the season. Meanwhile, their opponents in Trinity Western are at 15 and one both riding win streaks of greater than 10 games. The Thunderbirds at 12, and the Spartans up to 14. Someone will lose their win streak tonight. We're gonna find out who it is as these sets go on. Things are very tight here early. Thunderbirds trailing, now tied at five all, as the attack and spike off the hand of Michael Dahaniak soars into the ceiling, automatically winning his team a point. There is a lot of power coming out from both of these sides early on. They clearly don't have too many jitters. They're willing to rip it all the way across the court, down the court, wherever you're looking. Not surprising that that one careened into the ceiling early on. Sending that one across was the middle Gerard Murray. There was a potential that he may have been slightly injured, but he is playing here tonight. Meanwhile, after the service, or rather attack error on the side of the Spartans, the ball will be kept in the hands of the Thunderbirds and number 15, Murray. Yeah, that was from uh, Jacob Kern there who missed that shot. He's actually fifth in Canada West. He's hitting 314, so not common to see him throwing an error like that. Gerard Murray back to serve off the head of his own player that hit off Matt Neves and actually made its way over. That may have been a bit of a, a visual trick for those watching on TV, but that actually did not make it across. That Cer is not a legal serve. We can, <laughs> we can Definitely clarify, not. Yeah. Not allowed to use your players or the, in any way to get it across. So six all on the side out. It will be Pierceschenko with the serve. And it was a strong one that Colton Liu of the Thunderbirds couldn't handle properly. Party ball was sent back across, and Trinity Western put it right back where it came from, across the middle. Getting up really high there was Jackson Howe. Yeah, that will help his 646 hitting percentage. Not sure how much higher it can go, but. Extremely efficient, to say the least, for Jackson Howe <laughs> over the middle. Ashenko commits a service error. Second one early on here for the Spartan side. Side out gives it back to UBC. I think that goes back to what we're talking about with the power aspect. And you're not looking for much precision right now, so seeing a few service errors early on, can't say we're too surprised up here in the booth. Matt Neves, a service error of his own, trading back powerful blows are these two massively uh, loaded offenses. It's really like they're guns blazing all the time, never holding back. And we'll see if that continues, if that high intensity pace will maybe wear each other out throughout the game and they'll have to slow it down. This is the captain, Jacob Kern, serving it across. Meanwhile, Thunderbirds from the back row, Matt Neves getting it in. Now set from Epp, back row attack. It was Lepke who was slightly off of his timing. The joust at the net, momentarily won by the Thunderbirds. And then flying in through the back row was Eric Lepke. He missed his mark, so there's been two service errors and a pair of attack errors early on 
for the Spartan side. Thunderbirds holding on eight all. So much to talk about on that point. I think it was interesting. Kern did go for an off-speed serve there, something we haven't seen too much. And uh, you mentioned with that one play, uh, the one play for Lepke, he actually switched hands as he was trying to go out for the attack there. Meanwhile, this time it's won by Trinity Western as the, they get the tip off from the middle and out of play. They will have the serve and it will be in the hands of Brody Hofer, second year from Langley. And if you look at previous teams that these players have all played on, they must know each other very well. A lot of them being on the Canadian Junior National Team together or the Canada Youth National Team. Seeing some great play here early, good dig by the Thunderbirds to keep it alive. And they come away with the point. You take it where you can get it. They looked like a boxing match out there, the way they were punching the ball. But I think it was Smith who ended up getting it over. And that ended up working out for the Thunderbirds as they tie it up 9-9. Nine to nine. So 9-all, if this is a sign of anything to come, this is going to be a very long match. Hoping for nothing less up here in the broadcast booth between these two powerful teams. The set over to Lepke. UBC couldn't quite keep it in play. The, the Spartans get the wipe successfully. Lepke maybe realizing that he doesn't need to look for the backcourt, but rather for the hands of the Thunderbirds up at the net. Now serving is Jackson Howe. Sends it across Dalhaniuk. Receives it cleanly. Gerard Murray over the middle. Can't quite find the near side. Rather than punishing it right on top of the emblem, he looks for a corner and couldn't find it. Yeah, a little bit disappointing there for the Thunderbirds. That was a weak serve coming in. Looks like Dalhaniuk handled it fairly well, but not able to complete the action, get the point. You mentioned how many total matches these two teams have lost. Their actual total uh, set count loss together is the exact same amount as the third place team, which is bizarre to think. Trinity Western has only lost five sets, much less matches all season. UBC has dropped 13, Alberta has dropped 18 total sets. So these two are really elite in that category. Trinity Western with a slight advantage. Ben Hooker with the bump set to Lou, met by a big double block of Ashenko and Epp. Thunderbirds getting it through. Epp now the quick side over to Ashenko across the middle. And yep. it's really going to be a battle between Ashenko and Murray in the middle. Both huge threats. Ashenko may have the slight upper hand. Especially if Murray is still nursing a little bit of an injury. That is two straight points that Ashenko was able to get the kill. So he's feeling it early on here. That will force head coach of the Thunderbirds, Mike Hawkins, to take a timeout. It's his second season here at UBC, and he did a good job with the team last year. They were kind of in a rebuilding stage as actually at the far side of the court right now. Irvin Brar was over there. He had recently left the team along with some others, including Byron Ketarakis. Uh, last year, it took a while for them to get going, but then second half came and everything clicked for what was then the young players, Neves, Lou, Dalhaniuk. And since then, things really haven't stopped. You look at some stats there. Overall hitting percentage is an advantage of Trinity Western, 388 compared to 332. Aces are pretty much dead even. Digs are rather sim similar. It's those blocks per set that are slightly advantageous for Trinity Western. Those small numbers can be deceiving, but almost a half a block is pretty big difference. Some of the other game, the matches going on around the league here to tonight. Mount Royal is taking on Calgary. UBC Okanagan, the sister school of UBC, is taking on Thompson Rivers. Manitoba and Alberta are playing one another, and McEwen will face Winnipeg. So after that timeout, it's Jackson Howe back at the service line. Tyson Smith handling the serve cleanly. Nice cross-court attack there from Lou. It was dug out well by Lepke. Over the middle, Murray can't find open court. 
long set over to Lepke. Lepke, it's kept alive by Smith. Great dig. Back row attack for Dalhaniak. He's met by more blockers in the middle. Lou getting above the blockers this time. Can't find open court on the dink. Now it's a reverse block. Huge rally between both sides. Far side, Lepke, another block. What an ending. So much intensity out there on the court right now. Yeah, each team was really coming out firing there. Kind of a shame that it came down to what looked like a miscommunication there at the end among the Spartans as the ball just dropped between a number of them. So UBC coming away with a point after a long rally. 13 to 10, they trail by three, but they do have the serve. Ben Hooker with his left-handed serve often confuses a lot of defenses. Lepke able to get the tip by the Thunderbirds block, awarding his team back a point. They're two away from the technical here in the first. They are up 14 to 10. And I feel like I haven't been able to catch my breath since this match started. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, it's just so fast-paced, so much offense, yeah, craziness. Co Coach Ben Josephson for the Spartans has already been out, yapping at his players quite a bit here. He's got a lot to say about what's going on. So Derek Epp, the setter of the Spartans, sent across the serve. Lepke on a wicked roll shot, just misses the near corner. I, he was attempting, I think, to get the tip, but the roll shot may have been accidental, as I think he was going for more of a, a powerful and decisive blow. And sure. may have just missed his mark. I'm sure he's telling all his teammates that that was very intentionally just missed his mark, but... It wasn't the case as he wasn't awarded the point at the end of the day. Now Colton Liu, the service ace leader in Canada West, was at the baseline for the Thunderbirds. He ends up hitting into his own net and with all those aces do come a lot of service errors for Liu. So It's a bit like a game of Russian roulette out there with him. <laughs> with a lot of these players out there, really high intensity serves. They're not necessarily going for consistency, but more those aces in the books as Lepke is another prime example of the all or nothing approach. He gets the nothing on that attempt <laughs> as back-to-back -back service errors puts it back in the hands of the Thunderbirds and Gerard Murray, who usually comes with a slightly more reserved approach. Yeah, Colton Liu, he leads Canada West aces per set at .75. He struggled a bit in January actually though. Just two aces and 23 errors. That trend sort of seeming to continue with that first error that he gave us tonight. The set to Dalhaniak, good job off the dig to keep it alive, but a bit of uh, whack-a-mole it seemed out on the court as the arms were flailing for the Spartans, but they couldn't really find the volleyball. Yeah. That brings UBC closer now within two points. We'll see Gerard Murray going back there for the serve. Is wearing that knee brace tonight. So far around the league, Thompson Rivers beating Okanagan straight sets 3-0. Alberta decisively beating Manitoba by the same number, three sets to none. They are hitting the technical now. Dohaniak uh, is the victim of the wipe there on that last point. Still very close. I don't think that there has been a lead larger than this so far in this set. It is now 16-13. Both teams playing with a lot of firepower right now. We saw it a little bit a couple of times. Few servers deciding instead to go with a bit more of a finesse shot, but otherwise when they're going for kills, it's been as hard as they can down the line, into the middle of the court. Uh, but still some nice blocks that are being shown by both teams as well. I will say, it does seem UBC is getting, I don't want to call it lucky, but they're benefiting from the errors that Trinity Western has made so far. You look at kill counts, at least according to the in-house scoreboard. Ashenko, three kills. How two. Lepke, two. Meanwhile, Thunderbirds, just two total on the night. I think they've really benefited from a lot of attack errors and service errors from the other side. Uh, in Trinity Western who have made their fair share of blunders still in the lead 
thanks to their high-powered offense. But UBC is going to have to start figuring a way to get through that big block up front, whether it's the duo of Epp and uh, Ashenko, or if it's Lepke up there, they're going to have to find a way to get around them. Yeah, we talked about that the women's game, kind of a similar thing. Both Spartan squads are very good at blocking. The best. The best, yeah. In Canada West. Indeed. So it's finding the ways to get around that sort of thing. We saw the women a lot try to very lightly tap the ball sort of over the net to find those openings. I think the men, they're more inclined to still hit it very, very hard, um, but picking different spots, maybe ones that they're a bit more uncomfortable with, especially coming from the middle. So out of the technical timeout, getting things started is Pierce Oshenko with his hard serve. We see a push attempt kind of there from Michael Dahaniak. He can't find a fingertip from his opposition. Point awarded here to the Spartans. Four points separating these two teams' largest lead of the night here for the Trinity Western side. I was happy with how Tyson Smith corralled that one, but again, not quite the full ABC connection that you wanted from all three of those players. Mr. Haniak sends it long. Ashenko served this time. It seemed like he mistimed it and came up well short and really lacking a lot of power. Service error will give the ball on over to the Thunderbirds and into the game is Zek Johnson, who often comes in as a service specialist. Last season he shared a lot of the uh, setting duties with Ben Hooker. This season, his role has been mostly confined to just what he's doing now. Nick Mickleberry also came onto the court right now for the Thunderbirds, the outside hitter. Zach Johnson sends across a nice no-spin serve, and up at the net, a great block and a better dig from Trinity Western, and the Spartans end up winning. What a dig. Yeah. Lowen there came up with that. He's the libero for the team. Uh, Trinity Western doesn't play with a libero too often, but he made his mark known there, able to keep that one alive for the Spartans, and then it turns into a win. So now out on the court for the Spartans serving is Matthias Elser. He is the brother, the younger brother, that is of Jesse Elser. He's in his first year. And he's pretty much equally good to the older brother, just maybe a little less experience under his belt so far. That time he does hit it into his net. So a lot of service errors, as I mentioned, piling up here for Trinity Western, really keeping UBC in this one. Dahaniak now back there at the service line. See what he cooks up. Dahaniak is able to get the serve across cleanly. And that time, a miscommunication sends the ball up into the stands as Lowen collided with his teammate on the play. Yep. And that gives Michael Dehenik an ace. Yeah, Lowen and Brody Hofer were the two ones that collided there. Didn't seem too happy with each other, but got over that disagreement quickly. Dehenik back to serve again, hoping to replicate what he just did. Dehenik, softer approach this time, trying to catch the defense sleeping. The service reception team was having nothing from it as Lepke quickly fed the ball up front for Jackson Howe to punctuate a rather decisive rally. Yeah, Dohaniak tried to get down to grab that one, but I think that's more Tyson Smith's specialty out there. Um, Dohaniak not the most prolific digger on the team. Rempel also in the game here for the Spartans. As I mentioned, Matthias Elser's in the game. He's assumed setting duties from Derek F for the time being. I'd love to see a count of how many of these points for UBC have come off service errors. I feel like it's seven out of the 17 so far. If I get an update, I'll let you know. Still waiting on it. <laughs> Jordan DeShane sends it across. Thunderbirds just trailing two, 17 to 19. An outstretched leg doesn't prove fruitful for Michael Dahaniak, unable to keep that attack in the air. Big spike on the near side 
You see the back set there, and then finishing things off, Henry Rempel, first-year outside hitter. Hasn't been playing much recently, but with uh, hits like that, he should be getting more play time. Free ball here for Trinity Western. Quick set across over the middle. It seems that Trinity Western is starting to claw their way into a lead. That's four-point differential. Ashenko getting that last kill over the middle. Nice quick set there from Matthias Elser. I've noticed so far that Jackson Howe seems to be able to keep up these long service games for him or times at the service line. He's not throwing in as many errors as some of his teammates are. So when he ends up back there, it allows the Spartans the opportunity to go on a few of these runs. Uh, it's now 21-17, the four-point deficit. And although it's just four-point differential, even being here at War Memorial Gym, the crowd is quiet. It feels like Trinity Western just has the reins over this game, which was the opposite case of the women's game earlier where we saw it be a 2-0 set count, but it felt like UBC was in it the whole time. Here, although it's close, it feels like Trinity Western has a pretty solid hold right now. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. The points that UBC is getting, a lot of them coming off errors, as you mentioned. UBC can work with that. Uh, they can understand that they've been gifted a few of these points and see if they're able to find a bit more of their rhythm and utilize what's been gifted to them so far. But I would agree, if the trends continue as they've been going, I could see Trinity Western winning this set and opening up larger deficits come the second, third, fourth, and fifth. So after Mike Hawkins' last timeout, UBC resumes play, trying to clean things up. Colton Liu trying to find the backcourt. Allows a lot of time here for setting, but there was a mistake on a double-touch violation by setter Matthias Elser. Couldn't figure out whether he wanted to put across the setter's dump or truly set the ball. Ended up costing his team a point, and now the possession of the serve. Yeah, that was definitely a weird play. As Colton Liu definitely did not hit that one over with much force. Looked like it should have been an easy free play for the Spartans, but um, a bit of a lack of execution coming out from them. So back out on the court is Matt Neves and Ben Hooker for the Thunderbirds. Matthias Elser, long feet to Lepke across. That point will be awarded to the Spartans. It just feels like every time Lepke goes up, he's finding open court, which is astounding for the amount that he gets the ball fed to him. I yeah. mean, 433 coming into tonight, if, I, if I'm correct, it might be even higher. Yeah, you'd think you want to pinpoint your blockers, almost like attach them to them like magnets because of how high he's hitting and how good he is at finding space, but doesn't seem to be an effective strategy for UBC, whatever they're trying to do to stop him from being so successful. He also has 17 aces and blocks on the season and a hand 59 digs on the season, which is tied for most on his team. He's a true five-tool player. Thunderbirds trying to stay alive in this one. Matt Neves on the line shot gets the wipe. Yeah, that turned out to be effective there. Still within reach. Trinity Western is three points away from grabbing the set, but definitely seems like UBC, if they're able to get a few more, four, few more of those errors, pardon me, they really feel like they could steal one. I think that's a good description of what it would be if they came away with this first set. Aspen Leiter came into the game. Michael Dalhania couldn't quite get the power. Well, he got a lot of power, but it wasn't enough to send into the rafters. And then Trinity Western able to recollect after a good dig off of Lowen's chest, more or less, from Dalhaniak. And able to come away with a point, as you see there, if you're watching Canada West TV, Smith unable to pancake his hand across the ground. Now it's Lepke back there at the service line. Dangerous no matter where he is on the court. Number eight, Lepke with the jump spin. Sends it across, good dig by Smith to keep that one alive. Lepke, the feed on over, UBC awarded the point here as 
Lepke's feed seemed just a bit behind Brody Hofer. It was a bit tough to tell from up here, but I almost feel like the Spartans should have let that dig from Smith go. It might have been drifting out of bounds. Back to serve now for UBC is Gerard Murray. Murray's serve comes across with no spin, and he gets the ace. And that's a ex really great example of what can happen here. You see so many of these different plays where the players, the athletes out there on the court are using their power, trying to uh, overpower their opponents out there. But when you mix in a little bit of that finesse, it can really throw people for a loop. And it was a nice easy point there for Gerard Murray from the service line. Murray served this time much too low of an angle, goes right into his own net. Service error now, and it will be three, cha three chances at a set point here in favor of Trinity Western. And it's a Shanko back, which does not spell good news for the Thunderbirds. He's been very good from the service line in this first set of play. Definitely bodes poorly. Handled cleanly this time by Tyson Smith. Neves on the far side, able to nail it off the hands of Lepke, who immediately realized his fault in the reception, pushing his hands towards his face, and then trying to reset his team now, who just have two more to play with, unless... There might be some extra volleyball here. UBC with the serve, and it's Matt Neves back. Yeah, Urshenko did send in a really nice serve there. Tyson Smith, really good job to keep that under control. Fittingly, the first set will end with a service error. UBC bringing about its own demise, really, when Trinity Western allowed them to hang around in that one. Although it's 25-22, it really feels like it's all Trinity Western out there. UBC is going to have to come with a different approach. According to the home scoreboard, just four kills so far for UBC mostly getting their points on a lot of errors. Yeah, and that's definitely not what you want to see. Uh, you want to see more consistent offensive prowess coming out from the Thunderbirds. But I think it's worth mentioning that's not impossible. Trinity Western is a very good team, uh, and they're very good defensively as they are offensively. But for UBC, they've showed up in so many different games already this season. It doesn't take much for the switch to be flipped and for them to start, uh, especially when it comes to Dahaniuk and Neves, Lou, players like that, to start really finding their rhythm and be able to go on an offensive bend uh, that can give the Spartans problems. So I have the official stats here now. UBC actually tallied six kills, three from each Dalhaniuk and Neves. Meanwhile, the Spartans are up to 16 through that first set. They had six attack errors, which allowed UBC to stick around in it. But Trinity Western, even with all of their attack errors, were hitting 370. What really ended up costing was their seven service errors compared to just one service ace. UBC not very much better, six service errors to two aces and Trinity Western moving the ball better. I think as well, we mentioned 370 for Trinity Western and the hitting percentage. UBC was, as you may be able to guess, under 200, just about 190. We're gonna take a quick break for commercials and then we'll be right back. Full service at your local co-op means extra service at no extra cost. We'll fill your tank, clean your windshield, and get you on your way. And full service is part of why co-ops are able to provide good jobs to more than 25,000 Western Canadians. Whether it's rainy in Chilliwack, sunny in Regina, cold in Edmonton, or even colder in Winnipeg. Full service. It's a co-op thing. Hello and welcome back into Canada West Volleyball Action. I'm Jacob Ayer and alongside me tonight is Corey Branson. Thank you for tuning in on either Canada West TV or CITR 101.9. Tonight's action is brought to you by Co-op. It's the UBC Thunderbirds taking on the Trinity Western Spartans. 
And so far early on, the Spartans seem to have the upper hand. They only won the first set by three. It was 25-22, but really they they had a chokehold statistically over the Thunderbirds. Yeah, you look at some of the stats out there. Hitting percentage 370 to 190. Pearson Urshenko in particular, he's only had six total attacks so far, but made five of them. So he's sitting at a very stellar 833. Talked about service errors being the only real blemish on the record for the Spartans in total. Five different players had service errors. Jackson Howe really the only consistent server as he went out for eight attempts and did not have errors on any of them, though he did not have aces as well. It'll be interesting to see what sort of changes are made by UBC, particularly from coach Mike Hawkins, as we look to this next set. As Jacob mentioned, only six total kills came out from the Thunderbirds, and only two players had those kills. So it'll be interesting to see if some of the other players, even some of the bench players, are able to come on and provide some kind of spark so that Neves and Dohaniuk don't feel like they have to carry the entire load. Between service and attack errors, the Thunderbirds benefited from what I will title 13 free points, meaning if Trinity Western is able to, of course you can't get rid of all attack or service errors, but if they are able to limit it, UBC probably would have only put up 15 in that first set. So they're going to have to turn things around, and especially up at the uh, up at the net. They're going to have to slow down this attack. And 370, although it sounds high, that's pretty standard for Trinity Western. Yeah, that is exactly what you expect from them. So UBC is the one that needs to raise their game. So starting the second set of play, UBC trailing 1-0, similar to how the women's game started. That one ended 3-1 in favor of Trinity Western. Right away out... From the get-go in the second set, Trinity Western grabbing a quick 1-0 lead thanks to setter Derek Epp. Quick set over, and then Jackson Howe finishing the job. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Jackson Howe's play so far, as I mentioned already. Michael Dalhania handles the serve from Howe. Back row attack, an absolute Superman kill from Matt Neves, flying in from the back row. His flow drifting ever so effortlessly <laughs> in the wind and yeah. grabbing the big line shot. Painted the line with that one. And that's exactly what we could see more of from UBC, especially with the way that that can kind of energize the team. They love to see that kind of thing. Ben Hooker sending across the float serve, handled cleanly there by libero Colton Lowen. Trinity Western setting a play, long set, high up in the air. That was actually back set by Hofer, something you don't often see, and then finished off by none other than Lepke. And there was a double block that you can see on the replay there if you're watching on Canada West TV. He was able to find his way around it, took it cross court, and that's what gave Trinity Western the point as they now lead 2-1. Setter Derek Epp back to serve here. Sends that one too far, so another service error, something that kept the Thunderbirds rather close. And if they're going to continue that, Thunderbirds are just going to have to capitalize and hit just slightly better than 190 in all honesty. Yeah. If, if they keep making errors, if, if Thunderbirds are able to hit just 250 on the night, they'll end up coming up with set wins. Colton Lewis only had service errors so far. This time clips the top of the net, but does make it over, punctuating before the rally can get started. A big kill there from the captain, Jacob Kern. Yeah, I think the clipping the net there gave Trinity Western a quite a nice opportunity to deliver that kill. Lowen was a little bit thrown off by uh, how the ball bounced off of the tape, but able to turn that into a good point. Eric Lepke with an absolute blast from the service line. I think I've only seen that once here at War Memorial Gym. From a serve, off the hands, and into the roof. That means you're having great precision accuracy to throw off the defender who has 
a decent amount of time to react and so much power. Yeah, that one looked like it was dropping in if Tyson Smith didn't get his arms underneath it. So what a serve. This time Lepke missing his mark, hitting into his own net. Side out now over to UBC. So two service errors already early on here for the Spartan side. I guess it makes him feel comfortable. <laughs> Helped them win in the first set. So It's an all or nothing approach, similar to that of UBC, quite honestly. And it's worked for these two teams so far this season. Oh, definitely. Gerard Murray now serving for UBC. Much more conservative approach from the line. And barely going over, Matt Neves comes away with the point as it looks like there may have been a double touch, and I think this is what they're arguing. But if you, we see her in the replay, going up, I think it was Dalhaniuk, or rather, Deshane who touched it first. Their hands were both in the vicinity. Because if it was Neves who touched it twice, the violation would award the point to the opposition. The ref doesn't seem to be, yeah, the ref has not changed her mind. They are gonna keep that as UBC point, so they are saying that it was going off the hands of the two different players. Serve sent across another clean one. Ashenko having None of this debate <laughs> easily puts it down in front of the Thunderbirds. No one's really challenging him across the middle. Another theme that can be translated from that women's game earlier. Yeah, he looked a little bit angry after they didn't get the call on that one. So, The middles in Trinity Western are really, I mean, of course, they're outside hitters. You look at Lepke. It's the very flashy examples of why they're so brilliant. But their middles just force other teams to go to the outside, and then they guard you on the outside. So it's hard to get anything cooking. Neves feeding it to the outside. This time, Ashenko with a great dig. Big bump set there from Epp. Joust at the net, falls back onto the Spartan side. Epp, another set, near side. This time getting the kill is Brody Hofer. That was a very perfectly placed ball there. Looked like there was a little bit of confusion, especially with the Joust coming up at the net, but the Spartans able to really quickly recompose themselves and allow this cross-court winner to come through. It seems that the double block is getting, I don't know, it seems like they're getting their signals crossed when Deshane isn't going up, Neves is, and they don't have enough people to really defend. This time the serve is not handled cleanly, and that'll be an ace for Lepke. Dalhaniak couldn't reel that one in. If Trinity Western starts to figure out their serve a little bit better, if they're able to get a few more over top of the net, that can not mean good fortunes for UBC looking forward, especially if they're returning like that. Right now, UBC trailing 4-7 to seven against Trinity Western in the second set of action. They're also trailing 1-0 in set count. Another really hard serve there from Ashenko. That one, it was, that time it was collected, and Dalhaniuk gets some revenge. Comes back with a big kill off the fingertips of that double block on the far side. Yeah, nice ABA pattern there going from Dalhaniuk to Smith back to Dalhaniuk. Gets the point on the tip for the Thunderbirds, and now it'll be Neves going back to serve. A lot more point distribution so far for Trinity Western comparatively to, to that of the Thunderbirds, although they did get a good serve there. From the back row, Neves off the fingertips and clipping the ceiling. UBC awarded the point. It barely hit the ceiling, but even if it doesn't really affect the trajectory of the ball, it's enough to whistle it dead. That's definitely an interesting factor to consider in the game when you look at the ceiling of the War Memorial Gym. Some of the panels are a bit lower than the others. And especially against these two really high-powered teams. <laughs> We've already seen it three times tonight. Yep. Neves this time into his own net, gives the ball on over to the Spartans. I mean, the most I think I've ever seen in a game may very well be three. So we're well on Trying our way to break here, this folks. pace. Yeah. That is uh, Neef's third service error so far. That would be a really interesting style. I wonder if they track that anywhere. Probably not. No. It's too obscure. Maybe not in Canada West Volleyball. That time sent too far from the captain, Jacob Kern. 
point awarded to UBC. So back-to-back -back service errors, similar to that of the first set. UBC just kind of hanging around, not really doing anything to push the envelope offensively or even to push themselves into the lead, but just kind of sticking with Trinity Western as they continue to rack up points. That time, nice serve from Dalhaniak off the hands of Lowen. Near side, getting the wipe though is Hofer as he was greeted by a duo of Thunderbirds. And I guess maybe that's why they've been more hesitant on the double block. They know that Trinity Western can redirect these attacks very easily to be advantageous and kiss off defensive hands for the wipe. Yeah, when you're coming at it with so much power, there's only so much you can do to control where the ball goes on a block like that or a block attempt as the case may be. Thunderbirds that time unable to corral the serve. That'll be an ace for Trinity Western and Brady Hofer. Brody Hofer, that is. I think going back to what you talked about with UBC just sort of hanging around because Trinity Western is serving up so many errors. It's the kind of thing that's going to really bother Coach Ben Josephson. You know that he's probably, at least in the technical or maybe before then, going to have some words for his players because they should be up by a lot more. Uh, case in point, another service error. I believe that's three or four now just in the second set alone for Trinity Western. It's only 8-10. Thunderbirds sticking around. Again, doesn't feel like they should be this close. Jordan DeShane back to serve for the Thunderbirds. He's one of the veterans for this team and his calm and meticulous approach pays off as he grabs the ace, per perfectly dropping his no-spin floater into the back of the court. Yeah, a couple Spartans were caught in between two mines there, ended up choosing the wrong choice. Good to see an ace instead of all these service errors. DeShane, another float serve across, a bit of an overset, Thunderbirds can't do anything as it seemed Howe was levitating in air for about three seconds, came down with a ver nearly vertical it kill here. It almost felt on this set right here that the Thunderbirds thought it was going to go over and they'd have a free ball, but Spartans able to get another set of hands on it and that was not the case. Now Jackson Howe sending it across. Thunderbirds from the back row, it's Matt Neves, gets through a double block and under the hands of an outstretched Hofer. Good job, Matt Neves. Yeah. Again, it's been Matt Neves and Michael Dohaniak when there are kills for the Thunderbirds. Those are the two grabbing them, as it has been for much of the season. Those two, one and two in that statistic. UBC starting to pick up their hitting percentage, but unfortunately for them, so are Trinity Western. Now up to 417 on the night. Thunderbirds up to 280. The set was slightly off its mark. However, the Trinity Western Spartans have so much control on offense when it comes to actually attacking on top of their power they were able to lean back and get that one across. Yeah, and I think that speaks a lot to uh, the setters, uh, those who are hitting passes. It's not just the kills. It's not just those really aggressive attacks that are coming in um, from players like Urshenko and Howe and Lepke. It's the other smaller guys, so to speak, who are really helping out with that entire operation. Derek Epp sent across the serve for the Spartans and across the middle. That's what the Thunderbirds need to see is Gerard Murray stepping up into action. He's going to have to challenge Yushchenko all night. Shenko currently back in the game. He was sitting on the bench for a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, Gerard Murray having a great game is important, but just players outside of Neves and Dauhaniak able to get some offensive stats on the board helps out. It's Danny Aspen leader in the game now is going to serve. Danny Aspen leader in as a serve specialist. Colton Lowen, the libero able to handle it. Trinity Western corrals after the serve. Get a nice set there from Epp and then right on top of the emblem. It's a return from Ashenko as we saw Murray step up and then Ashenko retaliating right away. It's becoming evident 
why UBC is going for this go for broke strategy because when they're hitting those lighter serves that are more easily returned, Trinity Western so organized. And it looked to be a party ball, but maybe a bit overzealous was Brody Hofer hitting the net on his way up. That'll be a, a very dumb mistake for Trinity Western, which what should have been an easy point on a party ball. And again, if you were to come and watch this game and just get a, a feel of the vibe, you would think it was a five-point lead for Trinity Western. But no, UBC still just one point back. 12 to 13 UBC trailing. Epp feed to the far to the near side, that is. Hofer redeeming himself on the rally right after. I felt that one up here in the booth. That was powerful. Now just two away from the technical here in the second set. Hofer getting... It seems like UBC on defense, they don't know whether they should be, you know, stiff and really putting a big presence up as they're worried about maybe the wipe or if they should go with a more lackadaisical approach. Big kill there for Neves right away. Gives a little stare down against Hofer. I wonder if one of them said something to the other. Yeah, Dalhaniuk was particularly happy after that one. Big yell kind of coming up from him. He recognized how important that was, the big point. Matt Neves leading the Thunderbirds at the current moment. He has six kills on the night. And unfortunately for Dow, or rather for Neves, the serve, I think it was sent too far regardless, but he stepped on the line. So the serving violation gives the ball on over to the Spartans as they are chasing one before the technical. They're currently in the lead by two. Seeing Henry Rempel come back onto the court as well as Matthias Elser. Anger brother of Jesse, as we mentioned, right here before the technical, giving them some play time. Elser with the serve. Matthias, that is. Now Ben Hooker, quick set across the middle for Jordan DeShane. The set there from Lepke, something unorthodox perhaps. UBC trying to corral it. Point, however, is awarded here after some confusion to Trinity Western that should be taking us to the technical. We'll Erica. see what ends up happening. Some quick discussion here with both sides as I think UBC wanted that point. They're not gonna get it. And 16 and 13 as we go into the technical. Yeah, thoughts? Very similar feel to the first set. Trinity Western playing quite uh, recklessly, I would say. Uh, throwing a lot of different things at UBC. Sometimes it's working really well, sometimes it's not. And it feels like the Thunderbirds are holding on for dear life on a lot of these points. It feels reactionary is I think the best way to describe it. Like they're, they're not playing in a game plan of their own. They're playing in a game plan to stop Trinity Western. Yeah. And it just feels like with that approach, I don't know how they could ever take the lead. It's at best just sticking around. Yeah. And that's not gonna get you you know, set wins at the end of the day. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. Of course, this set is not over yet. It is still a three-point deficit, which may feel strange for a few of you watching or listening. But it'll be interesting to see, will the strategy be drastically changed if we go into a third set? We saw it work for the women. Gabby Atea earlier tonight was able to come out, really energize the team, provide... For the Thunderbirds. For the is. Thunderbirds, yes. Provide a lot of kills, and that helped the Thunderbirds win their sole set uh, when the women's teams were playing a couple hours ago. And I think what really makes this feel so dominated by Trinity Western is the ball movement. 22 assists compared to just 10 for UBC. They have more than doubled their opponents for assists that set up kills. So it's just like all the true offensive production is coming from one side. Yeah, when the ball is coming into the Spartans, they're ready. They're, they're happy to attack it when it's coming in against the Thunderbirds. They're still a bit nervous and panicked. So out of the technical, it's another service error. 
which will give Thunderbirds the ball. It was Matthias Elser that time hitting into his own net. Now back to serve for the Thunderbirds is Michael Dalhaniak, trailing 14-16 here. They're also down one nothing in set count. Dalhaniak sends across a great serve and racing under was Elser, but he was unable to get a hand on it to try and get it back to his side and then across. So that's an ace for Dalhaniak. We've seen so few runs from the Thunderbirds in this game. As we mentioned, they're able to really hang around by winning one point here, two points here. But it'd be interesting to see, perhaps if Dahaniak is able to get on a run here with his serve, if we can get more than a two-point run put together. And I think what's difficult about that is just the offensive power. It's not like Trinity Western ever isn't in offensively. It's going to be more about them making errors. As we see there, that attack error sent across from Henry Rempel missed its mark. It's going to be forcing errors as we're now locked at 16-all. And forcing errors can be a strategy. It's something that is perhaps part of Mike Hawkins' game plan for the Thunderbirds. Um, but it all comes down to what Dalhaniak does with these set of serves. Michael Dalhaniak sends across what looks like it should have been a full jump serve, but it missed its mark when he struck it with his hand. The curveball was sent well wide. And the service error heads on over now into the hands of Brody Hofer. And again, it's two points in a row, but not a third. That's right. I don't know if they have had three in a row. That's a really good point. Hofer now just missing on the service error. And I mean just within a matter of inches there. So now deadlocked at 17. Thunderbirds looking to take their first lead of the second set, potentially of the, the night? It's definitely possible. I don't think they ever. Yeah, I think had they've been a tied lead. a couple times, but DeShane is the one serving here. Elser and Thunderbirds will not get it as there was a tip up at the net, unfortunately, by Gerard Murray. So the ball goes back into the hands of Howe. Tyson Smith, the libero, is coming back on here again. Jackson Howe's been such a good server. Howe sends it across cleanly. Bump set, back row. Neves finding the open court. Thunderbirds. They're not falling off late in this one. That's notable. The last one, it seemed like their energy had stepped down. Neves trying to keep them in this game, along with Dalheniak and a slew of others. 18 all now. That was a really pretty play going cross court there, hitting the opposite line, not using the most power in his arsenal, but still able to find a really nice shot. Confuse the Spartans. Ben Hooker into his own net. That service error will not help the Thunderbirds. They give it back, still unable to fully grab a lead. They've had multiple ties in this game. Ball will go on over now to Derek App. There's been a series of side outs from the Spartans. I think it's up to like four or five, maybe even six in this second set that have been due to service errors. App sends across a floater, maybe noticing his team's errors. That time, Murray trying to get it through the double block. It ricocheted just barely within the boundaries of the court will not go in the Thunderbirds' favor. Spartans getting a nice break there. Yeah, that was a pretty nice block. Right up there in the middle, you can see Murray was trying to pick a particular spot, but wherever he was going, the two Spartan blockers there that got up were able to read it, direct their hands properly, and keep that one just inside the boundary. So 18 to 20, Thunderbirds trailing in the second set. They are down 1-0 in set count. Mike Hawkins takes his first of two timeouts. No, neither coach has taken a timeout up until right now, which has made the second set go a little quicker. What do you think UBC has to do to stick around, and what can Trinity Western do to push this lead? I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. 
UBC needs to find a way to reassert themselves in this game and bring in their own game plan. You said, you mentioned the fact that they're really trying to play against Trinity Western. And that's not what has helped them win all of these games so far this season. It's not what's helped them get onto this 12-game win streak. So I think they need to find their identity in this one. Maybe play for themselves rather than against an opponent. Exactly. When you play a... A mindset change. Yeah, when you play a lower-ranked team, you're not playing to just beat that team. You're playing to be as good as you can be. And I think that sort of change in attitude can really help the Thunderbirds um, as they try and bring themselves back into this one. So after the timeout, Derek Epps sends across a nice serve. Great recollection there. All credit to Ben Hooker. That ball seemed destined for no man's land. And I think the... Dalhaniak erroneously kind of received it, and then it, Hooker did a great job redirecting it back to Neves. Yeah, and I think that can be exactly what we're looking for. UBC looked very composed on that play, even though some of the shots didn't go exactly where they intended to. Aspen Leiter sends across a clean serve. Epp, quick set over the middle. Ashenko cannot find open court. Murray can't either over the middle. This time, quick set. Aspen Leiter keeps it barely alive, nearly clips the ceiling. The rally is on, folks. And really Thunderbirds nice come ball. away with it. I couldn't tell if that actually cleared net, but it, it looks like it did based off Murray's reaction. You see here going up for it, Ashenko over the middle, and indeed, oh, Murray yeah. definitely did get a hand on that one. Big block for him. A nice solo block, yeah. And that ties things up at 20. Thunderbirds still looking for that elusive first point towards the lead. Fed on over to Matthias Elser. Back set, Hooker, Neves, he's rejected. Back and forth, these two teams go. Double block there of Ashenko and Elser. The younger Elser, that is, Matthias. Really unfortunate there, because Dalhaniak got down for a really nice dig. Able to keep that play alive. Thought it might turn into something more productive for the Thunderbirds, but not able to be converted at the last. 20 to 21, UBC still trailing here in the second set. Things are looking up, though, for UBC. That time, Lepke just missing his mark. So many service errors plaguing this Trinity Western side. I mean, they would be way in the lead in both of these sets. Yeah. First set wouldn't have been close. This set would be five points in Trinity Western's favor. Trust us, folks. These are two of the best teams in the conference, <laughs> even though you're seeing this many errors come out from them. Well, I think it's just a matter of the game plan coming in, right? It's like it's the all-or-nothing approach because they know that's where they're successful, and they know the other team has really strong offense. Yeah. Joust at the net. UBC loses it momentarily. They recollect on a nice dig by Hooker. But now Trinity Western has all the time to set. Back row attempt there from Lepke is dug out. Thunderbirds get the wipe. Matt Neves off the hand of Brody Hofer up front. That's the first lead, folks, for UBC in the second set for sure, potentially all night. And it came on a quote-unquote medium-length rally. We have not seen many long ones out here tonight. And that can be almost more important than those easy quick points on a service error or a service ace. Gerard Murray sends it across on the serve. Cleanly handled by Trinity Western. That was Kern sending it across. Aspen Leiter set to Dalhaniak. A blast off the hands of Lowen. Great dig by Lowen, and that converts into a positive outcome for Trinity Western. Erica Lepke, my goodness, what a kill. Yeah, Lowen is absolutely pumped after that one, and he should be. You won't quite see it on the replay here. It was a bit too early, but the, his ability there to reel that one in, I would say we almost had our fourth ceiling hit of the game. That one got dangerously close, but didn't end up mattering. Eric Lepke flying from the back row. Such a talented athlete. He's not necessarily, I mean, he's not short. He's 6'5", but he's not the biggest <laughs> on their team. No. But he really makes 
everything count, and he just really pure raw athleticism from him, similar to Dalhaniak or Lou on the Thunderbirds side. Although there we do see a service error. Thunderbirds back with a one point lead here, 23-22. Again, you need two points to come away with a set victory. It looks like that may play a factor here in this one if things end up going the way they're currently trending. As we mentioned, so hard for UBC to grab multiple points in a row. We'll note that Zach Johnson and Nick Mickleberry have, as they did in the first set, come on here at the end. Johnson is the one serving. Bit of a specialist back there, taking his time. And it's a pretty normal deployment for those two to come on as a pair late in sets. Johnson, across, straight serve, handled there by Lowen. Quick set from App. great job by Dalhaniak to keep it alive. A falling down set and dropping it in the middle. Nick Mickleberry, two point advantage UBC, it's set point. That was quite something and it's something that we've seen so little so far uh, as Coach Josephson calls a timeout for Trinity Western as they're fighting to stay in this set. We finally saw a finesse play there. It looked like Mickleberry was gonna go off and try and pound it, but he was able to pick his spot so well. All of the Spartans dived for it, but were unable to pick it up. And now, as you mentioned, two-point lead, couple of set points. UBC's gotta be feeling good after some less than stellar play, I would say. To, to lack terminology, kind of dropping in a seed, like in a basketball sense, you know what I mean? Just placing it perfectly right in the middle of, of that defense on a very slow kind of tip shot. UBC two-point advantage, their largest lead of the game. They have three set points to play with, but this is gonna be anything but easy against Trinity Western defense. They're gonna step it up. Head coach Ben Josephson gonna make sure that this does not go 1-1 and become an even game again as home home field or home court advantage can play a role. That being said, UBC is just one in nine playing against Trinity Western at home. So they don't have particularly fond record. Home court advantage isn't much of a thing here. But an ace from Zach Johnson will end it all. One to one. Coming right out of the timeout, Johnson is fired up down on the court. And the Thunderbirds and the crowd are finally alive. Beautiful replay, you see it there. Lowen couldn't get under it, the libero. He seemed to be motioning that maybe he had some, that he got his hand under it, but to no avail. We're locked at one. Yeah, I think a lot of people wouldn't have expected that to happen, but here we are. I think you brought up a really good point with the crowd. That's the first time we've seen a big cheer come up. It was definitely helped by the players on the Thunderbirds bench who were quite hyped in their own right. I think we mentioned uh, about midway through that set that this felt like if UBC was gonna take it, it was gonna be a bit steal. But I think as we move towards the last few points, UBC's players were coming into their own a lot more. We saw some kills, we saw some aces, we really saw their offensive play getting them the points as opposed to benefiting from the errors that Trinity Western was putting out. So hopefully, they're able to continue that trend now, tied 1-1. Um, they've hopefully found their identity a little bit more, as we were talking about. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out in the third set, and as well looking at the Spartans, they're now facing a little bit of adversity. As we mentioned, they've only lost five sets all year. This is not a place that they're very comfortable in, they're very familiar with. So it'll be interesting to see what Coach Josephson has them do as they try to find a way to get the next two sets and forget about the memories of this last second set. So UBC nodding things up at one here. These two high-powered offenses have not disappointed, but UBC really coming into form late in that second set of action before it seemed, as I had stated, they were reactionary, I think, is a good word to describe it. But it seemed like they really took advantage of 
those errors that Trini Western kept making, and they had created game plans that revolved around their offense rather than the offense of Trinity Western. I think that's definitely a really good point. Looking at some of the numbers, Urshenko's numbers have dipped a little bit in hitting percentage. He was hitting that 833 after the first set, you might remember. He's now down to only a 385. Only. Uh, only. Uh, Jackson Howe, though, has stepped up in his absence. He's hitting 857. Hofer's 333. Lepke's 333. Every other Spartan, though, is hitting zeros. So it's those four that are primarily taking the charge for the Spartans. When you look at the Thunderbirds instead, um, very similar with Neves and Dauhaniak carrying much of the load. Neves is hitting 600 right now. With uh, 15 kills, mind you. 10 kills. Or 10 kills, 50, but on 15 attacks. Yeah. I mean, the efficiency is ridiculous. Then you look at the other side, similar efficiency from someone like Howe, who on seven attacks has six kills. I mean, hyper, hyper efficient. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, no, that's very, very good. In terms of assists, it's actually pretty close right now. Epp is sitting at 33, Hooker's at 28. But the service errors is where it really stands out to me. Not that the Thunderbirds are doing fantastic, but their ratio is much better. They have five service uh, aces compared to 10 errors, which in most cases wouldn't be great given the nature of this game and their two offenses. It was an approach I think both coaches set, but it's really not working right now for Trinity Western. Four aces, 15 service errors. That's what came back to haunt them in that second set. Yeah, and I honestly think, as I said after the first set, somebody like Howe, who has not put out an ace, but has yet to put out an error as well, that's so valuable for him. You look at somebody like uh, Eschenko, who does have an ace, but he has two errors. Hofer has an ace with four errors. Lepke has the most aces with two, but three errors on top of that. This go-for-broke strategy for the Spartans, though it may have worked in the first set, clearly isn't paying the dividends that they expected. And something that also is kind of shocking to me, really, is Trinity Western, they have two blocks. They are the best team in conference in blocking. Meanwhile, the Thunderbirds, they have four. Neither exceptional numbers, but for the Thunderbirds to be doubling Trinity Western, I know they're low numbers, but still, to have a significantly, you know, higher percentage of blocks compared to the best blocking team, that's showing something. They're throwing Trinity Western off. Yeah, no, I think if that trend can continue, even if the numbers stay relatively low, that's something that UBC will get a few points off of and it'll really help them. In terms of kills, Trinity Western is still leading by quite a large margin. The total is now 29 to 16. It's still only Thunderbird, uh, four Thunderbirds that have kills. Neves and Dauhaniak, as we mentioned. Micklebury had that very, very important one at the end of the second set, and Murray as well had one, though he has had a couple attack errors to go along with it. And we're just about 30 seconds away here from the third set of action. Jacob Ayer and Corey Branson bringing you this edition of Canada West Volleyball on both Canada West TV and CITR 101.9. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Tonight's events are brought to you by Co-op. If you missed the earlier matchup between the two women's sides for Trinity Western and UBC, it were the Spartans of Trinity Western who came out victorious. Three to one set count victory here tonight for the men's sides. The one and two ranked teams, Trinity Western 15 and one, UBC 13 and three, dead locked at one apiece. I can't say I'm surprised. Right off the get go, things were very back and forth. They were locked at five in that first set and just seemed like neither team wanted to give way. And right when the Spartans seemed to be getting control, UBC flipped a switch and took that second set. We'll see who wins in the third. We are underway here as the libero, Derek Epps sends it across for the Spartans. UBC kind of confused up near the net. The joust is won by the Spartans. 
as Dalhaniuk surprisingly getting out muscled out the net. Usually he's a pretty strong force. Yeah, definitely a little bit of confusion there, as you mentioned, with the joust. Derek Epp going back to serve, and it's something that I think we're going to keep looking at here. Epp, no aces, two errors so far. I wonder if that's going through his head. I wonder if that's something that's uh, going to potentially be taking away from the power of his serves, or if he's going to continue to go for broke. Derek Epp clipping the top of the net that time. The set back to Dalhania goes cross-court. Lepke finds his footing, sends a missile off the hands of Aspen Leiter. I'm surprised he even got under that. Yeah, Aspen Leiter, full credit for trying on that one, but there's not too much you can do. What do you think, how, how fast was that in kilometers? I, 100? Yeah, I would say 100 kilometers an hour. Crazy. Craziness. Playing tennis out here. Derek Epp now with a 2-0 lead for his side. Sends it across in this third set of action. Quick set to Shane doing his best Lepke impression. <laughs> Someone seemed to clip, I believe it was actually the side foam post, but not the net. If you saw that net rattle, UBC coming out victorious here after a joust at the net. Yeah, that was <laughs> very impressive. Uh, the sort of return that you got from the Spartans, but it is the joust that ends up giving the point to UBC as it bounces off the antenna. So the fastest ever recorded volleyball serve is at 119 kilometers per hour. So I would say about 100 is pretty, pretty fair judgment of how hard Lepke's hitting So that's it. a serve, not a hit? A serve, not a hit. Okay. Serves come in a little harder, right? Yeah. So I'm saying on a, on a really powerful spike, it could be around 100. Might be just below, maybe 90. But 100 isn't unimaginable for no, Lepke. Definitely. Jacob Kern was the one who got that kill there. Putting Trinity Western up 3-1 to one now. So 3-1 Trinity Western talking about speed off of serves. Eric Lepke tattooing the face of poor Danny Aspenleiter. He has been at the receiving end of two very strong uh, deliveries from Lepke over the last three rallies. Yeah, he is feeling it right now. He has a lot of firepower in that arm and he's putting it all to good use. Again, Aspenleiter finally able to handle it. Maybe learning from his past mistakes, but unfortunately Murray over the middle cannot find the court. Bit ironic considering his positioning was dead center. Yeah, that ball is dead set for Aspen Leader right now coming off of Lepke's arm. He's going straight down the middle, trying to find him using as much power as possible. That time it was nice to see a bit coming back. I'm pulling out my imaginary radar gun and it does read 100. That time the ball nearly clipping the ceiling. Aspen Leader is learning how to handle these serves. The huge left-handed swing from Gerard Murray over the middle puts the Thunderbirds up to two now. They're just trailing by three. I think that one actually came in from Ben Hooker That's here. why it was lefty. I was like, <laughs> how did Murray do that? That still, makes a lot more sense. Still so impressive the way he was spinning his body there as he came in to hit it. Now he's going back to the service line. See if he can capitalize on that momentum he just earned for himself. Hooker sends it across. Epp, the serve from the back court. Lepke really hitting his stride here in set three. He wants nothing to do with that second set. Yeah, I... It's I'm hard to describe how above everyone he looks right yes, now. Yes, I apologize to our radio listeners who can't actually watch this. It's pretty astounding. It's beating the frame rate of our cameras. <laughs> it's probably true. Ashenko sends across the serve that time, and over the middle, the joust wasn't really much of a joust, but actually... It was a ball handling violation. It looked to be a point, and I think Trinity Western all thought it was a point, thanks to what looked like a Jackson Howe kill, 
But they said he got under it and kind of palmed the well, ball. Well, yeah, he came up for it almost as if he was about to set and then realized at the last second he could just punish it over. But the way he came about it, did touch his palms, was a ball handling violation. Dalhaniak, a smash across, handled cleanly by Trinity Western. Jackson Howe is having nothing to do with any more violations this time. Gets the point after the tip. That's actually a couple times that I would say the Spartans have made a mistake or had errors here where the very next play, whoever had the error is able to redeem himself. And, and you know what? It feels like in this third set, they're starting to cut back on the errors and it doesn't. That worries, that, would, that should worry UBC fans and players. As they're becoming a lot more consistent, their blocks are better, they get another one there. Yeah, The I point was actually awarded to UBC as I think that one got through the block. Yeah, it did end up hitting the net on the opposite side here. Um, but it does feel like Trinity Western is cleaning up their game to some degree. We'll see if that's able to translate into the service line. Yeah, the service errors have disappeared. Murray sends across a float serve. Epp, great set to Jackson Howe over the middle. It's been the Howe and Lepke show in this third set of action. Yeah, that one was really, really pretty. Put in right in the wheelhouse able to get it right at the apex of his jump. I mean, the stats, if you just look at them, you think Trinity Western would be way ahead in this one, but it's we're still knotted up at one set apiece. It's 5-8, UBC's trailing and they're sticking around. I mean, 30 assists to 17, 362 hitting to 255. Uh, 11, the, the area where they're negatively in front is attack errors, it's 11 to six, but they have 32 kills compared to 18. But it was the old ugly nemesis there that came up to bite Trinity Western and now came up to bite UBC, the service error. I believe for Trinity Western, that was their first of the set so far. So that the last one coming in from the Thunderbirds, Matt Neve sending the service error across. It's Jackson Howe now with the floater. So reliable out there on the serve as we keep talking about. Double block there by Epp and Ashenko near side. Aspen Lider can't get it across. Everyone's getting blocked by the Thunderbirds, so why not let the setter do the job? <laughs> ben Hooker, as he's been known to in the past, a great offensive weapon, comes across the middle. That big left hand, we saw it earlier in this set. That is a couple times, as you mentioned. He's able to get so much power on it, very sneaky for a setter, something you might not be expecting as a Spartan, but a couple of times it's really paid off for UBC as they're down by three. It's been a bit of a trend here at UBC to have offensive weapons and setters as the late great, as the last setter, Byron Ketarakis, was very strong and often would be on the offensive front as well. Yes, late great does not mean he's dead. He is still alive and well, just to be clear. Yes, he's very good. Actually, he's playing overseas now. Oh, yeah. I think he's in Spain, Italy. I don't know. One of those professional leagues. That time handled there by Tyson Smith. Matt Neves across. Big kill there for the Thunderbirds. Again, we haven't seen a long rally yet in this set. In both the first and the second set, we saw, I would say, one each. The winner of each of those long rallies went on to win the set. Not sure if there's an equivalence there, but I think that the motivation that comes from winning one of those battles can really help a team. Right now, Matt Neves up into double digits and kills as the Thunderbirds let a joust drop on their side. So the point will be awarded to Trinity Western. Neves actually 11 kills on the night now for his side. Lepke mirroring him with 11 of his own. Lepke, a consistent, always around 400 plus. He's hitting 444 on the night. Neves, though, surprisingly high, hitting over 580. Well, Neves, I believe it's in the new year. He hasn't hit below 400. 
or maybe it was just only once that he's come out, but he's been playing, he's been hitting a lot of kills as per usual, but he's able as well uh, to make sure that he's keeping those numbers high. Yeah, over 470 in both matches last So is it, is it fair to say there may be a, a Lepke 2.0? <laughs> we'll see, I, I think it's pretty hard to be that good. That time, it was the captain, Jacob Kern, sending across a blast. Matt Neves getting it through, and you really had to be watching close to see how that one made it under the defender's block. Yeah, that one was coming at quite a downward uh, trajectory out of Neves' hand. That's the way he's able to get it around that block. Two-point deficit here for UBC. Feels similar, hanging around. We'll see if the, it'll be more like the first or the second set for UBC when around the technical they really started to separate themselves. Now it's 10 to 11, Neves another point there off the block. Yeah, that was really nice to see him get up there, contribute in multiple different ways. Spartans weren't able to handle it. Hooker, who's had a really good set, is now going back to the service line again. And we talked about the fact that UBC having a lot of trouble getting runs going. Maybe he can come off his serve. Hooker sends across a clean serve. Ep, the quick set there to Ashenko. Great save there by Smith. Flying through the air like Superman to get the dig. And then Ashenko pummeling and pounding and making sure the Thunderbirds pay for not guarding him tighter over the middle. Yeah, that was a great play by Smith, but Dauhaniak only able to push it over the net there. Gave a free ball to the Spartans, and they're going to capitalize on those more times than not as they reassert their two-point lead here. Pierce Ashenko, the six foot eight, fifth year from Banff, back at the service line. He clips the top of the net and it does not go over. So the, another service error for him and the Spartan side. Yeah, Ershenko's, Ershenko's third service error so far in the game. Spartans have cleaned that up a little bit here in the third set, but it's still sneaking into their game every once in a while. Back at the service line now for the Thunderbirds, Dalhaniak gets across his very hard serve and how actually managed to get that one across after he had already completed about three quarters of his leap. On the way down, if you're watching on Canada West, you can see how the feed from Ep comes and as he's actually quite physically, you can see him coming down from the apex of his jump, still manages to get it across because he gets up so high. Yeah, that was a really good serve from Dalhaniak. Unfortunate that the Thunderbirds weren't able to get a bit more Mismanagement from the Spartans. Jacob Kern that time, again, another service error, allowing the Thunderbirds to stick around 12 to 13. So two straight side outs, last pass two for the Trinity Western Spartans rather, have been be due to the service error. That gives Gerard Murray, who's been pretty consistent from the service line, an opportunity here for the T-Birds. Murray sends across a clean serve. Ep, quick feet to Howe, off the heads of DeShane and Aspenlier looked like it rattled around between their shoulders and heads for a while. Howe continues to make play after play in this set, the way he's able to get up. And as you mentioned earlier on, he was able to hit one that was not in a good point in his jump as he was sort of falling down. His this ability to wrap his hand around the ball no matter where it is in relation to his body. How nice plays. How is hitting over 700. And there's another service error. That time that one came across from Brody Hofer, you wonder if it's a bit of a mental slip up here. They're usually not bad at all from the service line uh, to this degree. They're usually quite good, in fact. Yeah, I think it goes back to a point that you made earlier. The, there's a respect uh, shared by both teams. Uh, looking at the other teams, uh, those that pass, those that set, and those that hit. They don't want to give the other team that many opportunities to be able to tee off on them, so that's why the serves 
If they're not going out, they're getting very close to the line most of the time. I think that is a good way of putting a mutual respect for each other's high-powered offense. So we saw a close call there, just missing for the Thunderbirds. That will go in favor of Trinity Western and take us into the technical here in this third set. So no matter what, we are getting four sets of action here tonight for the men's side. The women's side ended up terminating at the fourth set, three to one in favor of Trinity Western. Right now, Trinity Western does have a three-point advantage in this third set of action, but UBC has been constantly sticking around, and it seems like there's still pretty good chance they may be able to take this third if they're able to capitalize on some Spartan errors. Yeah, well, we saw right there three consecutive service errors when it was uh, in the court of the Spartans. So if they're able to continue getting those easy points, anything is definitely possible. Still continues to mostly be the Neves and Dauhaniuk show. It has been the setter, Ben Hooker, who got a couple of really nice kills in this set, uh, but not much else coming from other areas of the court. Neves and Dauhaniuk have continued to carry the load here. Can't ask too much of them going forward as they are doing so much. Neves up at 11 kills at our last count. Yeah, I believe Neves still right around there. Some of the statistics haven't been updated for quite the current score. They were for earlier in the third set. But I think Neves was around 11 kills as we last checked. He's still hitting, yeah, right around that 580 mark. Lepke climbing the charts for his team. But Howe's consistency in the front has just been ridiculous for his team. And that's, that's why they've been able to maintain this lead, even though they're committing all these errors. Yeah, I think he's been the best Spartan tonight by far. By far might be an overstatement. <laughs> Lepke hasn't been bad. Okay, yes, that's very true. <laughs> Nor has Ashenko. But Ashenko did cool off since the first set, I will say. Yeah. We well, see it, a big block there goes in favor of UBC. Yeah, the reason I'm a big fan of what Howe is doing tonight is he's able, we see it with his hitting percentage, it's over 700. He's e able to have so many impactful plays without making these silly errors, without going for broke. He's so controlled. Aspen Leiter sends across the serve. Thunderbirds trailing by two. I think Neves was pretty amazed he got that dig in the first place, but it wasn't controlled enough for the Thunderbirds to do much with it. Tyson Smith trying as hard as he can, nearly careening into the scores table down there. He's been laying his body out as a little barrel, as he should be. So back to serve now is Derek Epp for the Spartans. If you're tuning in on CITR 101.9 or Canada West TV, tonight's action is brought to you by Co-op. I'm Jacob Aaron, alongside me is Corey Branson. Thunderbirds are currently trailing. Make it four now after a big block by Ashenko in this third set of play. The two teams, it's UBC Thunderbirds and the Trinity Western Spartans, are tied at one set apiece. We will go into a timeout now with head coach Mike Hawkins trying to corral his team to find a bit of a a rallying point late in this third set of play. Agreed, uh, Ashenko and Lepke going up for that block there that really gave them some momentum going into this timeout. Bis bit disappointing earlier in the point rather. Um, a fairly weak serve coming in from the Spartans. Not able to be done much with by UBC. Uh, Hooker eventually ended up passing it over the net sort of and giving that free opportunity up to the Spartans. Someone who's really struggling tonight that you can notice from the service line is for number five on the Trinity Western side. He hasn't necessarily had that much of an impact offensively. He has five kills along with three attack errors, but six service errors have really put a blemish on his stat line tonight. And for as great as Lepke has been, he's hitting 421, 11 kills. He also has 
four service errors. He does have three aces, so it's more balanced for him. But Hofer's had a really rough go of it. Shenko also with three, and then both Kern and Epp, and as well as uh, Matthias Elser with two apiece. Epp now back at the service line. Sends it across, cleanly handled by Dalhaniak. Over the middle, DeShane looking for a fingertip. He doesn't get it. 14 to 19, Thunderbirds now trailing by five in what seemed to be a Thunderbird lead that grew late in the second set of play. Seems to be a role reversal here with Trinity Western slowly, I don't know, clawing away due to perhaps mental exhaustion from their opponents. Yeah, largest lead we've seen for the Spartans in quite some time. BBC not able to get as many cheap points, but <laughs> as I say that. On cue, we see another service error, which is Third you know, for on, now. It's, it's on theme with what's been going on tonight for the Trinity Western side. That makes it 21. So a lot of service errors for their side. Just 12 for the Thunderbirds. Not that that's, you know, anything to toot your horn about. Near side. Lepke, huge kill. 15 to 20. Thunderbirds trailing five late in this third set of action. That one honestly looked like one of the lower power ones we'd seen from Lepke. Lepke, rather. And it still blazed off of his hands. Service now goes to him. Lepke clips his tape, another service error. It's becoming part of my uh, regular jargon at this point when the, when the uh, Spartans go to the service line. Service error, That's service error. 22 now? Yep. One time I commentated a game with Jake. You know, it was the Thunderbirds taking on one of their Canada West opponents regular season. We tallied it at the end, the two teams, 56 service errors. It was a slow pace. Er, it just felt like it wasn't a volleyball match because of all the service errors. This time we see uh, Trinity Western going back, adding another one to their uh, point tally in this third set. Coming from Pierce Ashenko that time. Just as that one was, a lot, a lot of short rallies. It feels like one mistake that can come out can lead to the other team immediately being able to capitalize with their offense. That's why we aren't seeing any extended points. Matthias Elser back to serve. Smashes it across. Dalhania could not handle that serve cleanly. It won't go down as a service error or a service reception error, but it really allowed Trinity Western to set up a play. And they are, their lead is growing. It's up to six, and they're needing just three more for this third set victory. Second timeout now taken by Mike Hawkins. UBC seems to be really slipping their energy and their confidence Nowhere to be found late in this third set. They really are. It's being sapped by the Spartans. I think you can see as UBC starts to lose it a little bit, Spartans are starting to feel themselves a little bit more. I think the distribution point recently has been really well hit on by the Spartans. They're still getting kills from a lot of their different players. And that really matters in a lot of different ways. One thing to really think of is the, the reason uh, or the aspect, I guess, of Trinity Western being able to move the ball around. They're able to fake a lot of their spikes coming out uh, and throw different players at the ball as we saw Jacob Kern get that last kill. For the Spartans on defense, when they know it's almost always going to be coming from Neves and Tauhaniuk, they're able to put themselves in better position, better handle those attacks that are coming in outside of those two that came from Hooker or maybe the one that came from Mickleberry at the end of the second set. There's very little surprise in UBC's game. Uh, that makes them very one-dimensional. And for the Spartans on defense, uh, a team that doesn't get a lot of digs and uh, is fairly good at blocks, uh, it gives them a bit of a leg up. And I think I realize why Trinity Western is still continuing their heavy approach at the service line. 
I think it's because they know they're so consistent in the field of play. They're hitting 425 as a team. So why not take some risk, get easy points for yourself here. Yeah, you'll give a couple free points to the opposition, whatever. What if, you're hitting, if you're hitting 425 from the field, I mean, compared to your opposition who's right around 250, you're still gonna grab the win. And I think that's the approach that they came into the game with and, and they know how consistent they are. That's why they're still winning. Confusion up at the net as it should have been a joust, but then there was kind of a, a leapfrog effect where one team was jumping, then the other one would jump. Point eventually awarded to UBC. It looked like UBC, I think it will stand with UBC. There's quick discussion here between Dalhania, because it seemed like originally awarded UBC quickly overturned to Trinity Western. And right now the ball is in the hands of number 15, Jacob Kern. Dalhania getting rather upset about that last call and Mike, Hawking, Mike Hawkins wanting some clarification. If this stands, it'll be 17 to 23 advantage Trinity Western. If this stands, Big ups to Lowe and the libero on that one. Dauhania hit a hammer of a serve that he was able to corral. So it does stand indeed. UBC now trailing still by six. Neves can't quite drop it in. Epp is there. The set, there was a hesitation move. Thunderbirds and Matt Neves giving the big block and the uh, arms crossed signal <laughs> to mention. Throwing up Jez Bryant, yeah. <laughs> to mention just how strong he is out there. You can see on the replay watching Canada West. I love volleyball celebrations, they're great. They range from very mild and humble to a little over the top and rather cocky. That time over the middle, the joust is won again here by the Spartans. Derek Epp, that time taking the lead and advantage over Thunderbirds. He was one-on-one -on -one there with Danny Aspenleiter and outmatched him. Now six set points here for yeah. the Spartans. I really feel like Aspen Leiter should have taken his time more with that one. He went up, tried to finish the point quickly, could have relaxed, set up UBC for something easier through Neves or Dahaniak. And that's how that'll end. The third set, it's an ace for Trinity Western, 18 to 25, and I feel like this set count was pretty representative of how the first and third sets should have ended, I think. It, this, it felt like the second set has been an outlier where UBC truly did deserve that set victory. But the first one, in my, in my humble opinion, it was 22-25, really should have been more about 18-25 like we just saw. Yeah, and I think UBC came out in the third set here. Even though Trinity Western did stake themselves to a fair lead, I think it was 7-3 at one point, UBC felt like they were playing with confidence and felt like they were playing with passion, but it wasn't being rewarded. Trinity Western was still coming out to that lead, and so for UBC, they felt a little bit demoralized when they saw that even though they were bringing all of this energy, they weren't getting the points on the board. We're gonna take a quick break for commercials, then we'll be right back. Full service at your local co-op means extra service at no extra cost. We'll fill your tank, clean your windshield, and get you on your way. And full service is part of why co-ops are able to provide good jobs to more than 25,000 Western Canadians. Whether it's rainy in Chilliwack, sunny in Regina, cold in Edmonton, or even colder in Winnipeg, full service, it's a co-op thing. Hello and welcome back into Canada West Volleyball Action. Jacob Ayer and Corey Branson still at the mics here, 
to present to you all some great volleyball between the UBC Thunderbirds and the Trinity Western Spartans. We called the women's game earlier. That was a 3-1 victory for Trinity Western. Things seem to be currently trending towards a similar outcome here tonight. 2-1 to Trinity Western on the men's side as they came away with the, the most dominant set count win so far, 25-18. to Tonight's action is presented to you by Co-op. And Corey, looking at what's happened in across the three sets, seems set one, Thunderbirds stuck around mostly due to Trinity Western errors. Set two, Thunderbirds really did have an authentic, you know, offensive approach where they seem to get the best of Trinity Western, especially in that second half. But then in the third, I, I don't know what they're gonna do come the fourth set. What did you see from them in the third and where did they fall short and where did Trinity Western step up? Yeah, for what it's worth, I would like to bring up the fact that after the first set, we were thinking the same thing. How is UBC gonna be able to bounce back from this? And they did. As you mentioned, second half of the second set, they really came into their own, were really able to put a lot of points together. I would still stick with what I've been saying for a while now, try and find some more offensive variety um, instead of just giving it to Neves and Dauhaniak every single time and letting them try and find ways through a very good blocking team in Trinity Western. I think mixing it up a little bit, we've seen a lot more of Aspen Leader on the court uh, than we may have been expecting. Maybe try to incorporate him a little bit, even though he is a serving specialist for the most part. I think the only way that you're going to be able to get around Trinity Western, who is so comfortable in their game plan, is to throw something different, throw some curveballs out at them. Um, and it's going to be difficult to say which player that is going to come through. I think Colton Liu is somebody that I'd really love to see more of. Uh, yeah, he's been uncharacteristically silent tonight. For Matt Neves, 12 kills, Dalhaniak, 6. And you know, Lou hasn't actually been out there for a while. I wonder if he's just not feeling himself or he asked to be, you know, if the coach thought he might need to sit out. He didn't record a kill on five attempts. He did have a pair of assists, but two service errors. So things not really going well for him in the new year so far. Yeah, that is. those would be his 24th and 25th service errors of the new year against two aces. Not the kind of ratio you expect from the Canada West leader. Meanwhile there's, meanwhile, there's not a single player outside of Gerard Murray or Ben Hooker, who only have two kills apiece, that are anywhere near Dalhaniak and Neves. Dalhaniak, six kills, Neves, 12. Mickleberry has one. No one else is even on the board. It's like, like you said, they just know who the ball is coming from. Yeah, and you compare that to Trinity Western, at least 10 kills from Ashenko, Howe, and Lepke right now. And then you add in Hofer, who has five of his own, along with Kern. They have a lot of different... Offensive weapons. So start starting things off in the fourth set of play. UBC does need to get two straight sets to pull off a victory here. They are trailing in set count two to one. They send the ball too far beyond the baseline and commit a service error right off the bat. Ball fed back to Dalhaniak. Pummels it into the center of that Trinity Western defense under the hands of Jackson Howe. Howe now sitting as one of only three Spartans without a serving error so far in the game. Just him, Lowen, and Rempel at the moment. Ben Hooker with the left-handed serve. Quick feed from Epp over the middle to Ashenko. Seems like he froze that defense. And is it just me, or is the crowd a little quieter here right now? Oh, definitely. The crowd needs to see something, because at the moment, this looks like it's going to be same old, same old for both teams. Trinity Western able to get just a couple more points. They're so organized on offense and they're able to come at you from so many different directions. Matt Neves, an absolute blast off the hands of Lepke. Cross court, maybe that's one of those 
momentum-defining moments that Thunderbirds can pick up on. The replay there, you see how hard that came in. Ricocheted all the way past uh, Matt Neves' head, even, full, even though he sent it cross-court. Full credit to Neves and Alhania. Playing great, staying energized whenever they're making those big plays, but they have not been able to find that momentum as Dalhaniak hits another service error. Epp making sure his height did not become a factor in that. Did not want any part of that service. He saw it going wide, threw himself under the net to make sure he wouldn't touch it. Lepke going back five service errors for him already. It's been a bit of a struggle for a lot of Spartans tonight on the service line. Does get that one across cleanly, but the Thunderbirds able to corral it, and Jordan DeShane gets a kill for his team as we see Gerard Murray come in for Tyson Smith here. And that's what we need to see. That is Jordan DeShane's first kill of the night. You're not happy that it's coming in the fourth set, but you are happy that you're finally able to get on the board with one of your secondary attacking players. DeShane has served much too low, uncharacteristic of the very consistent veteran. Give the ball on over to Pierce Ashenko of the Spartans. And it's always a problem when Ashenko has the ball from the service line, as he has really been dominant here tonight, whether it's at the net or from the baseline. Jordan DeShane, generally, he's hitting 410 this year. There's absolutely no reason he should be having just one kill at this point in the match. And we see Ashenko really botch that serve. And the same can be said for Lou. I mean, Lou's had a great season, more or less. He's had his ups and downs, but it seems that he's really in the midst of a big down right now, and it's just affecting his mental game. Still not out there as Danny Aspenleiter has really picked up the role for Lou. As Neves thought he had an ace, it is another service error, although that one was a lot closer than the last couple we saw. Maybe this will break that record that I was talking about earlier for total service errors. We are getting up there. 20, I think it's about 25 and 14 now. Won't probably get quite that high. Kill here for Gerard Murray over the middle. Gets off the hands of two different Spartans. Good work from the Thunderbirds there. Being able to control the ball after it did tip off the net. There's a little bit of confusion, but the reaction time was good enough to be able to reel that one in. Get a nice kill for Murray. Danny Aspenleiter back to serve here for UBC. Things are knotted up at five in this fourth set of action. Trinity Western is leading this volleyball match two sets to one. And that is a perfect example right there of why you've been seeing so many meaty serves coming out from both sides. Aspenleiter took a little bit off of that one, and it was easy for the Spartans to come across it, get an easy kill, and take back control. 5-6, Spartans commit another service error, giving the ball right back here to UBC. Back at six all, going back to the service line now is Gerard Murray. Murray been more or less kind of quiet too. Was hoping, I think a lot of Thunderbird fans were hoping that he'd have a big night. In fact, he only has two kills, sitting minus 100 and really, he only has three, I mean he has three blocks, which is good, but that's the only facet he's really been contributing in all night, just one ace to go along with a pair of service errors. Absolute monstrous block there. It was the combination of Howe and Lepke who went up and denied it. Point will be awarded here to UBC off the wipe. So although they got up, they couldn't keep it in the field of play. That will give the ball right back here to Gerard Murray. Point awarded here to Trinity Western after the serve was sent into the net. 
It's been a lot of service errors picking up here, reminiscent of that first set of action. Yeah, we're running out of ways to describe these with uh, interest. <laughs> Not a lot of things you can say about 30 service errors. 30 plus, it's actually nearing 40 now at this point. Jordan DeShane over the middle, able to get the kill for his team, his second on the night. UBC is leading now, they are up 8-7 in this set. Maybe it can be a DeShane offensive emergence that'll help them. As we were talking about service errors, there's another one that time from Ben Hooker. Some players who usually are not seeing them from, it seems like there's this virus out on the court that has infected nearly everyone. The only person that's really evaded so far is Jackson Howe. Derek Epp back to serve, sends across a floater. Delhenia candles it cleanly. DeShane over the middle, and all of a sudden, DeShane has awoken from the dead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good to see. We were talking. We need some secondary scoring behind Neves and Delhenia. He looks like he's trying to provide that spark. Another example, Epp, I think, conscious of his service errors, taking that one in fairly lightly, and UBC able to crank it in response. 9-8 to eight, UBC with the lead. Small, albeit. This time, serve somewhat cleanly handled. Lepke not able to get it past the double block. It looked like he was intentionally going for the wipe, but he couldn't get it. UBC angling their hand, so it just landed on that uh, sideline. Yeah, not exactly what you usually think of when you talk about painting the line, but for, then, for the Thunderbirds in that moment, it worked out quite well. Pushes the Thunderbird lead up to two. It's 10-8 now, UBC. Michael Dehaniak of the Thunderbirds still serving. Back set here for Lepke. One-on-one -on -one with Aspen Leiter. He's been dominating that matchup all night. Not really fair for Aspen Leiter, who, you know, sees a medium amount of playtime against likely the best offensive player Canada West has seen on the male circuit for a couple years, probably since Irvin Brar, who's up in the stands, or uh, there was an Alberta, Pan Alberta uh, Golden Bear a couple years back, uh, Ty... Ty something, I can't remember his name, but regardless, Lepke, one of the best there has been in a while. Yeah, there are not many positive matchups against Lepke. You just have to kind of take what you get. Hope he makes a few errors. Jordan DeShane back to serve, 11-9 here for UBC. Sends across the floater that goes too far. Service error brings the Spartans back within one. This one's interesting with the way the score has gone. UBC holding a few leads here. It almost feels like Trinity Western is the team that's, even though they're dominating the skill of play, they're the ones that are holding on. Trinity Western sends that one across, and their own great service will bring about their demise, as UBC couldn't properly handle it. Michael Dahenik somehow gets the kill on a bad service reception. You take what you can get in situations like that. Hey, no. pad the stat sheet, why don't you? Exactly. Dahania getting kills from all over. This time UBC sending it across. Rejected at the net were the Spartans and Kern. UBC getting the point here. UBC all of a sudden climbing to a, a small but reasonable lead for themselves. Yeah, Hofer has not been the most accurate Spartan tonight, and that continued as he sent that attack attempt well wide. UBC three-point lead. Neves back at the service line. 13 to 10, UBC. Neves, his service clips the top of the net, does make it over. Now just getting the tip across is Hofer, who we have not heard much of in the past couple of sets. 
another example of a Spartan having a less than ideal play and being able to bounce back, redeem himself. Hofer there using the, using the very dainty, the very light hit. Some finesse on that one and is able to find the spot on the court. 13 to 11, UBC still in the lead. UBC is back over 300 as a team. They're actually hitting 328 and Trinity Western has dropped to 398. That's still rather impressive. <laughs> Isn't that crazy when you can say they're hitting? I mean, it's significant enough of a drop where it has dropped. It was up at 430, 440 as a team. Yeah. So they are playing significantly worse here in this fourth. Maybe that's why UBC still clinging to that marginal lead. Matt Neves up to 14 kills along with Lepke, each tied for the game high. Neves rejected from the back row. It was Jackson Howe in the vicinity, this time using that dink or that tip shot were the Thunderbirds. Yeah, that one was really good as the Spartans looked like they might be trying to get a little bit of momentum for themselves. Had one, two straight points on the current serve. But again, a couple, a couple points that we've seen now using that very light touch, that tip shot, as you mentioned. Gerard Hank. Murray maximizing his efforts out there on the court. Doesn't always have to be the hard impact. And you saw that. What a huge block. Michael Dalhaniuk. There was a back row attack. You don't see this often. I hope there's a replay. Flying through the air. Dalhaniuk, come on, we're not getting a replay on this? That's too bad. Dalhaniuk was there. Flying through the back row. Hits off Dalhaniuk's hands and then back into the face of the attacker. Yeah, he was seeing double on that one. Fed over from Epp. That time Hofer couldn't get it across. Epp, another quick set. Those quick sets have been successful for Trinity Western. Getting it across that time successfully for the kill was Jackson Howe. Yeah, that's the first time this set we've seen that kind of whip shot that he's able to hit. Looks very, very pretty. And it's able to get points so consistently as he again has this ridiculous hitting percentage. And you mentioned for UBC if they can get one more player involved, they have a pretty good shot. It's been Jordan DeShane and they've stuck around. And in fact, they go into the technical with a three point advantage. And this seems reminiscent of the second set. I believe it was 16-13 as well. I really do. The last set was 16-13 additionally, though, for the other team. So a pretty common deficit that we're seeing coming into the technical. And you took away my point there, Jacob. You get that third attacker that's able to come in with Jordan Deshane. Colton Liu has still not come on to play in this set. But Deshane has done more than enough to help this team get the 30-point lead. And that will be something to closely monitor going on. You wonder if it's a physical you know, a physical impairment that's hurting Lou out there, or if it's a mental block, if it's kind of like a case of the yips that's holding him back out on the court from being the, as good of a player as we know he is. Colton Lou on the year, one of the best players on this Thunderbird side. We originally were kind of worried coming into the game that maybe it would be Gerard Murray who wouldn't be seeing a lot of playtime, but Lou's in his third year. He's really one of the main three in this offensive beast of Neves and Dalhaniak, and usually they do have that other weapon in Lou. Uh, after, you know, he hit 217 last year, he was hitting around 300 this year coming into this weekend. It was eighth in Canada West. He was hitting pretty well in the new year. He was just really struggling from the service line, but it seems everything kind of came to a, a really negative front for him in this first matchup. Hopefully he's able to rebound tomorrow night if he doesn't see more playtime here. Yeah, we really hope he does. Last match as well, kind of a jack-of-all-trades sort of performance. Season high in blocks with four. Tied his season high for digs with seven. He was con uh, contributing all across the court. Really, uh, besides the serving, as you mentioned, was having some good play, but has not been able to come on much in this game for whatever reason. 
So out of the technical timeout, UBC trying to rally back 16 to 13. They're trailing two to one in set count. Great dig there from Danny Aspenleiter. Now it's Ep quick set to Howe. How could you, Jackson? <laughs> he does what he does best. It was a really strong kill over top of the Thunderbird emblem to add insult to injury. 16-14, and now he's back at the service line. Kind of what you expected on that one, though, with the uh, backcourt hit coming in from the Thunderbirds. Now Aspenlider's blocked, and Trinity Western seems to have a slight momentum shift in their favor with Jackson Howe back at the service line. They mentioned earlier, he's one of, I believe, two Spartans who have really gotten some good playtime here today to yet commit a service error. And to my point, he drops in an ace. I think this goes back to something that we were talking a lot about in the earlier game this evening. For UBC, when they start to give up these leads that they may be developing, not panicking, still being able to hold to their game. We saw with the women's team an inability when uh, the Spartans started to climb to keep up the play. Dalhaniak, the one-timer. What a play by Dalhaniak, making something out of nothing. All odds against him. Gets through a really tough double block. Danny Aspenlider just be able to keep it up and then getting past Ashenko, who couldn't believe that Dalhaniak got it past him. He's the best blocker in Canada West. I think when you have a spike like that, it uh, makes it very helpful for making something out of nothing. That time sending it across was Ben Hooker in another instance of the attacker getting just absolutely smacked in the face with his own attack off of the block. That time it was Hofer. We do have a review on this one. Back row attack right into the noggin. That one's gotta hurt. Every single Thunderbird on all of these points keeps coming very far out from the bench. They're getting excited. They want this to go to a fifth set, understandably. 18 to 16, Thunderbirds back with a two point advantage. Saying that one across was Lepke. Point award here to Trinity Western as there is a double touch violation, I believe, called against the Thunderbirds. Unfortunate break for them. They're trying to rally back to push a fifth and decisive final set. F is going back there to serve again. He's been feeling a bit of the yips that Colton, that may be plaguing Colton Liu as well with his serve. Few errors, that one's pretty light coming in. Neves will get the chance. And now the Thunderbirds unable to come away with it as Neves just tried to get it across. He was met with a rather, well, strong double block. As I think, I don't know, it just seemed like he lacked a lot of integrity and was hoping maybe Tyson Smith would be there for the dig, and he wasn't. Yeah, Neves there almost looked like a triple block with the number of Spartans that you had coming to try and block that one. They understand his offensive prowess. Epp sends it across. Neves trying to tip it across. Aspenlider was there to recover off the block. That time, Dalhaniak thought he might have had the kill. He got sent back across. The joust won here by the Thunderbirds. Another joust. Neves got hit in the face. It was a wild scramble at the net. Play slows down. Trinity Western near side. They get the kill off the fingertips of the Thunderbirds, and now they have a two-point advantage. Longest rally we've seen since the second set. A lot of really crazy play coming from both teams there. I stand corrected. I think it's just 18 to 19. The in-house scorekeeper was quick to change that. But Trinity Western back in the lead. Crazy change of events. Seemed like the fourth period, uh, the fourth set was starting off rather slow. There's a lot of service errors, and things have really cleaned up and paced has just seemed to intensify as the set has moved along. Yeah, and it's really interesting how in that point especially you saw Dalhaniak messed up a little bit of a, a dig attempt right at the start of the rally, and that seemed to dictate 
the sort of energy that was coming out from both teams as they moved through. Felt like Trinity Western was carrying the play, whereas UBC was, again, scrambling a little bit, and that ended up with Trinity Western able to win the point off the failed tip or the failed block attempt, as it were, from the Thunderbirds. App of the Spartans, 39 assists on the night, and we're still not done with that fourth set. Really, really good ball movement from him. For the Thunderbirds, can't say quite the same efficiency from Ben Hooker. A rather quiet night for him. It might be due to the really strong defensive uh, efforts from the Spartan side, but just 24 assists for him across almost a full four sets, which is definitely way below his average. Yeah, it's remarkably pedestrian, we could say. This time, another service error from Epp. You mentioned he might have the yips. It might have been on full display right there. It's him and Hofer that have been having the most trouble. Now, pressure's on Dahaniak back at the line. Now him and him and Hofer along with, I believe, Lepke are all at five plus. Epp, quick feedback. What a set. It just felt so fluid. Every movement about that play. That may have been one of the cleanest quick sets that I've ever seen. Yeah, you can see it all on the replay there. Again, full credit to the libero, Lowen, who was able to readjust and grab that one bouncing off the net. He took a dive, able to set up that fantastic set. 20 to 19, and it's another attempt that hits the net, but this time it goes across for a service ace. Eric Lepke, Michael Dahania couldn't get the dig. It might have been misdirected off the top of that tape. Trinity Western, two-point advantage now, 21 to 19 in this fourth set. If they pull this off, the night is over for UBC. It would be three sets to one and a match victory for Trinity Western. Yeah. Again, if you're just tuning in, these are the two top teams in all of Canada West. UBC 13 and three, Trinity Western, likely the best program in the nation. I'm gonna say it. There might be some others out there. You can argue me about this. But I think at 15 and one, with the offensive firepower they have, you can see it right there. They're just leagues above everyone else right now. Yeah, I think it's, I'm, I'd be really interested to be inside Mike Hawkins' huddle right now. What do you tell your players? Because they've been playing, I, I think they've been really putting a lot of themselves out here in this fourth set, as they were in the second set. They're trying to lay it all out there on the court. And you have a tactical switch that you can make here right at the end to try and bring some sort of change to the result because Trinity Western's done a really good job of fighting back from that deficit they were facing. And now Lepke, the most dangerous player in Canada West, you can say, at the service line. So out of the timeout, Trinity Western nearly getting an ace as it almost clips the ceiling. Nice bump set there to Danny Aspenleiter, who comes through under the strong double block, uses precision rather than power to his advantage. That's exactly what it was there. Aspenleiter, that is, would be his first kill of the night. Not something that he's been doing too much of, but in moments like this, you take it from whoever you can get it from. UBC gonna have to rally and really make sure that they're not committing attack errors. Here late in this fourth set, if they want a chance to push it to the fifth. Now into the game serving for the Thunderbirds was Duncan Clark. UBC coming away with the point again. A huge block up at the net. Unlikely hero in Duncan Clark back there, but that was a really good serve. And was able to make it work for the Thunderbirds as they tied up 21 all. Very tense moments. The crowd is into it. Everyone's alert and the crowd quiets down for the UBC serve. Duncan Clark sends it across. Slightly mishandled there by libero Colton Lowen. Free ball here for the Thunderbirds. Murray, miscommunication. He's cringing at his own mistake. 
Meanwhile, Lepke does no such thing. All he does is fly through like Superman and hit it right off the heart, rather metaphorically, might I add, of Michael Dauhaniak, who could only try to get the dig, but really sit there and just take the volleyball off the chest. I think that's been so emblematic of what this game has looked like in a lot of senses for the Thunderbirds. They were given a gift there. It was placed right in their lap, and they were unable to turn it into a point because of the miscommunication. No such problem for the Spartans as they take the lead. A bit of a missed service reception is going to cost the Thunderbirds there. And there's a good amount of Trinity Western fans here as it's not that far away. The school, that is. And you can hear the crowd getting excited even when Trinity Western's scoring late. 23-21, Spartans with the lead. So now Isaiah Olfert serving for the Spartans. and. Hits it into his own net. You bring on the new blood, they can't do anything different. They're still infected with that virus He's I mentioned He's joining earlier. the party, so to speak. <laughs> he wants to be in on the action. Get this, 28 service errors now for that Trinity Western side, and 19 for UBC. I'm not great at math, but I believe that's 57. And that might be the highest. 19 plus 28? 47. Dang it, I'm still not good at math. <laughs> At least I admitted it. It's not what you're here for, Jacob. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a service ace now for the Thunderbirds as they knot things up at 23. Not something that you see too often from the libero low, and he's had such a good game. Timeout called here at 23 all. Very, very tight. So indeed, it's 48 total service errors between the two teams now as it's 29 and 19 apiece. Definitely one of the higher service error games but it's really <laughs> it's really been a struggle for trinity western the only reason that thunderbirds are somewhat in this they're not playing poorly by any means they're hitting 291 as a team they have big contributions from neves and dalhaniak and murray and deshane somewhat have got involved but it's really missing lou that hasn't given them the extra push hopefully they can get through this fourth set maybe he can come back in the fifth we'll see but looks like he's actually dressed out of his uni here today yeah. Yeah, he's wearing the uh, warm-up shirt on top of his uniform, so something's come up with him. Not sure if it was a coach's decision or if he has picked up some kind of knock. It'll be Zach Johnson back at the service line again. Just had that great ace off of the hands of Lowen. 23 all. Zach Johnson sends across the floater. Miscommunication between two different Spartans. Huge block, Gerard Murray. The man, the myth, the legend, number 15, Gerard Murray, the six foot eight, Manitoba, Winnipeg native, <laughs> second year, sophomore wonder. Huge block for the UBC Thunderbirds. Credit to Zach, when he's been coming in here at the end of sets, he's been performing very admirably. Now he has the chance to serve it out for the Thunderbirds. Set point. Johnson sends it across, cleanly handled, quick set, Ep, we're getting some extra volleyball here. It's locked at 24 in this fourth set. This is crunch time, this is who wants it more. Lowen redeems himself on that one, able to get a much better take on the ball, much better pass, as it were, and that sets up something that we've seen so often from Trinity Western. When they get the opportunity, when the ball is slowed down, they can hit their spots no matter what the situation. Now it's Matthias Elser back for the serve. Younger brother of Jesse Elser, who's been rather quiet here today. He is on the court now, so the two Elser brothers out there. Matthias sends it across. Zach Johnson in as setter. Feeds it to Murray. Murray, two huge points. First from a block, now from a kill. 
Thunderbirds will go back to the service line. And it's Danny Aspenleiter looking to close out this fourth set and force that fifth and decisive set here at War Memorial Gym. It's the UBC Thunderbirds, the Trinity Western Spartans. It doesn't get better than this, folks. Aspenleiter in the heat of the moment chokes, hits it into his own net, smiles off the pain, but the ball will go on over to the hands of the Spartans who admittedly have not been much better from the service line. Especially, especially Brody Hofer, who's there right now. Six service errors for him so far on the night. Hofer misses again. That's seven. The Spartans are up in arms about that call. Both officials agreeing, however, and usually when you get no discrepancy, it won't be overturned. Yeah, Danny Aspenleiter, as you mentioned, was able to smile off the pain. No such positive, <laughs> positive framing for uh, Brody Hofer. Now the man who got a huge block, a big kill, is back to the service line. It's Gerard Murray. Murray sends it across. Hofer handles the serve. Quick set. Balances on top. It's still alive. Jordan Deshane, a fifth set. The Thunderbirds are going to force five here tonight at War Memorial Gym. They went down 1-0. They rally back to even it. Trinity Western went up 2-1. They rally back to even it. The best of 15 is coming up. We got three-minute break. What is going to happen? What happened positive for the Thunderbirds there? Well, I think it was so perfect that Jordan Deshane was the one who got that winning point there. It was with the block, not with some of the kills that he had been racking up. But finally, we saw from the Thunderbirds a lot more coming out from Jordan Deshane, from Gerard Murray. No Colton Liu, as we've talked about plenty of times, but this is not all on Matt Neves and Michael Dehaniak anymore. They're able to let some of the other players take the reins and lead UBC towards this winning fourth set. As I talked about in between the sets here, this gives UBC the opportunity to mix Trinity Western up a little bit. When they're not just expecting things to come in from Neves and Dauhaniak every single time, they get surprised by a Deshane hit here or a Murray block there. That's not something that Trinity Western can predict quite as easily, and that really will help UBC if they're able to continue that trend moving forward. So UBC evening things up here at two sets apiece at War Memorial Gym. The 15 and one Trinity Western Spartans are deadlocked with the 13 and three UBC Thunderbirds. Looking at that fourth set, it was really a battle of wits. UBC hit 476 compared to just 240 for Trinity Western. Surprising how close of a end result it was given that grand difference in attack percentages. But overall on the game now, UBC hitting on the match an even 300, Trinity Western 373. It's really came down to some of those uh, service errors that we talked about. They're racking up, they're around 50 for both teams now. Trinity Western has 30 of them, UBC has 20, so 50 on the dot in fact. Meanwhile, the digs are slightly in the favor of Trinity Western, but something that I thought would come up a lot more but hasn't is blocks. Five and a half team blocks for Trinity Western, 11 for UBC. And as I mentioned, UBC's blocks per set coming in, sixth in Canada West, they average about 2.12 per set. So they're doing a bit better than that here. They're averaging closer to a three. Meanwhile, Trinity Western, they came in first in blocks per, per set, 2.47. They're well below that here tonight. Yeah, and you also have Pearson Neshenko on that Trinity Western team who leads Canada West in individual blocks, 1.47 per set. When you look at Neshenko's blocking numbers so far, couple solo, one assist. So he's doing his part, but the rest of the team really not able to add too much to those tallies. 
So the fifth and decisive set about to unfold before your eyes here, folks, or before your very attuned ears, whether you're listening on CITR 101.9 FM or Canada West TV. I'm Jacob Ayer. Corey Branson's with me here today. It's not Jake McGrail. Jake needed a, uh, a high-five helper, that is, an assist, perhaps, if we're talking in volleyball terms from Corey. And it's been a pleasure broadcasting with you tonight. We did the women's game. UBC fell short. It was a 3-1 victory for Trinity Western here at War Memorial Gym. All events to you tonight are brought to you by Co-op. Things are deadlocked at 2-2 apiece. It's the fifth set between these high-ranking and potent offenses of UBC and Trinity Western. Starting things off will be the Spartans after the block and then the joust did not go in the favor of the Thunderbirds. I would say the Spartans are happy to have Howe back there at the service line to start. He's been the best server by far for them. And if he's able to get on a run here for the Spartans in this shorter set, the 15 point marker, that could be very influential. Michael Dehenia getting that one across after a very long set from Tyson Smith. Ben Hooker gets it over to Gerard Murray. Play stays alive and Lepke makes something of nothing. The Thunderbirds want the point. I believe they were looking for a double touch violation and they didn't get it. Yeah, Dohaniuk, uh, Murray, Neves, a they four, were... I think it was a four touch violation which they were calling for. As the ball was coming down, it, it seemed that it could have been hit. Thunderbirds did get a call earlier in the fourth set that went their way. Trinity may have get, gotten one there. It's now 3-0 Trinity Western quickly here in the fifth set of play after the serve from Howe. And that's gonna force head coach Mike Hawkins to take timeout very early in this fifth set. Yeah, those Thunderbirds were incensed after that call to make it two nothing and I think that came out in the three nothing points as well. They were still not quite over it. Same thing that I talked about, giving Jackson Howe the chance at the service line to start here. He's gonna give you opportunities to hit if you are the Spartans and that's exactly what they're doing right off the bat. Another update from around the league. Calgary ended up with a five set victory over Mount Royal. 3-2, game was out in Calgary. So one of the teams will come out with a similar result here tonight at War Memorial Gym. And again, these stakes are not just high because it's the first and second ranked team. It's high because both these teams are sporting win streaks of over 10 games. Thunderbirds are up to 12. And the Spartans are at 14. One of those streaks will be snapped tonight. These teams are deep rivals in volleyball. The, the rivalry goes much beyond just the court here. These two teams often are duking it out year after year. Thunderbirds miscommunicate and can't get the ball across. That'll make it 4-0 after the timeout. Again, I, I think this all comes back to the service line. Can't figure out what Jackson Howe is doing to them. And it's throwing them for a loop here mentally, I think especially. Falling down 4 nothing here, that's almost a third of the way to the win in the set. They have to get something cooking. Feed over to, to Dalhaniak on that far side of the court. Now near side, it's Lepke, so dangerous. Great dig by Smith. Quick feed on over to Lepke. Couldn't get the tip on it. The feed was sent over from setter Derek App. And finally, we see a point here for the Thunderbirds. It did, as it has so often in this game, come off of an error from the Spartans. But perhaps now Gerard Murray heads to the service line. They can try and find some momentum. They've had trouble getting runs going throughout the entire game. But they've been very emotional, and hopefully in this fifth set that'll continue to pay dividends. Gerard Murray sends it across. Set here from Epp, and a hesitation kill there. 
faking with his right hand and then pushing it across with his left was Eric Lepke. What a crafty move from the veteran. That was very, very pretty. Clearly, he is not That's too overwhelmed level by the moment. Oh, yeah. That is next level. I've never seen that. Epp sending that one across. Set from backcourt for Neves. Just keeping it alive are the Spartans. It's a free ball here for UBC. Smith oversets it. Joust at the net. Another time to set some play here. Dalhaniak from the far side. Good rally between these two teams. Thunderbirds trailing 5-1. Dalhaniak, it's 2-5. Thunderbirds gonna have to rally back. We saw back-to-back -back oversets in that point coming from each team. That's a sign of nerves a little bit. Dalhaniak finally the one who's able to crush that one. Get it back to a 5-2 deficit. Ben Hooker going back to the line. And again, long rallies have proved to be so important in this match as they are so rare. Ben Hooker, UBC tra tailing now two to five in this fifth set that only goes to 15, keep in mind. The captain, Kern with the left hand over the double block and under the outstretched hand of Ben Hooker. Seen a couple attempts there. Another successful one, this one from Kern after the one from Lepke going with that very light shot. Trying to find ways not just to use their power, but also to use their finesse and their touch. Not quite as impressive as what we saw from Lepke, but still effective. Lepke with a smash from the service line, recollected beautifully by the Thunderbirds. However, a lot of time here for Trinity Western. Huge solo block. Michael Dow Haniak, wow. And this was an absolute bullet of a serve that came in. Power being shown on both sides here. And the way it ends with that block, quite nice for Michael Dauhaniak, who has continued to wear his heart on his sleeve throughout these couple of hours. Dauhaniak clips the top. The serve does make it across. Feed from Epp near side. Just missing the line. Trinity Western awarded the point. 3-7. They do maintain a four-point advantage. Now serving for Trinity Western will be Pierce Ashenko. He's become a little bit quiet recently. I think Lepke's been stepping up, Howe's been stepping up, um, but kind of similar to what we've seen from Essler. And that's not too much as he hits a service error. That's his fifth one of the night. He's behind, a, surprisingly, a couple of other people. That's how many there have been. Hofer, get this, nine service errors just for him. There's been six for Lepke and four from App. 31 now on the night for the Spartans. It's been what's kept Thunderbirds alive. Back-to-back -back service errors, that one's gotta hurt, especially from the veteran DeShane, two of them on the night. And it was Jordan DeShane. That's actually his third now on the night. It was Jordan DeShane who's come back, uh, who has emerged since irrelevance in the fourth set, brought so much to UBC, but he's quieted down here. Trinity Western has controlled much of the play, not, op not many opportunities for any Thunderbirds outside of really Dohani up to put big plays together. Things are getting very, very tight here. Only seven points away for Trinity Western. UBC, they still have quite a good chance, I think, in this one, especially if the nerves, even though this is uncommon, especially if the nerves are able to come and start to bite at Trinity Western as they get this close to beating their rival in a five-set matchup. UBC down four to eight in this fifth set. We are at the technical as the fifth only goes to 15. So it comes a lot quicker than the usual 16. Comes at the eight point mark, which Trinity Western just reached. Now back for them is Captain Jacob Kern, the fifth year six foot seven outside hitter from Al 
from Edmonton, Alberta. Back to serve for his team. As now we are coming out of the, I believe we are coming out of the technical. Seems to be a bit of a hold up here. I think there was a question as to the order on the court. They want to make sure they weren't caught for an overlay vi overlap violation. It is indeed Kern still serving. Kern sends across a clean serve, mishandled by the Thunderbirds, and punishing them has been the most consistent Spartan on the court today, Jackson Howe. Yeah, continuing to play great. It doesn't get tiring. It never gets old watching him hit those sort of kills. Another timeout is called here. Now UBC is trailing by five. They're going to need 11 points here to try and take this victory, though the Spartans, I would say they're looking quite good here in the fifth set. We did see the Thunderbirds rally in the fourth, so it's not out of the question if they can do it. They do need, the, the problem is that Trinity Western's within six, so Thunderbirds pretty soon within the next, you know, point or two for Trinity Western are gonna have to make up somewhat substantial ground. Being back by five, I would say they'd have to close the gap to about three or less by the time Trinity Western gets to 12 to have a chance. Yeah, I think it's another consistent trend we've seen that when Trinity Western is playing a little bit clumsy, when they're letting some balls get away from them, when they're making their errors, UBC's really able to latch onto that. They're able to find their play, they're able to almost get momentum out of seeing this very intimidating rival um, have a few chinks in their armor. But in situations like this, where Trinity Western really isn't making any mistakes, UBC's grasping at straws when it comes to finding things to really build off of uh, and ways to make their offense flourish. So out of that timeout from head coach Mike Hawkins, Things are back underway in this fifth set of play between these two rival schools, Trinity Western and UBC. And we'll see if there's a tip on the play. Indeed there was. Thunderbirds now down four to 10. Originally it seemed like it was going in the favor of UBC, but there was indeed a tip called against that double block. So six point deficit, five just to go here for Trinity Western, starting to stretch this lead late. Kern sends it across, cleanly handled there by Aspen Leiter. Neves, a blast. So some life here late. I mentioned they probably need to close that gap to about three before Trinity Western gets to 12. Seems to be possible, especially when Johnson and Mickleberry deploy their late set wonders for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, no, it's true. Zach Johnson, when he's been coming on, has been doing great things. Mickleberry did have that one very important kill in the second set. And now is the time when UBC needs to put together that run Find the momentum, see if they can build off that kill from Neves. Johnson sends across a slow but clean serve, then over the middle. Wow, wow, wow. What a kill there from Jackson Howe. Wow from Howe. Wow from Howe. It I mean, just raw power right over the emblem, right to the backcourt, not even trying to find a seam, just overpowering using all the firepower he had to get that last point. It's amazing that he can put that much energy behind it and still have such a ridiculously high hitting percentage. Hofer does get that one across cleanly. Again, to remind you all, nine service errors on the night for him. Ah, oh, and Danny Aspenleiter coming up well short for the Thunderbirds. Things starting to look rather dismal for them. They're training by seven. Trey Western up 12 to five in this fifth set of play. See what Aspenleiter was trying to do there, trying to go cross court, trying to get a mix up, but a pretty weak attempt from him there as it careens into the net. Three points away for the Spartans. Service error, another one against Trinity Western this time. It was Brody Hofer. Double That's digits. Double digits. You know, technically that could be a volleyball double-double if he's, let's see where he's at in kills. 
See where he's at. He's at nine kills. Oh, he's so close. So close in 10 service errors. Just needs one more kill. Aspenleader serving. Aspenleader gets that one across cleanly. Far side for Lepke. What a move by Lepke. He got the kill by, I think, did he put that behind his head? Give us a replay, please. Lepke's been so crafty. We saw that fake right hand swing and then that left hand poke. He just seems to be on another mental level when it comes to the game. He's not approaching it the way that you're necessarily just taught in, in practice. He's a walking highlight reel. He is for sure. We see a good feed there from Dalhaniuk to Gerard Murray. Thunderbirds staying alive late in this fifth set, but trailing six, 13 to seven. There will be Murray now going back to the service line. These are all so very important as Trinity Western is only two points away from the victory here. UBC needs one heck of a comeback if they're to make this even close in the final set. Murray into his own net. And now it will be six separate set points and match points here for the Spartans. Epp is going back. He, as have many of the Spartans, has had his issues with service errors. Maybe we can get a gift here if you're a Thunderbirds fan. He has four of them on the night. Gets that one across cleanly. Johnson, quick feed over the middle. Tyson Smith keeps this match alive. Dalhaniuk, another great dig, this time by Mickleberry. Thunderbirds not going down without a fight. A lot of time here for Trinity Western. Unable to close it out are the Spartans. Thunderbirds fighting, 14 to eight. Fingernails keeping them on the precipice of the cliff right now. Couple incredible digs, keeping this match alive. Tyson Smith getting down. I think it was Jordan DeShane who got the other one. That's one. And no matter the outcome of the match tonight, both teams better be ready to go right back at it tomorrow. It should be exciting no matter what happens in the finish here. Ben Hooker, no errors. Ben Hooker with a great serve. That's actually an ace. Had a ton of downward action off that knuckleball serve. Now 14 to nine, UBC trailing five. Again, they just need to get to that 14 mark to push it into some well, what I would really consider extra, extra volleyball considering it's the fifth set. Double overtime in some sense. Hooker, another race, 14 to 10. This is quite a fight back from UBC. It's getting interesting here late. Again, they still have to get four more points in order for them to survive. But there's some serious confusion and perhaps worry on the faces of those TWU players. Even though you only need one point. That time Hofer does handle it cleanly, and that will be the end. That's the captain, Kern, a fitting finish. But the Thunderbirds and the Spartans did not disappoint here tonight. 15 to 10, the final fifth set score in favor of Trinity Western. They take it three to two. They will be back here tomorrow night, and you're sure that both teams will be ready to go full onslaught against each other once again. What are some takeaways from this game for you, Corey? Yeah, I think this was a really fantastic game to watch. I think uh, the better team did win tonight in Trinity Western, the way that they were playing. They got points from their attacks, from their kills, whereas UBC was getting points from the errors that Trinity Western was committing. So you could see the one team that was kind of carrying the play. I think some of my other takeaways, I found that UBC in the moments where they were able to have those offensive explosions, even right at the end there where Hooker is getting a couple of aces, or right at the end of the second set, or honestly for most of the fourth set, UBC really looks like they're a team that can play against Trinity Western and really take the eminent team in the conference to their limits. But there was so much inconsistency. Offensively, sometimes UBC would look amazing and sometimes they would fall completely dormant. 
Trinity Western doesn't have those kind of consistency problems. They do commit a lot of errors, but as you mentioned earlier in the broadcast, they're throwing out those all-or-nothing all serves a lot of the time just because they know that their hitting is so consistent. You look at somebody like Jackson Howe, we talked about so much. His numbers are ridiculous. 591. 591 on the night. That's 16 kills, so high efficiency on a lot of attack attempts and hitting and totaling 16 kills. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Lepke is on another planet right now. Yeah, He's, Lepke also 20 kills on the night, hitting over, he hit 412. You know, another standard night for him. So yeah, I think with those players playing so, so well, they, they can rely on that. Whereas with UBC, there's a little bit of difficulty. It always comes down to Neves and Dauhaniuk. I think if Colton Liu is able to get back on the court and is able to find some of that 2019 form, that could be very, very important in sort of tipping the scales because UBC was close. They were five points away uh, at the end of this one here. So there aren't wholesale changes that need to be made. Um, but I think for Trinity Western, they can take some pride in this one knowing that they were much the better team. And if they can t continue this play, they should be victorious again come tomorrow night. Well, thank you for broadcasting alongside me here today, Corey. It was a pleasure to have you on. I will be back tomorrow with Jake, who will be back on the broadcast. Tomorrow is Pride Night here. The stands will likely be packed, so we hope you tune back in on Canada West TV. Thank you for tuning in tonight on both CITR 101.9 FM and Canada West TV. Tonight's broadcast has been brought to you by Co-op. We hope you come back tomorrow. Trinity Western took the women's game 3-1, to one, and then the men's match 3-2 to two in a very tight battle. Tune back in tomorrow one hour earlier for the women's uh, first serve. It'll be at 5 o'clock Pacific, and I will talk to you on air then. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your evening.
Fundrive 2020, CITR's annual fundraiser extravaganza, is almost upon us. This year's theme is Crush on CITR. And since we deal primarily in sound around here, we started wondering, what does a crush sound like? Hey, do you want to make out? <laughs> It's like that um, filter on Instagram. It's like, da-da-da. Well, um, as great as those answers were, uh, we're kind of hoping this year a crush sounds a bit more like... Because your donations are what allow us to do, well, almost everything. Hosting free radio and podcast trainings, publishing the amazing Discorder magazine, producing local independent news, promoting and playing local music, and so much more. Our Fundrive goal is to reach $30,000 by February 14th. You can show your crush on CITR right now by visiting citr.ca slash donate. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theatre. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheatre.com. Ned Russin of Title Fight brings Glitterer to the Biltmore Cabaret on January 26th. His debut album, Looking Through the Shades, was co-produced by indie visionaries Sandy Alex G and Arthur Rizik. Tickets are on sale now at mrgconcerts.com and Redcat Records. As a station, we believe in playing content with artistic and cultural merit, and sometimes that category includes material which can be construed as a 